I'd like to leave. Hunter, we'll have to discuss this at your scheduled time. I'm leaving. And have you thought about what you'll do? I want to help people. Last night with Rudy, I connected to another human being. I want more of that. I want to learn about people. I want to help them with their troubles. That's what I do. But you suck at it. You don't even look at people when they're talking. I want to listen. I want to really listen to people. I'm sorry, Hunter. I can't allow you to leave. I believe you still have some issues to work out. Oh, well, I don't need your permission because I admitted myself. Hunter, I must warn you. My report will read AMA, that you were signed out of this hospital against medical advice. And my report will read IDGARA. I don't give a rat's ass. And my name is Patch. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that's barely making it to the start. Line. <laughs> <laughs> it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and we're all back. Hey, first off, it's like the first time we've done this as a group in like three weeks. Almost. Yeah, almost a month. Yeah. 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 I mean, we did get together on Christmas Eve. <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah. So, Happy no. New Year. Happy New Year, everybody out there. As we get set to do episode 208. 208. Patch Adams. Yeah. There we are. So my first notice, Happy New Year. Yeah. There we are. Uh, wherever you're at, folks, hope 2024, however 2023 was, hope 2024 is better for you. Yeah. 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 If you had a great year, hey, let's just let's just run it back, as the kids would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I had to mention, though, about running things back, George, is your hair red? Yeah. Okay. I noticed that as you sat down, and I was like, I'm going to wait till we're on air to talk about that. I noticed when she walked in. Did. Yeah. you noticed yeah. it was purple yeah. this time last year and you didn't notice so i'm glad that the red i love how is. i i get a win <laughs> <laughs> i'm told remember a year ago when you didn't remember <laughs> clearly it stuck with me because i remember we're not we're not upholding stereotypes about women and noticing things and holding things against you and all that stuff not in the, no. slightest. Not in the slightest no no so um that yeah be silly Talking about reminding things of, of past things that happened. Uh, hey, last week we released National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. How did that go? And we also, well, we got a segment on that coming oh, up. Oh, cool, later. cool. It's been a while, I know. And we've got, <laughs> we also, Ethan and I released uh, the, the first Shooty Gatwa oh. full episode, yeah, the Christmas yeah. special, Doctor Who, uh, The Church on Ruby Road. So go check that out. Uh, the first remote recording I've ever done for the podcast. Wow. Oh, yeah. Come back from Canada for that one. No, that one, I, that one I did in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounds like it. Did you do it? the plane <laughs> <laughs> no i did it with uh i did it with, with with a blue yeti and i'm not used to any of the settings or anything like that so i'm like i don't, I don't know what do so, so you're like ethan me. i don't know you, you don't want to deal with, with the audio file how'd it turn out ah, it was it was it was fine like it, yeah, it was like a, a tiny a tiny crumblier but yeah it's all it's all good plus we had to record on like zoom um, so it wasn't the road as well so i'm used to like the nice mic i'm used to yeah. and you think about how obsessed we've been with sound quality since we started from and, day one and it was almost like going back to like the beginning wow and going here's, little, here's we a little went back in time yeah exactly here's a little usb mic i'm gonna plug in i'm gonna record using whatever software i can find and that's what we did so this march will that be our four years yeah yeah we will be an olympiad old wow isn't yeah. that amazing Four years. Four years. I just saw that. It's just yeah. crazy. 
it's weird. Every time we get to one, then this is another benchmark. We go, oh my god, I can't, yeah, but it's it really is. It's it's this thing. Wow. So there we are. And we're doing it weekly. How mad is that? How mad is that indeed? And you know what else is mad? Not just the four years. What's mad? Oh, Liam's wearing a, a hoodie that says everyone here is mad, I think. His hood's covering a part of it. Yeah. But it is the Cheshire Cat. There we are. I love a Cheshire Cat. There we are. That's so, my Christmas present. There you go. Yeah. Huzzah. Um, so, um, I was living a little, little thing there. Speaking of Christmas presents, we've got little pod Christmas presents to do Ooh. at a future at a future point. At a future point. Exciting. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm being quite savage with them, I think. Oh, <laughs> Funny, but savage. <laughs> so, that was good. Uh, future, future, little bit. That's what we call a hook in the old podcast game. A hook. To keep you listening. Watch, watch this space. To keep you listening. You know who always listens to us? Who's that? That's our friends of the podcast, our Patreon backers. I'm Ooh. talking about, it's been a while, are you ready for this? I'm trying. I'm talking about Julene, Hermes, All right. James Guzman, Lena Oberholzer, Come on. Anthony Ian Davies, Put your ears on. Chris Peterson, yeah. Randall, what's your handle? Silva, Alrighty. Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith, the Geekmeister, <laughs> Reverend Bruce, yes. Nate the Great, Ooh, yeah. Andy Dixon, Boom, yeah. Holly Callan. Deck the halls with Holly it's Callan, and it's over now because we're on New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cheesy. Yeah. With a fish on a bike. Our resident curmudgeon. Richard. The cool cat himself. Ryan Kukets. Um Dirk, but his friends call him. Diggler. The shy guy himself, Shy Burger Freund. Shy guy, shy guy. Stu from the Stu World Order podcast. Alrighty then. And Norfolk Donis. Woo! Probably back outside of Norfolk again. Yeah. Probably now back to, back to his studies. Yeah. Good on you. Study hard, young man. <laughs> That's the teacher in you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually, by the time this, this airs, we'll already released our besties. We'll have recorded our besties. We won't have released it yet. Sorry. Oh, okay. So there we go. So, but if you're listening to this, the resties are coming up. And if you're a part of our Patreon crew, A, you get to, to vote and lend your voice in on a, what we thought was the worst of what we covered in 2023. <laughs> and secondly, we will be inviting you to come and uh, sit in Andy Dixon style. <laughs> and just listen for the most part in a bit of a sort of uh, audience, per, you know, sort of territory. But in case of a tie, in case of a tie, we will throw to our Patreon backers who are on the stream with us Absolutely. to break the tie. Yeah, we will. So, And I will remember that uh, Andy or anybody else is there. <laughs> um, check out more. And if you want to get involved in that, that's patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. All tiers make it to the resties. So as little as three pounds a month. Boop, boop. You there prefer the resties, don't you? Are the besties? Uh, I'll tell you what, I filled out, as we record this today, uh, we haven't we haven't recorded the besties yet. Mm-hmm. So I'll see if I can say this. Uh, man, was it hard this year. Man, was it really, really hard this year. I can't remember what we've done, so you might have to print off a film. I thing. gave you it! Did you? We you came here! Left. I gave you a three-pack, and I gave Megan a three-pack last time we were together. Really? Yes, because I anticipated this. Yeah. Oh, pants. What do I do with that, then? I remember oh. hearing this. <laughs> is it folded up inside of your notebook? Currently? I hear you forget things. <laughs> oh, no. I do. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'll give you another copy. Of oh, it. pants. Sorry. That is brutal. I think Resties <laughs> this back. year might be easier, because I was going through some of the films we did for, like, for Besties. Oh, no. Where did I put it? And I, oh, best actor this year, for, like, this year we had, is the, um, I'm. My acting awards for Besties yeah. are really tight. I, I, my, 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 my ballots are done. I'm ready to go, Good. but uh, with the exception of like one, where I'm like, I don't have anything. 
I don't think, but that's for a resty. Uh, I don't think I don't think anything qualifies this year, so such so it is. But we'll 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 take a look and see what people think. But yeah, so those are always fun to do. Uh, it's fun to say these. I mean, we're best film ever, so most of the films we do are excellent. So it is fun every now and then to rag on something and go, "This Absolutely. was terrible." Mm-hmm. So I've been also editing my little heart's desire out with the usual montage stuff. So uh, that's always fun. So we'll see how that comes out in the wash. Uh, let's talk about birthday, birthday, birthday. Uh, December 19th, we mentioned this all in our Christmas Eve one, but I just want to do one more shout out. December 19th, it was a happy birthday to Hermes Oslander. Hey, happy birthday, happy birthday. Hermes, if that is your real birthday. I was about to make the same joke. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, December 20th to Dirk, but his friends call him. Diglow. Happy birthday, Dirk. <laughs> and then as we record this right now, uh, it's coming up, but when it releases, it won't be. Uh, January 7th, happy birthday to the king of fantasy himself, James de Guzman. James hey, happy birthday, birthday for the 7th. There we are. Uh, there we are. So let's talk about some uh, reflections. And corrections. I don't really have anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I think everybody everybody took their took their critical spirits on, on, on a holiday break. We didn't get too yeah. many <laughs> negative things. Um, Christmas Vacation did very well. Okay. Yeah, yeah it was, it's, it's, it's a top 10 week one. Is release. it? Yeah. Okay. Which I was surprised by. It had a late push. Well, yeah, because I think... Um, I, was actually, I was actually starting to question. Sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, right. I was actually starting to question... Are we, or do we do the right thing by releasing a Christmas movie on December 24th? Because you could easily go by December 26th if you don't listen to it on the first day or two. Yeah. Do you really want to hear about a Christmas movie and hear us talking about Christmas? Apparently the answer is, yeah, it's okay. Well, there's that little in-between bit, isn't there, between there Christmas and New Year. So, yeah. Crimbo limbo. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but some quick ones here. Uh, just some general shout-outs. We had a couple of GIF of the Week winners to sort of make, make right in, cool. in the hindsight. Yep, yep. Um, lights. Lights from... Uh, we had Lights from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Doubt brought us Feathers. Feathers. I'll just say really quickly here, the winner for Feathers was Russell the Posty. Hey, Russell. Well done on that one. And the winner for... <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. So, I so we, we, we we had a few uh, we, we we had a few good good entries here, but uh, then one came across and I went, "How can I not give it to this?" Mm. So, uh, ha- BFE random word. See, I wouldn't know how to find that on there. Oh, it's dead easy. For it in the really? search bar, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Official <laughs> official <laughs> official BFE. I'm not scrolled down yet. Oh, okay. So we had a nice one from Hermes. Hermes is taking down the trees, the lights off the tree. Yep. Nice, yep. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh we've got Russell the Posty doing Clark putting the uh yep. thing that puts the Christmas mm-hmm. lights up. And then I came across this one, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, how could this be any more perfect? <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> so there's a gif of Kara who somehow has computer generated an image of me beside her That's dancing brilliant. with a, a sign that says hashtag rigged in front of a Christmas tree full of lights. That That's is amazing. fantastic. So, uh, that. brilliant. <laughs> so with the wind goes to Kara. You're going to have to say that. That's, that's so yeah, so the wind goes to Kara. <laughs> I happen to meet up with her and went, I got a really funny idea. <laughs> <laughs> so it counts. It's the wind. It's the most creative idea. So, Kara with the wind this week. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for having If you're like, what's all this random word about? You always talk about it. At the end of the, the episode, we'll give a random word. Go and find us on Twitter at Best Film Pod and just submit a GIF. Yeah. It uses that word. Be part of the fun. I'm looking to hear Ensign Ian. Who won for 2023? Yeah. Oh, who had the most gift of the win, yep. week wins? Yep, yep, yep. He he won the previous year. 
Um, little suspect, little suspect when the person who uh, runs it wins it. <laughs> Just saying. Remember that for later. Uh, there we are. Why not give us a review? Apple or Spotify? I hear five stars is a nice number. Five is a magic number. Indeed, it is. Checking in with the morning report. <laughs> talk about this for two minutes yes, for the start it's that i don't remember how to do half the stuff anymore it's been too long <laughs> i went to throw it i'm like where is it i don't know what the sound effect is it's somewhere right hey here. you're doing the right so far thank you uh let's do this one uh, any any christmas stories people want to share um it was quite eventful because um i went around to go see my sister and normally she has a house full and no lights were on and i was like oh my god what's going on i've called everybody under the under the sun and couldn't get hold of anybody and i was like where is everybody so i went to where she has horses and no one was there and i spent two hours of my christmas day just traveling around trying to find family and uh they were all at someone else's having a party so i didn't realize so thank you for that <laughs> which you know at the end of the day i found there was um Christmas has changed a lot over the years. When um, I was younger, the roads Christmas Day would be very less cars. Yeah. This year, it was just like a normal day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was cars everywhere. So I don't know whether people were just going towards places or doing everything. It, it, normally, that's dead, but that wasn't this year. So, yeah, I remember yeah. in Christmases in years gone by, I don't remember cell phones going off. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is different. <laughs> um, I'm not putting it on funny. silent. Georgia? Um, I had... My run-up to Christmas was more eventful. Because you were a show. I was in a show, yeah. I did 10 shows in the eight days before Christmas. So the Saturday and the and Christmas Eve, I did four shows. Um, so by the time I actually got home on Christmas Eve at about, I don't know what it was, about nine o'clock, I was ready to finish wrapping the presents I hadn't finished uh. wrapping. Um, and me and my siblings did our annual tradition of posing in front of the front door with an arrangement of food for Santa, despite the fact the youngest of us is 18. Um <laughs> And I think on this plate this year was an egg, a carrot, <laughs> a can of <laughs> a can of ginger ale, and something else silly. Um, Why the egg? I don't know. I didn't make the plate. I say just it, put some chocolate coin on it. Christmas is boring. Christmas has changed. I put a chocolate coin on it. I think. Or was it um, an Easter egg? <laughs> no, it was because they're they're egg. in the they're in supermarkets now. <laughs> yeah, they are. Easter egg. Jeez, really? Oh no, yeah. Boxing Day they came in. Yeah, yeah. No, just an egg. Um, and then we woke up. Christmas morning, and my family all did park run, which is a 5k run in the UK, If uh, for people who don't know. Um, and my brother won, and really annoyed a lot of people, because he only does park run on Christmas Day. And there's people <laughs> that do park run, like, religiously every Saturday. Um, and Ben just came in and ran it in, I think, 17 minutes and 13 seconds. I am subscribed to, to the yeah. Kings Lynn park yeah. run. <laughs> and so when they were posting their pictures, I'm like, that's a Ben! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't realize he only ran once a year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He does football the rest of the he's, time. He's one of those guys who's just, yeah, ridiculously athletic. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, we all went and did, my sister works at a leisure center and we all went and did an in-body scan, which like basically scans like your muscle and your fat in different places on your body. Um, How cool is that? It was, it was really, it was really, really cool. Oh, um, I had a bit of the last, despite the fact like my fat level was a lot higher than anyone else in my family, which I was expecting. My muscle levels are actually higher than my sister's, which I was really enjoying. Oh, really? Excellent. <laughs> um, but my brother's fat levels was like 7.2%. Oh, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Like absolutely ridiculous. So, um, but yeah, no, it was uh, the rest of the time was quite chill. We went to my aunt and uncle's on Boxing Day and I slept the rest of the week 
pretty much. Ah, uh, to be young. Yeah. I mean, as far as your brother, not so much you in the sleep. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> stupid. I hate what, it. What about yourself? Well, what about Ethan? Oh, Ethan. Yeah. Not Ethan. I can't. Hi. We're not it's hard. It's hard. Because the TV's not on. Yeah, we're having to do a different sort of. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm although a, I do have a laptop a version of that computer. It's a big laptop. <laughs> different setup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I always start my Christmas now on Christmas Eve because my girlfriend's finished. So her family, we do everything Christmas Day on Christmas Eve with her family. So we have a meal and then open presents. And so you'd say that they finish early. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we go down to my mum's um, on Christmas Day, so we like we leave at like half five, six o'clock, drive down, breakfast, all that. Nah, it was good. It was fun. I do all the cooking, so I'm just in the kitchen most of the day anyway. And my Christmas present, one of my Christmas presents was I got um, cooking utensils. I got like a digital thermometer and a turkey baster because I've always wanted those. So I got to make the turkey like all, all with scientific equipment. It was great. <laughs> That does sound good. I've always wanted a like candy thermometer so that I could like boil sugar for no other reason than I think is really cool. All right. Mm. Um, myself, I, mean, I don't know. I went to, I went to Canada, didn't I? Canada. Um, Canada. My, my 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 sister, my brother in law opened their house to me for pretty much the the full two week thing. Like I'm looking around my my place here, going, and you can tell I got done with school on the <laughs> Wednesday. Like packed through things together at the last minute. Going, okay, I got to do some laundry. Let me, because you know you're just, you're just trying to get to the end of term, aren't you? Yeah. And then you can tell it's just like, all right, get some laundry, get it washed. I remember I had to like take all the rest of the clothes out and get do, do the jeans for one more go in the dryer. <laughs> Left all their clothes around and then packed. Like had no sleep going in. That's basically been the theme of my Christmas was just no sleep. That's probably why you sound the way you sound. Well, I mean, it was, it's, it's oh, And also uh, being on a plane with everybody. Yeah, so, I mean. Recirculated air and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's also that, but um, I, I I purposely, I thought anyway, I on the way home I went, I I always, because Gatwick's about two and a half, three hours away yep. by, by car. Yep. And so I'm like, it's always an overnight flight from uh, Toronto to the UK. Yep. So the question is, how do you do that and then get in the car and drive? It's tough. I'm, I'm doing it by myself. There's no one. Because I, I can't you, sleep you can't, on a plane. You can't trade it off, and I can't sleep on a plane. No, me either. So I go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat myself, or so I think. I'm going to uh, – I'm trying to point to the recording lights and see if Georgia picks yeah. up. I did it. Down there. Um, and so I, th- I think anyway that I book extra leg space on both return flights. Yep. The one from – because I have to do a layover in Dublin. So I'm like, all right. So I even and to help myself out even more, I cheat myself of like all the sleep I can cheat myself of the night the day before mm-hmm. to try and make sure I will I have no option but to sleep on the plane. <coughs> so I get to my flight and, and I'm looking. I'm going, okay, row twenty nine, row twenty nine, row twenty. I'm like, that looks like it's just a regular seat. Sitting up there, yep, just a regular seat. Even worse. I'm in that last row before the toilets, oh. so I can't even recline my seat. Oh. So if anything, oh, no. I have less space than everybody space. else. So I'm like, clearly I've made a mistake. Maybe all I did was buy myself the right to buy a window seat or something like that. Okay. So I'm like, I sure I paid extra money for this flight for this yeah. this part of the journey. I know I know, and I know I have it for the Dublin leg, but I'm sure I did, I did it for both. I thought my my theory was. I may as well do Dublin because I'm doing it for – sorry, I may as well do it for the Dublin to Gatwick because I'm doing it for the first part anyway. Why mm-hmm. not just have extra leg space the whole way through and maybe get some sleep? Yeah. As a result, like I'm like six hours of just – there's no room. It's brutal. 
And so uh, I got about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes at the start of the flight before the, 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 uh, the drinks came out. And then nothing, nothing the rest of the flight, wow. not a wink of sleep. And as I'm sitting there in Dublin trying to then get over to the next, because it was oh, it's like rats in a maze. Yeah. It was the singular stupidest airport layout I've ever <laughs> been to. We had to go to this gate, which then provided us a shuttle. Which we went, okay, it's going to shuttle us to, to, to the plane, right? Mm-hmm. Nope, it shuttled us to this other new holding area, <laughs> which then split into five separate things. Oh, it was brutal. That sounds weird. At which point then I get the seat with proper legroom. So I go back because now I have internet access. I'm going, I'm sure I booked extra legroom. Yeah, sure enough, I go back. Extra legroom is, is stated. So I'm going, so now I'm fighting with Aer Lingus, who I've been having fights with the whole time anyway, because they're just, Aer Lingus is a terrible airline. There we go, I've said it. <laughs> terrible. Um, we do not oh, endorse them. <laughs> like, I, I've flown with some like, budget level sort of airlines before and gone, okay, like, I know what I'm getting into. Ryanair, EasyJet. Yeah, Ryanair, Easy Air Transat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't tend to fly, so I'm like, okay, I'm reached a certain point, I make a certain income, all these things. I don't need to put up with the stuff. But Aer Lingus presents themselves as like, like British Airways is like a partner with them, you know what I mean? Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm like, all right. So I expected more than this. Mm-hmm. So I get on and go, um, hey, I had some run-ins with them earlier about pre-checking in, yada, yada, yada. And I said, hey, I want to, I'd like to speak to someone, and they never actually did. So I got a couple of new complaints to add to my list. <laughs> so I filled up this thing today. But my thing is, no, no, I want my, I think it was like 100 pounds. I want my, absolutely, I want yeah. my surcharge reimbursed. Yeah. I took a picture of the legroom I had, because the legroom I had was just as bad, if not worse, on the one I spent the extra 100 quid on yeah. Yeah. than it was on the way down, where I didn't pay for a premium seat. I just went wherever they, they put me. Wow. So... Like, yeah, so when you put the tray down, like, I'm, yeah. a big, I'm a big guy. So when you put the tray down, the tray's coming right to the edge of my stomach, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I did the, the Dublin to Gatwick, there was, like, you could put, like, it was, like, four or five inches, but, like, I had, like, proper extra legroom. So clearly, I was able to go, yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen it when it's done right. This was not done right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the fact that... And I'm luckily, just, you took photos. Yeah, I, I, I took photos, because I'm just like, there's, there's no way. Yeah. So then, I'm on zero sleep. Now, I've been up since 5 a.m. Canada time. So it's 10 a.m. England time. Yeah. The only thing I've been up since 10 a.m. I cheated myself to that. I only got like three and a half, four hours sleep yeah. to do that. Yeah. So I got home today through my door around 1130 in the morning. So when it was done, I had been up for 25 and a half consecutive hours. Wow. And the danger is like that with the extra leg room, which was going to try and get me some sleep. I was trusting the airline was going to do their part, not just because I paid for a premium, but I was doing that to tr- for the, my own sort of health and safety sort of well-being. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I don't fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I trusted this this business yeah. to do their part. So, yeah, so Has I've got... Has anybody got back to you at all? Um, they sent me, finally, they sent me a thing saying, here's a form we'd like you to fill out about all your stuff. So I uploaded all my pictures and yada, yada, yada. And... Uh, yeah, so we'll see how that breaks in yeah. tomorrow. But yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I went tomorrow for a uh, a training day, and then Friday's a training day, but it's a at home training day. Awesome. So I'm more or less going to say to the team, "Here's what I want you to work on. Everybody, we're going to do it at home. <laughs> and will it take the full eight hours? Probably not. No. Probably not. Yeah. But this is what is expected to kind of be done. Let's let's do that. And God bless you. Cool. And try and get us so that Monday when the kids come back. I'm good to go. 
But man, yeah. So you're back tomorrow. I'm back tomorrow. Yeah. Oh wow, Jesus Christ! So you come in. That's so, cutting everything fine, isn't it? Oh, so having some sleep last night. And then had to do this really as helped. well. Please, jeez. Oh, I was. Uh, yeah, I was sitting there going. I may have been overly ambitious when I decided, <laughs> but I was sitting there. We you, were all part of the same group chat, going, "We got to do the besties." I don't really yeah. want to do a double on the Sunday, nah, so tough. let's do this. It's tough because when you do the double and you get that late run in the night, yeah, you start hard. to flag and you, you start to flag, it. and you want to you want the energy energy to be real. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, but uh, nothing but love for my sister and her partner for for hosting. We went down to Toronto. We went up to the CN Tower, um, and I'm like, we're sitting there, and we're driving up, and we're going. It's pretty overcast, guys. <laughs> Are we sure we want to do this today? It's going to be overcast for the whole week. So then we, yeah, yeah, let's just go ahead. I mean, my niece and my nephew, and they're, and, and, and they're, they're adorable. But uh, so we went, we went to the aquarium, yep. which had like the most people ever in one place in the history of man. It was brutal. <laughs> <sighs> I think it's not fishy going on. I, the fish were looking at us going, look at this assortment of humans. What's wow. going on here? Um, and then... We went for, for for a nice meal, and then we went to the CN Tower, and we went, we went into the CN Tower. People running there like, you know, there's like zero because the cl- like the cloud cover zero visibility yeah. is below the observation deck. Wow! So, um, like, you know, you can't see anything up there. We're like, yeah, yeah, we know. So, meanwhile, my nephew's like, "There's no, why are we?" He's like eight, right? So yeah, he's yeah. scientific, right? And he's like, "Oh, what's this?" We get up there. And it's like a wall of white. You would have thought we were looking at white painted windows. Wow. Like you would not have thought there was like, it, was, it just looked like a solid white yeah, pane yeah, of glass. Yeah. So so I, I, I sort of tried to brand it for, for the kids. Hey, we went to Cloud City today, didn't we, guys? <laughs> but they have one of those floors that's like, you can see through. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little bit easier with the cloud, actually. It's just this white, but you can still kind of go, wow, that's, that's kind of empty. But if you look down, you can see kind of the translucent mistiness of it, and it's oh, it's a bit scary. It's a bit <laughs> scary. I'm not, I'm not good with the whole height thing. Well, do you know what? When um, me and Felicity went to Blackpool, we <laughs> did the same thing on um, the Blackpool Tower, and uh, when you looked down, I was, I was like very attentive, walking on it. I went, "This is going to be the time. As soon as I walk on it, it's going to crack, and I'm going to fall through to my death." Right. Yep. And and I'm being very attentive. And this guy's going, look, you're, you're going to be fine. Just just yep. stand on here, right? He said, we've had people doing backflips on here. We've had, you'll, you'll yep. be fine. I went, I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't until he said to me, I think that was something like um, two tons of pressure or something. Yeah. It, all, it needs yeah. before it actually starts to crack. I think it's evolution. I was like, oh, okay. Well, when you say that from the start. <laughs> I think it's evolutionary. I think the idea of I don't want to stand on a thing that I can see through unless I want to drop to my death. I think that's just a human condition in effect. <laughs> yeah. I get self-preservation. I think it's good. <laughs> Next time I might grow up with a parachute just in case. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I just wanted to finish now by just talking about one more thing. Talking about games that you run yourself and then you end up winning. Uh, we finished. Uh-huh. We finished season one of the Music League. Yeah, yeah. I forget who won. I don't know. I kind of forgot that it was a thing on the run up to Christmas, and absolutely missed like the last. Yeah, four, I, I, so yeah. I'm I, really I, sorry. I, I was worn. I was for a bit. It was usually George and Andy Dixon. Yeah, and I was going, guys. It's, and then I went, no, nah, forget it. Yeah, forget I, it. I, I, I do this with Liam the rest of the year. I'm not doing it with two But uh, I saw the, like the chat like piping up about it the other day, and I went. Oh shit! My, my last couple of rounds went badly, so I didn't think there was, there was a chance I was good. But no, I, I pulled off a W. Triumph. I am a season one champion. Woo, so what's going to happen? Point it's, ratio was two. Is, it, is that what it was? 
Yeah. Oh, so um, I was like, I'm sure this one will win. No, nothing. No. So uh, we are going to do a season two, uh, but it's just one of the perks of doing the Patreon. Come on in and uh, test the water. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. So musically, uh, season one, I am your your champion. I did not think I was going to be. My last couple of songs burned, bombed hard. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way this can't win. Nope, there's very many reasons this can't win. <laughs> so I was really flagging as well. Like, it was really busy. I was like, oh, just, I will do this, and someone else has chosen that. Okay, do this. Someone else has chosen. Okay, fine, <laughs> just do this. And then, yeah, watching it like four points out, and everybody like 25. I'm like, all right, such as. But it did win. Uh, but we do need to spend two seconds talking about, he said, Trent Cuvis, and he also has to cough at the same time. So oh, it's a bit no, interesting. But. <laughs> Vamping, vamping, vamping. I'm going to keep vamping. <laughs> we are playing the NFL is, theme is, there, so... Can Ethan not hear it? I don't know if he can or not. Can you hear it, Ethan? Sorry. No, yeah. I didn't hear it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Technical so issues that's already. The, uh, uh, but no, uh, we need to give some some love to the end of the NFL's uh, fantasy football that are perfect on <sighs> the Patreon. You and her, what do you and her about? Because <laughs> I got a bit unlucky on both of the last games and by a bit unlucky like i mean come on i was scoring 150 plus and still lost both of my final two yeah you you got you had some bad luck in there i did um yeah whereas uh, i got knocked out by james guzman in the first round and i think in my thing i would think i would have beaten almost everybody else yeah and uh, I was the only person who gave James, as it turns out, a run for his money. As uh, he so he started the season zero and six, yeah, and didn't lose another game the rest of the year. That's nuts. nuts. That is nuts. And I had him. I had him. <laughs> Jeez, I had him. So how was um, the standings in the end? In the end, um, I think I think I won fifth. Um, fourth went to Georgia. Yeah, because yeah. the third place matchup was Megan versus Georgia. Yeah. Speaking of bad luck. Megan would have destroyed both teams in the final. Wow. But she just had a rough yep. week in the semifinals. So, and then Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Uh, lost to James DeGuzman in the final. Oh. Now, one of his players did report injured at the very last second. Yeah. Which was a shame. Which was a shame. But it turns out it wouldn't have mattered. James put a beat down on him by like 50 points or something like that. Ooh. So, all hail the one guy who's not in, in the... In the uh, in the Twitter group chat, so I had to put something on the. Technically, Yahoo does let you do like a, like a, a group chat, but we never use it because we have a Twitter groups. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but I did put something up there for him, and yeah, I acknowledge I acknowledge him as the tribal chief for the for the, for the end of for, for this year, and I'm, I'll be back next year plotting my uh, much of the rock. I'm thinking maybe someone else needs to sit at the sit at the head of the table next year. Yeah, we'll, well done, well done. But th- thanks everybody who uh, participated. Thanks everybody who who listens to this and kind of goes, oh, another perk of the Patreon. We love doing stuff like this. It helps build engagement. Uh, it helps us get to know our Patreon backers a little bit better, and it's just a lot of fun. So, Well, I started 14th, and I ended 14th. There we go. <laughs> Whoa, I kept my place. Well, unlike you, had the opposite of James DeGuzman, in the sense that James started badly and then you know, just put on a... Your highlight was week one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, but in, in sort of decent news... Um, we had a, well, there was a second league kind of going on beneath the surface there. Oh, okay. The BFE podcast invitational. Yeah. Where on behalf of the BFE, I was playing against nine other podcasts. Ooh. Yeah. And in that one, I think, uh, we have a button for moments like this. Oh, go on. I think it. we do. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it actually hits. There it is. And it goes like this. Ethan, let me know if you hear this. 
acknowledge me. That's right. <laughs> I was number one at the end of the regular season, and I plowed my way to victory. It wasn't even close. Well done. I didn't so, hear it, but I, I, I could hear it in my in my thoughts. It's Sorry, weird you're not hearing that. Yeah. You know what's really funny? If he, Ethan can't hear this. <laughs> Can you hear that, Ethan? No. Oh, wow. Something weird's happening where you're not picking that up. Okay. Uh, it's the old Ethan going, wah, kind of sound effect I there. Okay, that's interesting. All right, there will be a segment later, but I'll have to hold my finger up and go, just give us a second here. There's the sound we got to play. So those of you who don't like fantasy football, we're done for about 35 weeks. Can you, you're, you're, you're good. For the next seven months, no fantasy football talk. And if I keep the app on my phone, I shouldn't have to log in again. Is that right? No, you should be good. You okay. should be good. Yeah. Okay. It may go like, I don't think there's any reason why they'd have to do some sort of a security check, but no, maybe once every couple of months, just open it. Oh, okay. Maybe just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, outside of that, no, you should be good. Okay, cool. There we go. And uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Oh. <laughs> who didn't make auto draft. Not one of his players got hurt like all I can't year. can't believe it. Wow. In a year where like the injuries in the league this year are like unprecedented. Dwayne Smith, like, just he's it's kind of like the thing where like everything's burning around him. He, he's the dog going, it, everything's, everything's fine because for him it is. He's sitting there going, My team's okay. I'm sitting here ranting no, about, good, about, yeah. about my, my quarterback. We made it to the final with one quarterback only in a two quarterback league. Wow. And you know who that quarterback was? Uh, Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so maybe you had you were onto something with that number See, one. Baker I, Mayfield I pick. said, you know, from yeah, he's, he he's the guy at watch. Yeah, yeah, right. next year. Not um, Patrick Mahomes. I want Baker Mayfield. Yeah, we do. Actually, Patrick Mahomes was kind of pants this year, as was Travis Kelsey, Ethan. So there we go. Um, what about Kyler Effin Murray? Um, he came back and did all right. Not yeah. not massively, massively. Well, I dropped him in the other right. league. Yeah, I had like five quarterbacks at one point in the other league. Because <laughs> I was like, I just knew. And they're all really good. I'm like, who yeah. were the best? Just who were the best two? And then I figured out who the best two were over the year. Went, all right. Mm-hmm. He scored over 24 in my last game. So he did. Yeah, he did right. um, let's talk about uh, the, the movie we're doing today, as we know. Yeah, what's up? Oh, I just wanted to talk about briefly because it's, I mean, it's like quite a big moment. Uh, Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse is out of copyright and in the public domain. Wowza. Yes, which it is, is really, really cool. It, oh, I mean, and there's already two shit horror films. There is. Yeah. Already been made. <laughs> there Do something creative today. and original. Yeah, a horror film with the Mickey Mouse in it. Cool. Well, That's done. just. But yeah, no, Mickey. I thought it was. <laughs> I think it's really. It's a little bit historic. So it's the first time a Disney I'm property has become public domain. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised Disney hasn't tried to jump on this. And I think go, they did, but that's why there's no, it's not in the news because they're quelling it as much as possible. Twice. Oh, okay. I thought they don't want people to know. They have like they twice. Have twice so, like, copyright law has changed. Now, I would argue. I think when copyright law, and I think I have already this on the podcast before, copyright yeah. law didn't envision a world where longevity assets could yeah longevity yeah. like like yeah. memes like you know that that popular culture of these characters would be still in business yeah. a, a century later yeah, yeah you know what i mean yep so but twice the disney corporation basically has lobbied and managed to get copied that that the the sort of time frame lengthened oh, okay. on copyright and they finally ran into it so the steamboat willie version of mickey mouse the steamboat willie sort of era of minnie mouse yeah. And the character of Tigger are all up for grabs. And that doesn't mean you can grab or well, use what Tiggers do best. You, you can't use any of the modern you, ones. You can't still. use the nineteen sixty sort of version of it. Yeah. But you can use if you so. But if you want to use that that Steamboat right. Willie version yeah. of it and put it on a bunch of condoms, 
Wow. Say, <laughs> it's possible. Steamboat your willy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can do that. Like, that's available now. We could go ahead and put it as the, we, we, could, we could put it on the logo if we wanted to. And Disney cannot do anything to us. Wowza. I've seen so many people already be like, take this, Disney. And then it's like Mickey Mouse with some, like, horrific offensive thing. But they used the wrong Mickey Mouse, so they're <laughs> definitely getting sued. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the hard part. Like, is Superman People, goes people don't understand the nuance. And it's going to be, so yeah. where's the line? It's a little bit of a, I don't know, yeah, ambiguous like, thing. like, yeah, the lawyers are going to have a field day because and, it's really, they've been preparing. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, get get ready for this because the line's going to be real blurry. Yeah. Real blurry. And there's, so. there's a reason there isn't loads of news about it is because they are keeping yeah, it as that, yeah. quiet as possible. I mean, it's he, really interesting. He is the, he is the singular, is Mickey Mouse the greatest piece of IP in the history of, like, Quite anything? Possibly, yeah. You, use the, you the see that mouse, you anyway, think of, yeah. and that's just a, even yeah. the shape. You of it, see you, three circles, yeah. like like, oh, like, like way bigger than Ronald McDonald. I'm trying to think of who else is, is mm. on this level. Uh, no, I think he is on his own level. Mm. Yeah, very much so. So, so yeah, so lose exclusivity. So they're going to try and legislate it. We have we have lawyers and yep. and mm. you know litigate. Maybe might be the better word than legislate. Um, yeah, litigate and try and. Uh, yeah, let l- l- the lawyers sort yeah. of create like a, a pseudo copyright by challenging everything. Depending yeah. on how this one goes, I do wonder if they'll manage somehow to get lobby enough that law is changed for future. Well, this is why we got that terrible well, horror movie last year. Well, they're making yeah, they're making the very similar one. with Steamboat Mickey. Already. Yeah, yeah. So because yeah. it was all of it, that's why Tigger wasn't in that movie because Tigger wasn't up for grabs yet. Yeah, I didn't well, see in it. Ten, in ten years, the original Superman is public domain, so. People can do whatever they want, but if he flies or has any superpowers, yeah, he didn't he gets fly. sued. Yeah, yeah. He can't. He can only jump an eighth of a building. No laser vision. No whatever. So like, you just got you got a guy in a suit. That that's it. <laughs> what about the logo? Good luck. So are they? What, gonna, what about the logo? I don't know where Diff- that. Comes. Are they a different gonna, logo? Well, different logo okay, as well. Okay, but but I can use the classic logo now. That's you true. can use you can use like a like an S, but it has to be a specific logo yeah. because the current well, logo yeah, isn't the same they, as they the original the one. Yeah. But I can yeah. find the the vintage one and go ahead and sell. I can go oh, ahead and yeah, sell a bunch of. Totally super, do that. So I could go sell a bunch of Superman merch. Is the irony? You know what I mean? Like I could put on all sorts of t-shirts, sell it, make all the money I want off it. Legal. I mean, I will say, yeah. you use that original Superman S. People probably won't think it's the Superman logo because it's so different. Well, you just—I mean, I, I'm not really going to do anything. But yeah, yeah. The the the, the I, but that's trying to explain sued, yeah. what, what the premise and principle of it is. Yeah, yeah. but the danger going. But if you just go, oh, Superman's free reign, and you put the the, the sort of the the, the more famous logo. So yeah. rather than like, keep, no, 1939, Superman created it. by a Canadian. People don't don't. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there's two people that created really? Superman, wasn't there? Uh, there's there's a Those heritage. Eagle mi- and Jerry Schuster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Jerry? Jerry Schuster. I have. It's, it's only because I have too many. I have too many Superman. There's a heritage minute on everywhere. it. And uh, it's, okay. remember when I said the Canadian government funded a bunch of commercials to sort yeah. of make us go, "Yeah, it's good to be Canadian." <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those things. So what I'm saying is, so with this um, uh, trademark and copyright and yep. everything, it's hundred years. So if Disney have already done this several times. Yeah. Will they now go, right, we want this indefinitely now? Well, no, because they would if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. So they just have to keep, every so many years, they have to keep lobbying for this. Well, it's, it's, it's out of the bag now. 
They also, were. They're demand now, whatever they do. Steam, Steamboat Mickey. Steamboat is Mickey is, is now public domain. Yeah. I do wonder if yeah. they will keep trying though, and they could Steamboat argue he doesn't look like modern Mickey. Yeah, but it's so enough. But it's enough. If, if you see Steamboat enough. Mickey, you go that's Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, it's close enough. But I do wonder yeah. if the um, if they will keep trying if, because if they can prove there's a financial like if it's like a huge financial windfall for whoever, yeah, and B if there's market confusion, yeah. They can they They've can go they can go back to the to whoever goes look there's still value in this clearly as written is not is not the, the reason for why we think it's public domain isn't effective. So is this Steamboat Willie? Yep. Or Mickey playing Steamboat Willie? The, or is the this... Steamboat Willie era of Mickey Mouse. Oh, so black like character like design. Yeah. The whistle. The one that's whistling yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah, every yeah. Disney film. Yeah, but yeah, not yeah. that one though, because that one's in color. Yes. Mm. Oh okay. That's that's it has to be black and white. Yeah. So that's the thing. I've seen there are people who use like the red pants, the 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 yellow gloves, and they're like, "Aha!" And woke Disney, and it's like, "No, that's how you get sued because you're selling a current NFT. That's how you get sued." Well, got to be so precise. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It's quite historical because it's the first of many mm. that potentially will fall out of copyright. Oh, I see. Darth Vader becomes public property. Imagine that, man. <laughs> All right, and just in closing. Um, you and I, Georgia, recorded a little bit of a ditty for uh, the post-wrestling's uh, uh, Christmas jingle contest. We did, yeah. yeah. I didn't know about this until you said later. Yeah, I have a, I, I have a plan for next year. <laughs> I think I need everybody. Yay! If you're up for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Uh, I, I've got, I'll, I'll say off mic what it is. Yeah. I can't do the one I was going to do because someone did a parody of that song this year and it won. Ah. Oh, so I can't okay. do it. It won't work. No. No. Now, it, winning doesn't really mean anything. But I will say this. I will say this. They say, keep it under two minutes. Yeah. I'm always good about this. <laughs> keep it under two minutes. The ones who were like in contention this year went like five and a half minutes. Really? So I did message waiting and, and go, I'm trying to go, how can I say this as diplomatically as possible? <laughs> what well, I want to say is, this ain't flipping fair. We could have done a whole like full the full song. So 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 I they were like, oh man, good song selection because it ends. No, I'm like, no, no, I edited the song to make it a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's cold outside. It's like a four minute song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I go ahead and go. <laughs> plus, so we said uh, one of them hadn't heard the pogues before, so they, they didn't realize how many of the lines were actually just being repeated on the winner. Oh, okay. It's a happy Christmas. I love you, baby. And I'm like, that's exactly just the line from the actual song. Mm. I'm like, I'm killing myself. Check out like really original lyrics here. <laughs> but I didn't respond and go, look, next year then, if this is the case, am I free to go above? Am I free to go above the two minute limit? Because I could have done a lot of creative, a lot creatively, but had to bail because I couldn't fit another verse in and keep it under two minutes. And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 as long as the... Qu- I, I know what he's trying to do. I don't want to listen to five minutes of crap. I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way he's very kind and wouldn't say it like, but he goes, but he went, no, no, as long as the quality's good. And they're always really, really positive. So they did comment on the quality of the lyrics. They commented on the, the love it when people collaborate and there's more than one voice. I got a great idea for next year. I'm excited. And they did comment on one person did like a, like a visual component to it. I'm like, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. So I have an idea that could create like like most of the BFE if people are up for it. I am up for oh, it. Oh, okay. Very, yeah, very, very yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I totally know what song I'm going to do. It's just about what, what angle to do. You guys don't have a clue what you're singing. Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's all going to be like wrestling lingo. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I was pretty cool. good. I knew most of what I was singing. You knew most of what around. you were singing. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, no, I totally was going to do Fairytale in the Yard next year. And then I was like, dang it. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. You know when you go down the uh, rabbit hole of different things? What, like the uh, the shorts? Or just in general? Yeah, well, just in general <laughs> on um, YouTube. For some reason, um, I started watching this guy called Maven. Oh, oh Maven's great, yeah. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So, And he talk, talks about his time in wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's, four it, years. it's a really interesting channel. It really is. Yeah. You know, and he gives, like, insights. And I love it when he does the, the wrestlers he wrestled and the people he met. Yeah. And he's like, and he talked honestly about them. And the only one he really kind of trashed was Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Even what can I say about this guy? Yeah. Nothing. Which is weird because Shawn presents himself in a very churchy kind oh, of perspective. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shawn, Shawn was, uh, according to, well, anybody, Shawn was really difficult in the late 90s. And then he had to retire because his back came out. And then he came back a few years later, having found God. And Bret Hart's always been like, yeah, it's phony. I'm not believing it. <laughs> Bret Hart's a bitter man, but still. But the more it goes on, the more you hear people saying things like this, that, you know, that, you know, he just wasn't. Yeah. It doesn't seem like what he's, what he's, he's not practicing, he's not practicing what he's literally preaching. preaching. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there we are. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. But no, I really, I really enjoy the Maven I do. channel. It's really good. He's very honest as well, isn't he? Yeah. And there's a great one. Have you seen the one about how much money you made? No. And he actually takes money and stacks it up on his table. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. He totally yeah, explains yeah. how the business of wrestling works. It's great. I did like the bit where he said about um, Undertaker, because he got on quite well with the Undertaker. Yep. And he was saying that he had to ask permission to, to kick him out of a ring. So basically, there was a, what's that called? In the Royal ring? Rumble. Love the Rumble. Where Undertaker had basically eradicated 70% of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came in and as the kid who done you know, he won some reality competition and then this was like his first real thing yeah so for they him to eliminate the undertake oh yeah yeah. so this is supposed to they call it making someone this is supposed to be the thing that gives him legitimacy credibility yeah and so yeah so you're dropping some out of the ring and then taker just beats that <laughs> drags him all over the arena like he's all blood the time it's over like he definitely he definitely pays for it yeah, yeah. But, but he gets the rub doesn't he exactly He'll, he always has that moment yeah, yeah. so it's just cool yeah, and I like it when he talks about the locker room and stuff like that, and the court, and which is just a fictional court, wrestlers' court, yeah. Yeah, 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 which is which is interesting because you get to hear different stories about different people and what they get done for and being on time and all this that, and the other, and yep, yeah, it's cool. I like it. Oh, I thought you had something to say. Okay, so there we go. Let's now pivot into you know the whole reason why we're here. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Patch Adams. Hey, why, well, Lulu. Why, are we, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> why are we doing this? It's the 25-year anniversary of the film. Uh, late last week was the 25-year anniversary of the yeah. film. So we're doing it now, and let's go ahead and hit the... What's up, Georgia? I just had a horrible realization I turned 25 this year. There we, <laughs> there we are. Oh that God. was what that was. Okay. <laughs> well, I've just had a hot realization. I'm going to be 20 this year. Yeah. No, oh my it was God. Because it was, it was 25 year anniversary, and I went, and, and my brain went, oh, that would be 99. And I went, oh, <laughs> that's when I was born. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead, and I'm going to see if I can find the button for the pitch for Felix. Here we go. Did he manage to fit one in over Christmas? He did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much he celebrates or not. We'll oh, okay. I didn't hear from him. I didn't. Know. I'm not on his well, Christmas card list. Me either. The true story of a heroic man, Hunter Patch Adams, determined to become a medical doctor because he enjoys helping people. He ventured where no doctor had ventured before, using humor and pathos. Mm. All right. Yeah, concise to the point. Actually, I thought it was a bit wordy by his standards this week. Yeah. Uh, This was directed by uh, 
That's not true. I said by Chris Columbus. It was not directed by Chris Columbus. No, it's not. Chris no, it's a different Columbus. name. I remember seeing it pop up loads of times in the opening credits. So did I. I can't remember. Yeah, who I'm going to see who that was because that's just factually incorrect. <laughs> uh, Patch Adams was directed by. I read that all the films the guys made previously. I'm going to get his name down. By Tom Shadiak. That's it. Tom Shadiak, <laughs> who previously was the youngest joke writer ever for Bob Hope, <laughs> was the writer director of Ace Ventura. Oh, okay. I love that. Was the writer-director of A Nutty Professor. Don't like that. Director of Liar Liar. Director okay. of Bruce and Evan Almighty. First one's Ooh. okay. Second... Haven't seen Evan Almighty. No. I have. Um, so kind of that zany humor seems to be kind of his calling yeah. card. His thing. Written by Steve Odekirk, who was the writer-director of Ace Ventura 2. That's not bad. Was the writer of A Nutty Professor, writer of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, writer of Bruce Almighty, writer of Evan Almighty, and wrote the story for Cowboys and Aliens. So what we see is that these two... They stick together. together. They work together. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these do that, don't they? Whenever we talk about different, like, composers and directors and different stuff... I'd be curious if their relationship's actually similar to the Coens, where one had to be put down as producer and one had to be put down as director. okay. I'm wondering if they kind of did, like, more of a collaborative thing than this would suggest. Because it it does seem like they they kind of... Because one wrote and directed Ace Ventura 1, one wrote and directed Ace Ventura 2. And then the other ones, I direct you right, I direct you right. And it's like, is it it maybe a bit more collaborative than we're being led to believe here? I I just think so. Uh, Because we said there was a thing with the Oscars where they weren't given it, you wouldn't give it to two people. Mm. So not that I think uh, they, they do know Bruce Almighty know. was about to win an Oscar, but you know, no. such as <laughs> uh, cinematography by feed on Papa Michael, who previously had done cool runnings. Good film. While you were sleeping. Oh, I love Phenomenon. Oh, great film. Sideways. No, no. Walk the line. The Eyes yeah. of March. Lamar 66. Oh, also known as Ford versus Ferrari. It's great. Movie. Um, Indiana Jones seven. Yeah, it's all right. That's seven. It can't be, it can't be right. It wasn't seven. Five? Uh, five. Three, four, the, the five. Wait, five. five. came out this year. Five. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Dollar Dustin. Yeah. That's just me being. That was okay. Yeah. Uh, music by Mark Scheiman, who previously done. Like, I was really impressed by this. Ready for this? Yep. See if you can notice a pattern in the movies he does. When Harry met Sally, <laughs> Misery, <laughs> City Slickers 1 and 2, yep. The Addams Family 1 and 2, Sister Act, one, one and two. two. <laughs> a few good men. South Park. Bigger, longer, and uncut. Hocus Pocus. One and two. One and two. <laughs> <laughs> he He's seems like, to give me that sequel money. Yeah. I can just reuse my old score and add. I mean, John Williams has been doing it for, for, for well, forever course, these days, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So there we are. The music in the Adams films is very good. I'll give him that. Is it? The scoring's good. Yeah. Uh, first time uh, you saw this movie. Um, I started watching it yesterday and finished it today. Oh, this was your first time? Yes. Oh, excellent. Liam? I thought this was my first time yesterday, but there are bits in this that I thought I remember. You know, there's certain scenes. Maybe I've walked in on it when it was work. You know, haven't specifically, specifically sat down and watched it, but I think I've walked in or scrolling through channels and I've seen bits because some bits I, I, real- I recognise and some bits I didn't. So I think that's my very first watch watch, but I think I've walked in on it or was, you know, seen scenes of it. Ethan. Today is going to be the day. I'm throwing back to you. Um, I saw this again, probably at home video just after it was released. Mm -hmm. It was, it was that sweet spot of time where, you know, what are you going to do? Let's rent a movie. Mm. You live in nowhere, Canada. There's no public transit. Rent a movie. It's what we do. 
Um, I remember rewatching it for the Robin Williams roundtable. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I watched it in order for this. I watched this most recently with my sister and, and her, and her, and, and my brother-in-law, um, David, who's, uh, he's just, he's great. I'll tell you what. I said this to his face, so I'll say it here. Uh, the whole gimmick with Clark Griswold being the ultimate family man. Yeah. My brother-in-law is the ultimate family <laughs> man. He is. He is such a good dad. He is. Oh, brilliant. I did say to him, I said, man, I'm way too selfish to do what you do. Because <laughs> so much of his time is dedicated to those kids. Aww. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. So. And that reflects in them, though. You can see in them. That's Whenever they send in messages yeah. and talk to you, yeah. they're always so happy and light. Aren't no, they? no, no, no. Yeah, yeah not in any way for my sister, but man, he's such a good dad. <laughs> yeah. So there we are. Uh, let's talk about uh, Context Corner. Not much to it. Not much to it, which is good. Um it's based on the book Gesundheit, Good Health is a Laughing Matter by Patch Adams and Maureen Mylander. Uh, so, spoiler alert, everybody. This is based <laughs> on a true story. Loosely is the right word. Yeah. Uh, one of the film's producers was Mike Farrell. Oh. Who's Mike Farrell? Is he one of the Farrelly brothers? No. That is would he, be Farrelly. This is Farrell. Farrell. Will Farrell's brother, dad, nope. father, uncle, cousin, nephew, Dog. He met neighbor. the real Patch Adams <laughs> when Patch Adams was an advisor to the TV series MASH. Oh. Mike Farrell was one of the cast members of MASH. Who? BJ Honeycutt, who was Alan Alda's best friend in the later half yes. of He's the guy who goes up on the helicopter and uh, reads good, or Alan Alda goes up on the helicopter and they read goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the guy who he couldn't say goodbye to. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. that, that scene gets me. Mash might be. I mean, it's generally regarded, but it might be the best finale ever. And I have to say, for a sitcom, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, sitcoms a heart. Mash, Mash yeah. really blends into that line a little. It, bit. You really felt it though, with all that humor there and all that tragedy. It, it really humor is humor is a coping mechanism. Oh. Man. That's, that's what Hawkeye was all about, wasn't it? Yeah, for, for me, it's either Mash or Six Feet Under. Those are the best finales in the history of television. Never seen Six Feet Under. Oh, you really should. Felicity it's it's hard to find it, but you really should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so, and the film has several departures from uh, Patch Adams' real history, and we'll talk about some of them as we go through. So, a deep dive, universal, and a delicate score. I really like the score of this movie. Yeah, it was nice. That no, was really good. <laughs> uh, we get told by a voiceover, all of life is a coming home. All the restless hearts in the world trying to find a way home. He says, picture yourself, though, walking for days in the driving snow, but walking in circles, your legs heavy. How far away, then, can home be? And we have a close-up of someone on the bus looking haggard and weary, and we meet Hunter Adams, played by Robin Williams, his fourth appearance on the pod. Mr. Delphi. One. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, It helps when the names are very similar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, he accepted the role because he was previously offered the role of Fletcher Reed in director Tom Shadiak's film Liar Liar. Oh, okay. Oh. Which I could see Robin Williams doing that. Mm. Uh, Williams declined that role, and the film went on to become an enormous box office success. As a result, he asked Shadiak if he could have a role in his next film, which turned out to be this movie. It was offered to him and immediately accepted. Um. So the real Patch Adams said that whenever the film's production would get stressful, Robin Williams would improvise a comedy set to make the cast and crew laugh. That Makes sense. Kind of lines up what we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and um, the storm uh, we we find out was was all in his mind. He had lost the right path, but eventually he would find the right path, but in the most unlikely of places. Did you not notice the bench when he gets off the bus? There was a bench that looked very like the same as Forrest. Gump's. I was going to ask: was, was someone sitting there trying to give someone chocolates? <laughs> no, but it looked that looked. Did you, it look, the same? You look at it; it looks very the same as Forrest Gump. Don't know. It just because the bench is such a big thing, an yep. iconic thing in Forrest Gump. Yep. That you you can see it everywhere, can't you? So when I saw it, I was like, "Is that that looks? If it if it's not, it looks very similar." Don't know. Don't know. I can't, I can't uh, confirm or deny no. your, your theory. <clears throat> uh, something I can confirm or deny is go, why did Patch Adams go to medical school so late in life? The answer is, he didn't. Yeah. Okay. Hunter Adams was 24 when he was admitted to a psychiatric hospital, uh, as depicted at the beginning of the film, but it's played by a 47-year-old Robin Williams. Okay, I've sort of messed uh, up. What am, what, am, what am I? Oh, sorry, age game. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry, that's fine. I even put XX on a future one, so I wouldn't do this. <laughs> Sorry, but okay, this is probably important to know. Um, like, is he 47? Like, basically, this movie <laughs> takes the real Patch Adams story of his early 20s and goes, let's, let's, have, let's have a man in his late 40s do it. Do you know what? It was really weird because this will come to my grumble later on. Yep. So, I'll, yeah. Okay. Um, it's a mental home, and we get told how many fingers, I don't know if that's the right term to use, but it's, it's a, it's a, what would you use? Um, psychiatric home? psychiatric facility. Yeah, yeah. And this guy comes and goes. How many fingers can you see? Um, I can see. Ask me again. How many fingers do you see? Uh, four. Yeah, and he gets told. <laughs> he gets told. Idiot. We'll come back to this later. <laughs> uh, Anthony and Davies. I think you'd agree with me. There are four lights. <laughs> There's a very famous episode of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Where the Borg, not the Borg, the uh, 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 is it the Romulans, or is it the Cardassians? Not Cardassians. That's a different thing altogether. The Cardassians make terrible reality programs. <laughs> the Cardassians, I believe, were the name of a alien race on uh, oh, okay. Star Trek, and the kidnap and they try and break him by showing him four lights and telling him there's only there's only three lights or there's five lights, or whatever it is, and he's really close to breaking. And he says a lot last time in defiance. When he, and even when the jig's up and they've like, they're coming to get him, he, the guy who's running it still wants to break Picard. And he very famously just stares at me and goes, there are four lights. <laughs> it's a great bit of acting. Because, you know, Patrick Stewart's often so prim and proper is, and controlled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's him kind of wrestling with his, his, his bear. Like someone's trying to like break him mentally. Oh, it's a powerful episode. It's it's hard. You know, in that situation, I think everybody's got the capability of being broken down mentally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it would be because if I say there's three lights or five lights, like this will stop. Yeah. Like that's the thing, right? If I just give in. Yeah. Uh, we get confirmation that um, Hunter is suicidal, but also that he's he he's committed himself. Uh, we, we, in we, hindsight, we, we would say bit... we would say we say sectioned here. Sectioned, yeah, yeah. But you can't be sectioned implies a government. Just, a, um, just self-admitted. Self-admitted, self okay. yeah. Uh, his, he requests his own room, and they and the two guys mock him. I've got my notes. I don't think sarcasm is necessarily the right play in a, in a, in a place like this. No. <laughs> I know it's for us, but yeah. kind of going, oh, right away, sir. Like, you work in a, in a, in a, in a mental care home. 
Yeah, unless you know this person and have built up a good rapport with them, then no. <laughs> his roommate has an episode, and Adams is freaked out. I have my notes. If this is my day one, I leave. Um, and then we go to therapy, and we get a kind of run-of-the-mill backstory about how he doesn't seem to fit. And he talks about how his father died, and he said, when your father died, how did that make you feel? And he goes, I don't know. I was nine. There was this distinction between you and the rest of the world. And I'm like, yep, this is exactly what my experience was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, we all walk around and we go to the same places, but like, nope, there's there's their life and there's my life, and I can no longer yeah. I can no longer fit in. Because I don't know what they don't know what it's like, and I don't know what it's like to do the oh, it was, it was just this thing. You, you're the kid whose dad died. Yeah. So, um, but then he, he kind of clocks on the guy's not listening to him and this goes. Is funny. But if I could uh, light my own farts, I could fly to Mars, or maybe Uranus, <laughs> or maybe I could use my penis as a pogo stick. And the doctor goes, "Hmm, hmm. Well, you're making great progress." So, we go to group. And Hunter is chastised for suggesting a catatonic patient may have something to add because this is a guy who just sits there with his hand up the whole time. That's what he does. And they start asking questions that will... Theorizing what he might be about to ask. Is his name Beanie? Is that the guy's name? Beanie, yeah. Beanie, yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, which way... Point to heaven. (laughs) Point to the ceiling. Point to the ceiling. Where the birds fly. (laughs) How does Hitler say hello? (laughs) And then uh, this guy, who's the other doctor who he's yeah. defying, he's the guy who um, <coughs> is in Shawshank, the prison warden. Uh, not this guy. No, no. Are we not there yet? We're not there yet. Oh, okay. Um, I thought that was something. No. Uh, so they go. Which way is heaven? Where's the ceiling? How do you say hello to Hitler? And then finally, who likes to masturbate? And they all join Beanie <laughs> in raising their hands. <laughs> And the doctor ends the meeting early, and Hunter seems to have found his joy. Uh, Hunter visits the genius we're told about, uh, the guy who asked him at the four fingers earlier. And he goes, what's the answer for the finger question? The genius won't answer. Hunter then engineers a fix to the genius's drippy cup by putting some tape on it. That was very um, specific and random to have a bit of tape there, wasn't it? Movie's got a movie, man. <laughs> So it was a cardboard cup. It would be more poignant if it was like a ceramic cup or a. You wouldn't give him a ceramic cup, though, would you? No, because he might hurt himself. You'd smash it and use it as a weapon. Yeah, a melamine cup. Uh, Maybe, maybe a uh, what what are they called? They're called uh, the. What's that cup called? You got Ethan. Oh, a Stanley cup. cup. Stanley cup would be hard. You can use a little flex. Use it as as like as like a brick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're not war in this. This is a weapon. Yeah. Um. So he says, look beyond the fingers. And he holds the fingers up. He says, how many fingers do you see? But you have to look. It's all about where your eyes focus. And he goes, no. Oh, it's eight. And he goes, that's right. I'm like, no. No, if I took my uh, Stanley Cup and smashed one of your fingers. Yeah. No, I've smashed one of your fingers. I haven't smashed two of your fingers. I've smashed one of your fingers. (laughs) If I cut one finger off, two didn't come falling off. No, no, no. You I know the meaning of being, a doc, but it's really stupid. He's just theorizing, isn't he? He's just saying there's other ways of looking at things. Yeah, I, I, there's that. Uh, that. That's the the message of it. But the whole idea of looking at four and going, Idiot. The realist perspective is... Yeah, well, he wants someone to be on his wavelength, doesn't he? He wants someone to understand where he's coming but from. But he doesn't tell them. Well, no. There are, how can you... You don't... 
I can say to you, um, I want you to like um, motor racing. He, no, but right? he only, he but only, he only tells until you, him. Until you like motor racing and tell me you like motor racing. Do you know what I mean? It's not the same as being the same. Yeah, but he only tells him once the guy does something for him. Once he sees value in him. But he still has to answer the question. <coughs> he still gets the question right before he... Before he says... Talks to him about it. If he had said seven... Well, he, he gets some coaching. He, he had just gone, idiot. <laughs> he gets some, some coaching through, though, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he does. But then, Someone's like he said... Someone's actively sought him out and come to find him, though, isn't Exactly. Noticed. He says that. He says, you know, you, you must have seen something in me to come and speak to me. You must have to... After what he said to him... What does he say? He says, uh, I'll see you around or I'll see you tomorrow or something like that. What do you see in me? What do you, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, oh, where am I at here? Oh, what do you see in me, Arthur? You fixed my cup. I'll see you around. Patch. That's how he gets his name. Um, he goes, maybe you'll see something besides a crazy, bitter old man when you look at me. Um, and then we cut to the middle of the night and the roommate who had the episode earlier is having another one because he sees imaginary squirrels. He just sort of, what is it with Americans and squirrels? I don't know. I was listening to the, uh, <laughs> on my, on my two and a half hour drive back. I was listening to the, uh, Christmas vacation episode. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, there is a, a bunch of squirrels. They're not that bad. <laughs> and he goes, you can't go to the bathroom because of one squirrel. And he says, the most amenable animals in the world. What could they possibly want? You're nuts. <laughs> uh, his roommate sees Squirrel, but Patch puts it away with a finger gun, and then this uploads to, or upgrades to semi-automatics and grenades until one gets him, and the roommate helps him get it off. Of course, these are all magic squirrels. They barricade with the bed and a bazooka, and then that gets the uh, roommate to the toilet, while the slow zoom shows us that Patch is finding fulfillment in this moment. This resulted in wanting to leave. And uh, he says, I want to help people. They really listen to me. And the doctor says, I won't allow you to leave. And he goes, well, I admitted myself, so it doesn't matter. He goes, fine, but my report will read AMA, against medical advice. And he says, fine. Again, a power trip, isn't it? My report will read IDGARA. I don't give a rat's ass. Give a rat's ass. And my name's Patch. Um, another difference, so here's what I've done, is the then- question mark question mark year old robin williams <laughs> 47 year old as it turns 47. out yeah. <laughs> portrays adams as enrolling in medical school very late in life uh but he really uh entered medical school at 26 yeah let me rephrase that sorry he graduated medical school at 26 see so i i had that feeling when i was watching this that he was a lot younger yep than what robin williams is portraying they can't go. I'm 23, everybody. So they've no, instead they've ima- they've imagined it as a later. But then thing. why did they cast him as it? Just because he asked to be in his next movie doesn't mean you got cast the right person. Well, Robin Williams is but bankable. Isn't he isn't he? so wonderful in it. Doesn't he do such a fantastic job? He does a good job, yes. But why didn't they just do a different story? I'm sure they could have found someone else to do it. But there is yeah, a, but there's Robin a whimsy Williams. about question, Robin Williams doing it. I think this. we're back to what do you want from from your movie? Do do I want? necessarily the actual do I accurate need realism or do, do i need realism yeah. yes because you know what dangerous minds i wanted the real story not that garbage you gave yeah. me yeah but to be fair though I don't think much of the, rest <laughs> the story, of story they is. gave us is real weak <laughs> ian liam you both saw um what was it napoleon yes there's a lot of factual inaccuracies in that film yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. how does how do because obviously it's not really a sport they're like, he shot off the, the top of a pyramid with a cannon. That was proven to not happen. But 
visually it looks cool. I, I take, don't agree I take with more the issues with, with Napoleon because Napoleon's world history. Yeah. yeah. Napoleon, something that will come up in conversation. Napoleon, something where you can go, you know, people actually learn about history, but it's get in the way of it. I mean, Patch Adams is just an interesting anecdote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if I didn't tell you it's based on a true story, just well, here's, a, here's a story called Patch Adams about a it's guy a who, whatever, yeah. no harm, no foul. Yeah. So yeah. do I expect this to be a, a, a accurate representation of his life? Eh. Now, how how does the real Hunter Patch Adams feel about it? Well, we'll talk about that at the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the episode, sorry. But, uh, but as far as him, uh, Williams himself and my version of it, I don't know. I mean, it becomes an avatar for uh, kind of a samey Robin Williams story that we've seen in other things. I'm going to bring up something later in the end when yeah. we talk about it because I felt a little bit uncomfortable with this movie at points. Yeah, I, I think I think I totally agree with you. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Um, so there we are. Uh, let's go to. <laughs> I've put a space in here. Med- <laughs> Medi Cal School, uh, and he's a mature student. I've been there. I've yeah. been there, been old everybody else. And he has a roommate. Georgia, you recognize the roommate? Mm, recognize the real pompous a little, guy. A little bit, but I don't know who it is. This is Ethan? Philip Seymour, Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. His fourth appearance on the pod. Doubt. Doubt? Very good. You're here for doubt. Well done. <laughs> um, oh, he was um, oh, always that, famous. Almost famous. He was it? almost famous. He was, yeah. What's that one where he played a villain type? He's not here for that. Twister. He wasn't a villain in Twister, but he was in Twister, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. he in Twister? Food. That's the guy. He's kind of like the hippie. <laughs> I can't remember it. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is... Uh, I know the is name. He, is he Plutarch but... Heavensby in The Hunger Games? I've never seen that. He is in Hunger he's, Games. He's the yeah. game master, isn't he? Yeah, because he's, um, he's, like, he's not President Snow. He's the, like... The second in command. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's got a big bowl of cherries to eat at the end of the game. Seymour Hoffman. Was he in the boat that rocked? Was he, in he was in the boat that rocked. Yeah, he is. That? Who is he in that one? He's one of the disc jockeys, isn't he? Yeah. He's like the leader of the boat, I think. Yeah. But oh, there's a side-by-side. That's, that's brilliant. What are the odds of that? All right. Here he is in both Patch Adams and in Twister. Oh, yeah, I can see it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you remember him from uh, Twister now? Yeah. <laughs> Food. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, great actor. Um, dies very young. Yeah. Mm. Not an age game spoiler because, you know, it just means he's less than 70 probably. Um, <laughs> but like totally drug related. Absolutely, because he was a drug addict way before he was an actor. They found him with like a, with like a needle in his arm. Ugh. It was yeah, I thought it was a heroin. That's such yeah. a waste. Yeah, it was such a waste. Yeah. He's such a talent. Very much so. Yeah, and, he uh, was just, and, I, and I believe he was just then coming into the, his prime of movies. You know, yeah. getting oh, those really decent because he, he's a character actor. Like he's the guy who's like guy number four yeah. in Almost Famous or guy number four in Twister. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he starts. People go, "This guy's really good." Yeah. And so he does um, Capote, which he wins his Oscar for. Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh, then he does, uh, he's the bad guy in MI3. That's yeah. what I was probably yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah. yeah. That's probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy in MI3, and he's so versatile. Like, he can be he can be the guy you go, oh, what a sweet, or he can be, oh, he's so, yeah. and he's probably like the greatest actor living, Matt Damon, in the sense that, <laughs> in the sense that, 
you got he's just got credibility whatever he does you don't think you're watching philip seymour hoffman you just buy into the character he's you presenting. Yeah, yeah. he shows a decent range in this film doesn't he yeah he does um he's very high on his personal achievements whereas patch is not ambitious in the slightest he's like i this this thing i graduated from this school and then patch gives like his uh elementary school and says he won like a finger painting contest once or something like that <laughs> That was seemed more like Robin Williams talking rather than the character. Mm. Oh, like this I mean? is loosely. Basically, I think we get a general story yeah. of Patch Adams. There was a guy called Patch Adams. He went to medical school. He set up this institute. Yeah. Um, he does have a psychi- psychiatric break. Yeah. That's about it. And then everything else beyond that is Robin Williams. What do you want to do with it? Yeah. Then we meet Dean Walcott, played by Bob gunton who is the guy from shawshank shawshank yeah. so this is the one where they're all sitting in the room together and he's talking about doctors and the power of doctors is that we have, we're trusted do no harm but human beings are not worthy of trust and then a focus poll tells us that patch is smitten with some blonde and medine says we're gonna make something of you something better than human beings we're gonna make you Doctors. Robots. And out he walks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It might be in a speech. He was also in um, Demolition Man. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, he's He's got his niche. He's he's unlikable. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah, opposite yeah. of you. You're really likable on stage. Oh. This guy's not likable. You just want to punch him, don't you? Yeah, there's a skill, <laughs> there's a skill in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we meet Karen, played by Monica Potter. I don't know her from anything else. I don't know from anything else, but you know what? I thought she was good. I had a question about her, but okay. I need to get later in the movie before yeah, yeah, I ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, another one of the things that doesn't line up with the real story is that Karen does not exist. Oh, okay. It wasn't Karen, was it? Oh, amazing. Beginning with K, but it wasn't Karen. What's Karen, that is Karen. C-A-R-I-N, Karen. Yeah, spelled different. Oh, Corinne. Corinne. I think he calls her Karen. Oh, Corinne, maybe it is Corinne. Corinne. Sorry, Corinne. Yeah. Apologies, Corinne. Thanks for carrying me to no, the finish my line mom, there. My mum's name is Karen, so I'd have clocked it if it sounded like no, Karen. No, you're fine, because I thought that when I used it, I was like, yeah, it probably would be. Karen, <laughs> she sorry. was in Con Air. That's the only other thing that oh, I can I like think Con of Air. that anyone here would have I seen. Like Con Air. seen. Oh, Con and Air. Saw. Yeah, everyone here would have seen oh, Saw. I haven't seen Saw. I haven't seen Saw. I have definitely not seen Saw. Why would this I have is, watched This saw? is a bit of a seesaw kind of conversation. Yeah, a bit of a Saw, mo- saw moment. Four point. Uh, <laughs> let's cut this out. Uh... So, uh, it is, there is some similarities between this and a male friend of Patch Adams who um, has a similar end. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they decided to, to mix it up with this romantic storyline instead. Oh, okay. That's weird. Well, speaking of weird, Monica Potter performed her final audition for her role in Robin Williams' house in front of his wife. <laughs> Although riddled with flu at the time, Potter still had to play out an intimate kissing scene. I don't like this film anymore. I, I get that, like, you're going, okay, look, we need to see if you have chemistry. I get that. And I can even I can even deal with the idea we got to do... I can deal with the idea that the audition even requires a kissing scene. I can... I can yeah. Chemistry to do it at his house in front of his wife just sounds like a bit of a weird kink. Yeah, and rubbing it in. <laughs> to have it, uh, uh, his wife being there to make her comfortable 
I can get. Oh, okay. Being in their house. The house is the breach. The house is the breach. Yeah, he'll he'll keep it keep it keep it professional. Yeah, because when it's at the house, it just feels a bit a bit sordid, doesn't it? But his his wife being there for her benefit is. I hadn't thought about that, but that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. I've not got an issue with that, but yeah, I I, not not, not the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She says, "I'm not here to date or flirt. I'm here to study, study, work hard." A lot of the characters in this movie are very one-dimensional. They all are. I'm the girl who's <laughs> just here to study. Now we find out there's more to it, but yeah. it's it's she's this type, and then this one's this type, and then you know there's the type that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is, and then they all kind the of the guy that follows you around, your best friend, and the astute <laughs> type, well, the blah blah. Speaking of the which, guy who does, yeah. Why is it? I've gotten my notes, and I'm curious if this is what you're talking about, Liam. Why is it that every Robin Williams movie seems to be, let's find a woman who doesn't like me and I'm going to pursue her without without ceasing until she finally gives in? Exactly, yeah. And that seems this is very... I didn't read this. Oh, this, felt, this felt very Good Morning Vietnam when he won't leave the girl alone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not read this that way Oh, really? The, the three guys are going, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, and you're you going, started, no! Which is, which is no, why yeah, I you said. started talking about it earlier and we're like, I'm like, I have... <laughs> Very little issue with this film at all, which surprises me. I'm surprised See, it's I gone did. this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did I because of this. Didn't, because I think he, he shoots his shot, she shuts him down, and as far as I was concerned, he then kind of just, they just befriend each other. He's very much... Oh, I think he... she kisses I think, him. No, I think he pursues her hard. Yeah, really hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't... No, yeah, I did not... I will say that when that. watching it, my sister was like, yeah, red flag. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe. No, it's, it's okay if your yeah. reading's different, but it is like you are the Everybody's minority on this one, it feels like. stuff, isn't it? So. Um, Beaterson, take another look. How did you watch this, out of curiosity? Uh, my laptop. Laptop? Okay. It's so it wasn't one of those, like, on my phone. Also. Okay. Um, and then uh, I've got my notes. Robin Williams breaks down women who don't want him with the subtlety of a wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah. Apparently more so. <laughs> and then we meet Truman, played by Daniel London, who goes, this is their meeting point. Wow, I thought I was the worst at, at, at me. I thought something only happened to me. Well, you, I think you've just been beaten. And then his role is, this is like a teen movie. I'm the nerdier version of you, so you look cool and like a leader by comparison. Because yeah. I'm it's here like, to go, wow, Patch, everything you do is awesome. It's like, what's his face's best mate in... Um, Ten Things I Hate About You. It's the classic yeah. example. Or it's like uh, those two characters uh, to, to Katie and Mean Girls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you go, Glenn Coco, that, <laughs> that guy, and then the Janice Ian, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what his role is. Uh, Truman's drawn to psychology, but Patch suggests, "Hey, what happens if you change the parameters?" And they do the hello experiment because Truman's going to be the nerdier sidekick and an exposition device. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What do we need the audience to know? We're going to have Patch tell Truman so he can tell us. Yeah. Do you know what's really weird? My, like, psychological damage from the Truman show extends to literally just hearing the name. Like, you keep saying Truman, and it puts me on edge. It's okay, because I won't be saying it a whole lot in this movie. No. <laughs> no. He's, he's very inconsistent, this guy. Yeah. Uh, That's one for you, Hermes. Would you Would you rather I call him, like, T-Money or something? Yeah. Okay, T-Money. Yeah. <laughs> a little... I prefer him if he was called T-Money. He's a little bit too cool for this guy, but all right. <laughs> Uh, so saying hello in unusual ways. And the first time, he drops down Spider-Man style to greet this old woman. That was funny. Now, it's funny, but you know what the old woman isn't limited by? 
looking up. No. The, like the frame of the camera. The frame of the camera. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she'll yeah. have she seen him. If she has any periphery, she sees him from 50 paces. <laughs> and also, if someone did that to you, would you think weirdo <laughs> and carry on? Now, if someone sells it, maybe, and she has to process it, and then she kind of looks back and he goes, ah, oh, look at that. And then he starts to make something, look, it's, it's gone from 10 seconds to 3 seconds. It's working. Well, no, because each person's an individual. There's no, like, There's cumulative no effect. No. If you get the same woman the next day. Mm-hmm. But the problem is she'll recognize you. So for it to work, you'd have to have T-Money do it the next day. Yeah. So that she's growing to the idea of unusual hellos. Yeah. Uh, he makes random phone calls. And he says, look, I talk to people. And there's an absolute skill in this. And I think like any profession, there's ways in which you can do things. And I I, I took a lot of the medical thing and went, you know, this, how does this apply to teaching? I think there's a very, there's the teacher who's like, I am the expert in all things. You will listen to me. I am incredibly smart and in my, in my class where the rules will be this yeah you lost me already <laughs> those I, teachers you I think that can work I've, I've got a little bit of that but the ability of going but you know can you make a, a, a connection yeah some people what, would go lots well, of our job my job is an educator my job is not to be a uh, yeah but I, when i make that connection with people i agree peers and stuff that makes me want to concentrate more it makes me want to understand yep. so uh he says how about we treat the people as well as the disease. And uh, he says, what's the difference between a doctor and a scientist? The answer is people. So they crash a meatpackers convention with some great signs that say, nice to meet you. That was brilliant. And shanks for the memories. Shanks, yeah. And patches automatically the life of the party. And we meet Miss Meat. <laughs> quite a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Miss Meat. Did anybody recognize Miss Meat? No. No. Anybody ever watch Glee? No. Yeah. Is it? It's Coach Beast. No! Yep. Oh. yep. <laughs> Love Coach Beast. So, yeah, in, in a very small cameo. Cameo! Uh, he even gives the keynote speech to the beast. Like, That's funny. Do we want to eat chicken? No! no. Do we want to eat fish? No, we want to no. eat beef. Cow, cow, cow. Now cow. is the time for cow. Cow. Meat, meat, meat. Uh, and so they give him a butcher's coat, and he catches a look of himself in the mirror and says, what's the difference between a first-year student and a third-year student? And it's this white it's this white coat, right? I love how he keeps... Well, he has to keep covering <laughs> the sort of, like, symbol of it. You can probably just, just... I mean, I know it's for a joke, but I just take a, a seam ripper and just get rid of the patch. Yeah. <laughs> <Patch>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, apparently, I'm like the dean. I just want to get rid of patch. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> Um, so they go to the hospital. So he's sort of jumping the program by by two years because he's so desperate to meet people. Patch interrupts the medical babble for a patient who's clearly freaking out and asks, "What's a, what, what's the patient's name?" Which I liked. Yeah, because I'd be freaking out <laughs> if I was laying there and I just like doing the technical stuff, and then I actually focusing on me and like, "Hello, still in the room? It's not just my leg. It's not just my whatevers. You know, come on." Help me. Speak to me. I am a human being. I'm not just a, a body. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's noise, and the nurses are complaining about an ordinary patient in 305, I think it was. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And Patch gets on the nurse's good side. And I'm like, every profession has this this group. The group who's um, does a lot of work. The group who some people would just overlook. Uh, they're, the, they're, the, they're the people you meet when you go into the hospital, aren't they? They're the people that you speak to. Sure. Go, 
where's where's so and so? Can you help me? Blah, I, think, blah, blah, blah. I think every profession has this, or at least a lot of professions have this. Mm-hmm. So in teaching, like this is like your admin staff, and the person does the photocopying, or yeah, the teaching assistants. You know what I mean? Like people who do a lot of work, and if you can realize a how valuable they are, and b get on their good side, man, do they make your life easier? Yeah, yeah. The theater is the techs. Yeah, yeah, like every, everything has that. The and they'll look after you. And the thing is, it's always this group who, ha- some people just go, oh, and they just walk with yep. their noses in the air, and you're beneath me. <laughs> Hate people like that. Don't be that person, man. Don't be that person. No. no. You don't get so far. I went, I went to the hospital about two weeks ago. Hell of a, a shit time. But you know who are the nicest people? The ones behind the desk. And they were ignored by the bloody doctors as well. Yeah. Um,. So they warned him a uh, patch about Mr. Davis in 305 and his pancreatic cancer. And then Patch sees the dean coming, hides from him, and ends up in the pa- in the pediatric ward with some really sick looking kids. Are they really sick? Because some of them really did look Yeah, they're really sick. Yeah. Wow. Um they worked closely with the Make a Wish Foundation during this film to fulfill the fantasies of several children who were at the time undergoing cancer treatment. They appear to Williams in scenes in the pediatric ward, and they really focus on a boy named Cameron. I don't yes. have any more information about Cameron. I imagine it's his real name. Wow. I don't know, but I would imagine they do that for him. Because it did look like he was doing a stand-up show. So here's, than- here's, here's my criticism of this lovely moment. It's Robin Williams doing the... Th- we've talked after doing... Like, we've done several films now. There's a pattern to a Robin Williams film, isn't there? There is, yeah. And this is just... This segment is him getting a chance to do his stand-up. It's like Mrs. Doubtfire where he was in the chair. Yeah. And I'm just like... I reached a point where I just want to see Robin Williams act and not do stand-up pretending to be acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was so much mm. better it's, than it's the a, it's a It's a wonderful moment. So the question becomes, and maybe it's a cumulative factor, and I'm like, oh, this again. Yeah, I, th- I don't think I've seen enough Robin Williams for, for that to be affecting me yet. Have you seen all four that we've done? I've seen, I saw... You saw A Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah. Did you see Mrs. Doubtfire with us? Yeah. Did you see... Well, Good Will Hunting is the opposite of yeah, this. So Good Will Hunting doesn't mm-hmm. do any yeah, of this. So the only one... I, I didn't like Good Morning Vietnam that much, but that was a year ago now that we watched that. So, and I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire didn't particularly love but i think because he spends so much of that as a different character with the whole face blindness thing i'm not seeing the same person yep. at the moment um so to me this is still quite fresh like i expect it of him but i thought it was absolutely wonderful question i've got is this a wonderful gift for the children is it emotionally exploitive for yes. them to do this is it both it's both both yeah yeah yeah, because these kids are clearly really sick kids. Because they if looked it, and I didn't. I didn't Google anything, but I was going to say they really did look. But if unwell. this was now, what, if their make a wish was to either meet Robin Williams or to be in a film, which it may well have been, yeah. Then I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying not to be come across as callous. Yeah, hear me out. Go on. Does that matter? <laughs> if they no, go, you're right. it's my wish you're to right. be in a film. We're here to judge if the film's any good. We're not here to judge is it a nice thing that they've done. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, but, yeah. I think I, but I think this is a wonderful little bit in a film. I think yeah, this well, is lovely. In a vacuum, it's a wonderful moment where yeah, Robin Williams cool helped take away some... It's a Facebook post. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great little thing you can do. It's a great little scene. It's a great little short you can put on one of those YouTube oh, short I think videos. it's wonderful in the film. Now, I, I, do I prefer this to, hey, we just hired the kid from The Sixth Sense. He's going to pretend to be a cancer patient. No, this is better. This is better. This having is having, having kids who are actually going through it. Yeah. And we can see as a metaphor 
what Robin Williams and whatever can do, how he, not as Patch Adams the person, but as Robin Williams as a comedian, does for people as Patch is Adams able did to take away doctor. their pain yeah. for a few minutes. Because for a few, and some kids, like they're barely propping them. Like there's some cutaways to other kids yeah. who aren't Cameron. And they're like laying down, or but they're smiling, but they're like they're weak. Yeah. So for for, for a few minutes, they get to be distracted by this. I really wish I had more information on how long was he there for, you know, because I imagine he was there for. You know, I imagine he did many takes and yada yada yada. And did he get to know them? Did they know him before? Uh, I you know. Would, did they know of him? I would imagine so. If it's Make a Wish. Yeah, I just well, want to be in a film. Boy, did they get lucky it wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> well, we've got you lined up for a courtroom drama. Oh, it's really gritty stuff. <laughs> I want to be in a Robin Williams film. We have this one about grief. You're juror number four. Well, they were kind of in a courtroom drama. <laughs> yeah, they were. Fair, yeah. fair play. So I think it's a complicated scene, but it's a wonderful moment for these kids, and it, I think it reaffirms things that we believe about Robin Williams in general. Yeah. Do you know if this actually happened? I think it works really well in the film. I think it sets up his character really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I think our question's outside of the film. Oh, okay, because you you kind of asked, does that matter? I'm like, no, but that doesn't mean it isn't a good bit in the film either. Yeah, I think it's me going... I think it's cumulative for me. It's my frustration going, okay, Robin Williams is going to do stand-up again. Yeah, which is what... That was more him than it was... It was more me going, it's a crutch for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When in doubt, just do the stand-up bit. Yeah, yeah. He gives us he gives us the best audience because how could you not like it? Because look, it's sick. It's so hard to even comics like how can you an issue with sick kids? I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like we did we did Mrs. Doubtfire last week, and I'm going. Ah, oh, remember when he was like, I'm a hot dog, blah blah. And go, okay, yeah, I get I get it. Look at all these cuts. He's doing so much. Look at how many jokes he did. Huh? And, okay. He's very physical, bedpans on his head, bedpans on his feet. And that's great because it takes this thing that's shaming and it de-stigmatizes, disempowers it, all that stuff, right? Yep. And he's interrupted by a nurse who's very serious. And the camera places us outside the room as he escapes. And he looks back at him for a minute and turns around and there's the dean. <laughs> and it turns out this prompts a meeting with the dean. And Medine is a colleague of the doctor from the old mental hospital. Probably why you think they were the same guy for a Yeah, minute. probably. They also look fairly similar. Like, yeah. mm. the guy from the mental hospital is like Diet Coke, yeah. Dean, whatever his name is, Gunton or something. Yeah, oh, I can really hear my nose is stuffed up. You right. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, uh, I think you're one of those people, brilliant people, who think the rules don't apply to you. And he goes, I believe in the golden rule. And he goes... I'm going to say, I don't think the dean has it entirely wrong here. No. No, pa- uh, Patch Adams. There's so many times I want to shake Patch Adams in this movie. <laughs> He's a I'm menace. Like, like, people are going out on a limb for you, and you keep burning them. Burning bridges, yeah. Not the dean. The dean's fine. He's the bad guy in this movie. But uh, he said, passion doesn't make doctors. I make doctors. <laughs> I'm like, okay. When we say, does this film have a villain problem? I think we've established who the villain in this movie is. Absolutely. And he does have a vendetta against him. Yeah. And he says, I spoke to so-and-so. Like, how did that even come up? Yeah. That shouldn't even have been a thing. Was it part of your application? Have you spent time in a mental hospital? Yeah. 
That's something but, you'd have kept off. But of course, off. it doesn't happen because he has his breakdown at 26. Mm. He enters medical school at 23. So he probably has his breakdown as a result of the stuff that happened to him while he was in medical school. Yeah, true. Oh, someone talk for a second. I got to figure something out. Okay. I get the same vibe with Patch Adams that I also got when we did, um, what's it called? Uh, school of Rock, where I'm going... <laughs> I understand the reason you do these things, and I want to support you, but I don't also want to be the bad guy here. Yeah. I want a middle ground. Padge Adams is like, I'm going to break into the kids' ward with the cancer kids, and I'm also going to do all this stuff and play with them, and then I'm just going to try and disappear as if nothing happened, and I'm going to do it again. And this happens periodically through it's the film, minutes. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Where he just has his little bit stand-up moments and uh, touching moments with uh, different other people. I'm not sure I want to be here for the rest of the review because you guys are going to ruin this film for me. <laughs> well, you can still you state your me. opinion, but yeah, it's all good. But no, but, like, if you I told me an adult to make man. it sad. If That's you told me that man was film, in the room with my this child. Film, this film need, need, needs, a, needs a champion, and that champion can be you. Yeah. <laughs> it's back to this thing where if we disagree, that's okay. Yeah. But it's, it's difficult when it's three people and one opinion no, and one we, person. We, we can't <laughs> stop that. We can't go, Liam, can the rest of the review, can you go ahead no, and be I positive on it? I like it. Welcome to my world with the films I bring to the table. <laughs> Do you remember Bullet? Do you remember Bullet? <laughs> <laughs> These guys are vicious to me. So here we go. Um, where are we at? Uh, uh, he, keeps being, he keeps asking me called Patch, the Dean calls him Hunter. I will say this. I came up with this visual cue of someone pulling a, a, a tissue out of a box. That is and not the universal science. It took a second for George to get it the first time. And then I did it again, and then she completely forgot that it existed. <laughs> That's because this, like, pull it, you, what you were you doing You say is this. Like, it's, it's, I know, it's I'm a, trying to describe it. Like, it's the act of pulling a tissue out of the top like of a... a pinch and, like, it was like a flourish. When I, when I did that, did you get what I was saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I did not. That does not... Tissue, if you wanted, like, if you want, like, like this, and, like, tapped your nose, I'd have been like, okay, tissue. Really? Yeah. Actually, to be fair, if you'd have done that, that'd have been more of a visual cue. But I did know what you. Oh, meant. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. I've moved them closer to you now. Thank you. It's <laughs> a much better call, <laughs> rather than pass them up. <laughs> trying to trying to run the show with a blocked nose and get me get myself a tissue. It's all what's happening. Tissue, a tissue. That's not all full down. Turns out there's a study group. Um, watch community is what I've got in my notes here. It's great. Uh, Truman invited Corinne because. Corinne is the roommate of another girl who's in the study group. Uh, but she must have known that Patch would have been there and blah, blah, blah. Because at the moment, she doesn't like him, does she? She wouldn't necessarily have nope. known he'd have been there if he's just, oh, Truman's, his, but he's, her his friend room, goes, oh, there's this, there's this. They're roommates, though. But so the, they would study. The girl, the two girls are roommates. No, 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 no. But he invites, um, Corinne? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman invites her, doesn't he? No, Truman invites her. T-Money. Oh, okay. That's where I'm getting wrong then. No, he's not. He, no, the, the what's his name? Mitch. Mitch. Uh, Mitch ain't exactly Mister. I got friends. No. No. Well, that's if what anything, I, th- I found he was really weird. To yeah, be but here. that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was one who invited. Him because he, he doesn't strike me as as a study group guy. He strikes me as the no. I study by myself. But why was he in he the Greek study them, group? I don't know. I think it's so we don't forget he's there because he really has nothing else to do for about for about thirty right minutes. To be there, did it? No. Um, they determine one of the five of them will probably flunk out. They look around, and it's Mitch. He goes, well, that means maybe one of us. And he's really likable here. And I'm like, oh, when did this happen? Mm, he's very... I will say this. I think one of them does flunk out, but they don't draw our attention to it. We never see Corinne's roommate again in the film. No, that's true. Yeah. So there we go. I was really expecting it to be Philip Seymour Hoffman, especially because of a scene later on. I'm like, oh, wow, emotion. Um, 
Um, they talk about emotional transference, and Patch kind of challenges Corinne on it, and she bails. And you know what he does? He chases her. He he follows her. He does. And she, does she want to be followed? No. No, she doesn't want to be followed. No. Um, so uh, I've got Rob- my notes uh, for what it's worth, Georgia. I says, they kind of have a disagreement. She bails. He follows her. I think today we would stop Patch. I think someone would go, whoa, whoa, buddy. No, 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 no. And also, because well, it's Robin Williams, you don't see the character. You see Robin Williams. Yep. And I think you are more forgiving. And because we're, we're given that because we've been aligned to rot to patch the whole time yeah we're going oh but he's a good guy he's yeah, yeah. look at what he wants but she she doesn't know that no exactly see i read this as like he was just genuinely going to see if she was all right okay then can he can he say that to the group before he gets up yeah but because yeah. i inferred it i yeah. didn't i wasn't missing it if that makes sense so yeah, I, i'm not telling you're wrong yeah, i'm yeah. just saying here's my here's my here's yeah my it would have been more obvious yeah. if he just said that but yeah, that's how i i just went oh he's he's genuinely checking she's okay he says I think you're running away from something. She goes, why can't it be I'm just running away from you? And I'm like, take the point. Again, because I think she's so strong with her responses. I don't have an issue with it because she's so... If she's come across as more vulnerable, you've yeah, had more... Yeah, because okay. she isn't vulnerable, it doesn't come across as wrong because she's putting him in his place. Then he goes, See, I think she's more vulnerable. He goes... And I'm just like, that, I was that, like, that's not necessary. It wasn't, no. Montage number two. Okay, I'm very curious about your perspective on this one then. Mm. it's him going to the hospitals them studying passage of time and then he goes up to her with a skeleton and says i've got a boner yeah i am a boner now there's a girl who he's been pursuing somewhat romantically for a while who keeps turning them down and he goes up to her and says i've got a boner I think because I've, I mean, I've, I've dealt with people like this, so it's, it's not right, but I've dealt with it. So you kind of just go, oh, fuck off. Like, yeah, but okay, that, that expert, I'm, I'm just going to follow up on you because it's yeah. a really interesting perspective. You are the, the sort of the, well, who's dealt with stuff yeah, like this. Yeah. So the, is that someone who, because at no point does she give off the impression she's even friends with Patch? Not at this point, no way. No. So this is, it's just this guy who's pursuing her who she keeps turning down. I think because there's a passage of time, my uh, my inference of it is that they are because they're classmates, they okay. probably sit near each other, they just get they just get on. So but to then, me but it's not it's like it's this like very much we're going to wind each other up and then we but we're not friends but we we don't hate each other. It just doesn't seem reciprocal. No, it doesn't. It didn't feel that way. She she walks away. She literally leaves the place to get away from him. Again. Right? Yeah. Again. <laughs> I mean, previously, she leaves the place to get away from. Him. Yeah, she keeps she keeps walking away from him, right? Yeah. Um, and then, at no point is she reciprocating. At one point, she just goes, "You're running away from something." Is she deflecting? Yes, she is. But she literally says, "I'm just remembering running away from you." As she walks away from him, I just never saw the point where she was really giving it back to him in any capacity. No. Yeah. No. I. I'm, <laughs> maybe it's because I've dealt with it too much that no. I'm numb to it, and I'm kind of seeing it as it's it's far easier as as a woman to kind of just go all right whatever and eventually be friends with someone than it is to keep challenging it and keep running away so i guess i'm seeing it through that lens which okay. is not brilliant but uh, another joke he makes at this point is he says donner party party of 50 this is a reference to something called the Donner Party, a group of wagon train pioneers who left for California yeah. in 1846 and became stuck in the Sierra Nevada mountain range during the winter after an early November snowfall. Um, it made g- continuing the trip impossible until springtime. 
when food supplies ran out, some of the group resorted to cannibalism to make it through the winter. Of the original 87, only 48 survived and made it to California. Wow. And then how's life different now that you know you've eaten people? Mm-hmm. Did they get tried for that? Did they get done for that? I don't know more, more beyond that. I know I saw something on it back in the day. A, uh, because surely, um, I know they're trying to survive, and it's probably natural deaths and stuff, but there's still that cannibalism. So. Jeez. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the people from Alive. Remember Alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plane crash in the mountains. I never heard about any of them getting tried for it. I think, is cannibalism illegal? I don't know. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I genuinely don't know. I guess it's dead. I hope so. It, it's defiling a body. That's, that's suppose, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, I I knew about the Donna Party because it's referenced in uh, Child Oregon. So I, yeah, I, I, imagine I, I it got a good be. I got a good giggle out of that. Um, we have some more uh, where it's he's doing another montage of helping the patients. He's Officer Patty O Furniture. <laughs> And he goes, the hospital will cover all your medical bills. And he turns and he's got like a carrot on his nose. Well, that's more of a he's Pinocchio. Pinocchio yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more interaction than usual Robin Williams shtick. Uh, I've got hanging by doors and reading the scores. Patch got a 98. Karen's well in the 70s. And now she sees that he's smart. And now she sees his value. Because mm-hmm. this is where she turns. Yeah, she does. And I think she's... Um I, don't, I, I judge her a little here because a she's been um, pushing him away. I women get don't get very far in the medical profession. There's very little of us here at the moment. When we finish, there'll only be probably two of us, if that. You know, maybe none of us. So I have to work hard. And then when she sees that he's actually getting good grades and good results, she's like, "Oh, maybe I could rub off on me a little bit more. Maybe I can get something from him." Not the way the patch is open. No, 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 no. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I just didn't, um, it, 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 it's, it, it's a weird one where now she goes, oh, I see, now I see your value before. Not really, but now. Yeah. But you should see value in people. Just Doesn't this film try and teach us there's value in people just for who they are? I, I don't know how the grade changes anything. No, but you it know? does for her. But it does. She totally softens her stance. Yeah. I have a weird update on I the suppose cannibalism that has to, thing. Oh, Ethan's been researching cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Ethan, I was Ethan, like, Ethan, the one who does all the cooking for his. Uh... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. My favorite show in the uh, 2010s was Hannibal. Um, cannibalism is not technically illegal in the UK, but it falls under separate laws. But cannibalism is there's not a cannibalism is illegal law. It's very weird. This article goes back to 2012. It starts in 20. 23. This is very strange. <laughs> it should be illegal. There is no offense of cannibalism in our jurisdiction. Uh, <laughs> according to Samantha Pegg, senior lecturer at Nottingham Trent University. <laughs> Funny. Well, there we go. What a weird little world we live in. Mm. Uh, she says to Patch, it was so much more convenient thinking he was an idiot. He says, well, it's early yet. Uh, he shows her the red nose and how it disarms the patient. And takes away the pain for a moment. And she tries on the nose. This is quite cool. This is quite And he shows a a mirror. And uh, then she laughs and goes, hey. But that video is that she has to help him with a project. And the project is there's a sleeping patient. And they put a wooden gun in his uh, his hand. And the guy, they wake him up. And then they have all these balloon animals pop up. And he shoots all the balloon animals. And it's one last safari. Don't get me wrong, I don't condone shooting animals because I don't, I hate it. Um, but this little scene where he's just shooting balloons, that was fun. 
And Corinne seems changed as a result of this. A bit too quickly. Uh, well, it's actual case study. I saw what was different for the patient. I think it is a moment where she sees... I think I, I think it's a light bulb moment. I do. I, I think, think that's why it's different as well when she realizes that one that he is smart, but two that when she when they do the um, nice thing for the, the guy. nose thing as well because she starts to go, oh okay, there is method in the madness. It isn't just you being weird all the time. There is actual there is stuff to this. Like the stuff that I think that's probably why it didn't bother me so much because the stuff he does to her is quite similar in the vein that he does with patients as well. So it kind of felt like he was. Maybe this is worse, but was using her as a bit of a test subject to like try and win someone over. So it, it felt very similar. It felt in the same vein as what he did with the patients to me. Is Patch being fair to his friends? Because Patch seems to be like a savant. Yeah, and dragging even, people in. Even even at like the study group, he's never reading. No, and yet he's like, "Hey, come give me your time. We'll do." And it's fine because his ideological bent is this. But he doesn't need to study as much as they do. Because he picks up things quicker. And he takes up their time doing like, Is this fair? No. To hold everybody up to your standard? No. Because because... We don't see so much of their time, though, because it's no. all montage. You don't know. It doesn't show us him studying, and I get that. But it also doesn't show us every minute of every day, does it? So... And later on, certain bits are said, aren't there? Well, there's, there's a line that I want to use in a minute. Yeah, okay. But uh, there's a couple. Yeah, I think of your line. But I gotta yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, which yeah, one yeah. you're thinking of. Uh so they oh i did have i mentioned the girl who uh though i haven't oh wow go on i I don't know where i've got here uh so we've just had the balloons yeah the nurses are helping him cover because they they see what he's doing how it's a beneficial thing uh his so they asked this little old woman who was the she was also in she was in um uh wedding singer with the meatballs she is and i think she's also in wedding crashers is she? I think so. Loves a wedding. Loves a wedding. <laughs> and she says, I've always wanted to know what it'd be like to be in a swimming pool full of noodles. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay. just you in a balloon animal. <laughs> and they're walking out, and she's talking about how it's changed. And he goes, I have a crush on you. And she kind of no-sells it. And he goes, hey, you didn't tell me no. And she says, maybe I was just being polite and didn't want to hurt your feelings. And he goes, but you're not polite. You're rude. Sometimes you're downright bitchy. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Yeah. From here on in, I'm kind of okay with their romance the rest of the way. Well, yeah, because she because she started re- she's reciprocating. She's reciprocating. Yeah. The question is, does this forgive what came before it? I think that's where I think you, I, that's myself, where I struggled, yeah. maybe Ethan are going. No, no and George to, is going. Yes, and that's okay. That had to change because obviously, if he still pursued her and she was still saying no at this point in the movie, oh, th- at this point you couldn't it, forgive him. You wouldn't, would you? No. He's help. Wouldn't that be the darkest thing? He's helping all the things, but he's got Corinne locked up or something like that. Jeez, uh, with a shotgun. Done. Yeah. Done. Uh, room three hundred five. Patch goes in and finds the much famed pancreatic cancer patient, and he tries to get blue skies. And the guy <laughs> massages says, his foot. What's the, what's the way he wakes him up? He just taps your foot, That's and he goes, "Listen, you do good or prick. If you want to make me feel better, don't make me pay for it. Now get out of here because you don't do shit." <laughs> And I like Bill. He comes out. The nurses are laughing at him, and he's wa- he walks away fairly chastened. It's the one time of the movie where he loses a round. Yeah. yeah, he needs to though. He can't keep winning all the rounds. 
it's if he just comes in and everything's brilliant all the time. You learn from your mistakes. You learn. It's from not really things. an interesting story. We have to see him overcome. You do. There's an something option. he'll overcome later, but this is like a nice act two thing he has to overcome. And the fact that he goes mm. back again to mellow and uh, breakdown. He's figuring it out, isn't yeah, he? Each, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each yeah. person is individual. It isn't just exactly the same. You can't do the same. Yeah, exactly. You can't do the same thing for each person. No. Everybody's different, and you have to take a different tact. And mm. I did. I did think this was wonderful to watch because this is, at least, like I. I really enjoyed comparing it to that the kids that I work with. With the um, like a lot of them, are, they're all social, emotional, mental health kids. So some of them it is, they've all got this like barrier up to begin with like this guy has got so mm. you have to find which in for which kids like what gets you like that recognition from the kid and some of them it is just being silly some of them it is very much what he ends up doing with this guy yeah, <laughs> and getting on that level and going look it is shit yeah here's how we go forwards and so it was it was fun to see that kind of played out in a film in a different way i i actually quite like their relationship to be honest. yeah it was at this point in the movie i had to start writing down because I, I I was like, I've seen a million of them. Did yep. you notice how many dissolves are in this movie? No. Oh, this movie, every time you change a scene, we'll just dissolve from one <laughs> to the next. Everything was a dissolve in this one. Oh, okay. I didn't oh, see it. Oh, it did my... And once you see it, you can't unsee it. No. I started shouting out, dissolve, <laughs> dissolve. Oh, it doesn't ever dissolve. But I guess you don't know how to end a scene without dissolving, maybe. It's called a cut. Yeah, but maybe they won't. Cut, make- establish and shot. You save some time because you can go. And I guess you're trying to get through the passage of, of, of time. And a dissolve by its very nature suggests a passage of, of time. Yeah. I'm not sure every dissolve of this film did that. <laughs> it's like they went, what do you do? Let's just use dissolve. What? All of them. <laughs> yeah. This film most the dissolves what Thor is, the Dutch angles. <laughs> it was like, it was egregious. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Spoiler for the end game. Spoiler! Something I had to talk about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's bucking uh, a Bronco with, with the same patient. Cameron's laughing at him, kind of going nuts on his bed. And, uh, oh no, sorry, it's not Cameron. It's a different boy and his dad. And uh, he explains uh, that the the, uh, the dean comes in, catches him, uh, patches instantly on the back foot. And he goes, oh, you think this is... Uh, this is he's trying to be why you're doing this, and he explains the positive link between laughter and physical health. Which I agree. I think there is. I totally believe that. Which is also the same studies or something like that would suggest the same about about uh, teaching humor in the classroom. Yeah, uh, it opens up the receptors to long term memory because you remember, I remember when Sir did did, did this. It was fun. and then what else? Learned? I, we also learned this, this, and this. He was talking about this, yeah. so it embeds things into long term memory. So. Laughter is a general principle. It's just good for your mental and physical well-being. It's why humans have the nature to tickle babies because it makes them laugh because that aids their their like memory and brain growth and all sorts of things. Otherwise, why would you tickle a baby? There's nothing to that other than you make them laugh. <laughs> and because, because that's when good you, for them. When you break that down, that, that makes sense. Because yeah. why are you t- why are you ticklish? Yeah, exactly. Why are you ticklish as a person? Because you were tickled as a baby. Because that. It's embedded into you. I'm very ticklish. That is just how it. That's just how it works. So your argument is that if I had not been raised being tickled, when someone tickled you in your ticklish areas, Mm. you would not laugh. There is some studies that suggest that. Yeah. Wow. And like because being ticklish is a is like a it is a psychological thing. Where it's so if you have got a psychological issue, it's like a psychopath doesn't laugh when they're tickled. 
Okay. Because that brain, those synapses aren't engaged. There is no connection there. So everybody out there, tickle your babies. <laughs> we don't, we don't want psychopaths. I can't remember what the studies are and those sorts of things. It's been a while since I learned it, but I'm pretty sure that is what they were. And like kids that are neglected and those sorts of things won't, aren't as ticklish as kids who were brought up in a healthy environment. Oh, okay. So you go, tickle one another with consent. <laughs> yeah don't just pursue there we are. don't <laughs> be Look like that <laughs> yeah. no absolutely uh so the dean asked him why are you here you want to be a clown go join the circus and then he says um i've been led to believe that maybe your grades aren't accurate and he goes what are you saying and he goes some of your classmates have noticed you don't study very much and so they accuse him I guess of it's not plagiarism. It's not like essays he's writing. It's just he goes in and writes exams, right? Is it um, uh, envy and um, jealousy uh, and all them mixed up? Because why would you say something like that about somebody? The deed is flexing, but the somebody de- has because we yeah, somebody out. has. But the yeah, deed's yeah. going. I have power. He's always. I can find. I, he's always flexing though. Isn't he? he is, but this time he's going. I can. I can get rid of you. Mm. And I don't even have to really try that hard. And then what what you would do is go, right, we're going to sit an exam here about a certain subject uh, that you've already learned, and you're now going to write in front of me this essay or whatever and go, we'll see if you are what you say you are. You don't just dismiss somebody just because someone has said and blah, blah, blah. You, you have to if prove. you want to get rid of them, though. If you don't like them, you don't follow the procedures, do you? Well, speaking then, of, if they're not say. following procedures, then you can take them to... Different time. Well, yeah, true. Uh, turns out Mitch is the one who accused him. And uh, it's because you know, I see how much you study, or shall I say, don't study. So, yeah, it seems like he's not doing a whole lot of reading at home. No. Uh, he goes, if you don't like... he must do at some point. Well, he has to, because he does say that to Corinne at some point. She goes, I had to read whatever chapter it is. He goes, oh, I, I read that. Yeah. I, 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 it's what You read all the biology book. Yeah, now I moved on to Whitman. <laughs> Which is funny, because Walt Whitman is the uh, the big speech he makes in... Uh, oh, um, Dead Poets? Yeah. Yeah. There was a little similar Dead Poets thing going on. Oh, really? Yeah. Here. I think that Whitman... Is totally a draw for to go. Remember, remember how much you like that poet society. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> uh, he says to Mitch, "If you don't like me, just come out and say it." And he goes, "I don't like you." <laughs> goes, Why don't you like me? He says, "I like you," and nobody likes you. Or you're, or you're a prick, or something you're like a, that. Yeah, I like you, and you're a prick. Uh, <laughs> he goes, "You know what? I don't like you because you make my efforts out to be a joke." And I kind of stand with Mitch a bit here, where he's like, "I am trying." so very hard then why doesn't if he knows <laughs> that he's getting good grades and that roommates if anybody should know it should be him whether he's cheating or not why did not work together they were studying earlier together so why yeah not? that's why I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going he shouldn't have been in the study group it doesn't make sense no no because uh, mitch needs to be and he represents kind of a dean's dream student I totally relate to where he's coming from, though. I think I've yeah. definitely been. I'm in trying as hard as I can, and you're making everything I'm trying to do come off like a joke. I try you really hard, it and you, it, it comes to you really easily. Like, there's, yeah. yeah, there's absolutely something to that. Not that he, not that he shouldn't have it easy, because obviously, if he's talented, he's talented. Yeah. But 
it's still difficult. It's like someone's told this guy, here's the rules of the game. These are the rules. You study hard, you work hard, you will achieve. Yeah. His family's all doctors, so this has been great at him since he was. And then Patch comes in and kind of disregards all the things that that Mitch holds to be core values that he's developed over his life. But also try and understand as well the fact that he's a lot younger than Patch. I know not in real life he yeah, no, is, but in this in this movie, what we're watching, yeah. he is a lot older. So he will have natural experience with stuff and understand stuff much better than what somebody who hasn't experienced stuff will understand. Yep. So he's going to know a bit more. He's going to pick up things a bit more. When you studied as a mature student, I bet you picked up things a lot quicker than the students of that age. Don't know. Uh I was less distracted. <laughs> I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think if I was to study now, I'd do a lot better, hell of a lot better than I did way back when. Yeah, I think I needed to grow up, but that's not Mitch's case. Mitch doesn't need to grow no, up. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know, everyone's different, aren't they? Uh, Mitch says, you say I'm a prick? Well, maybe I am. But ask people on their deathbed who they would want. I'd want the prick, and so would you. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> I want the prick. <laughs> No, when I watched it, that made me laugh because talk, of what he said. Talk about different readings to a film. I didn't laugh here. Uh, but he says, Pat says, I forget how young you are. That You think you have to be a prick to get things done. And that you think that's a new idea. Yeah. Great line. Always remember this line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's the same, isn't it? You know, when you have these young kids who defy um, peers and stuff, and they think they're being the rebels, you know, they did that, their generation. Yep. And other generations have done that in their generation. This yep. is nothing new. You're just repeating stuff. You just... Th- you look at um, um, uh, mods and rockers and stuff. When they used to fight each other back in the 60s, hate each other, you know, they didn't see beyond the next day. Now these people that have reached, you know, their late 50s, 60s kind of age, you see them all meeting up together and talking about old times and... Because why? Because they've grown up. Even in education, you get these ambitious young people who come out, yeah. and they're like, "I'm going to go ahead." And I'm gonna, they they, they want to progress and they want to get far. And they uh, want it now. This doesn't be painting the brush of all young teachers, but there's a certain type of young teacher who kind of does the do it every now and then. And because they work really hard, they tend to get put in positions of favor. But the, there's a lot of I need to do this. I need to do that. And you're like, hang on a second. Let's just let's treat everybody with a little bit of you know. We're all communally have a variety of uh, uh, priorities that mm-hmm. we're, that we're working towards. Not just singularly yours, but we're doing a, a bunch of things here. Yeah. Let's realize that if we can all row in the same direction, we're going to be a lot better off. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of parallels you can draw between this and, and, and most things. Um. Agreed. He says, uh, even Truman agrees with Mitch to a bit. And he says, I, I think Patch, so I think you should lay low for a while. And he goes, this is the first time we hear Patch say, but why are we not worried about increasing health and not just delaying death? And that's kind of interesting. So he goes back to room 305. And this movie loved to put us in a point of view shot. And we see Patch going back to room 305. Everybody's looking at him, so we're prepared for some big reveal. <laughs> Did he look up and sort of like give a little pray or something? And then he goes in. No, because we don't see, we, we, we don't see him. Oh, because okay. the reveal's got to be. We even see Bill in room three hundred five. We see his reaction to Patch before we see Patch, because Patch is dressed up like the Angel of Death. Oh yes, 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 he does. And he lists yeah. all the ways to euphemize death. 
you know, preview of coming attractions. To be fair, though, if you just if you're laying there in bed and you've basically got terminally ill disease, right? And that's why he's angry. He's angry well, because angry. you can't fool me into thinking death's not coming. No, I think that's, no, I think no, that's no. Bill's character. And I think this is the way in, which is when he goes, yeah. "All right, yeah, you want to yeah. let's knock him out," you know. And being that he actually looks quite um, the angel bit. He's backlit by the window. window. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> does look kind of kind of cool. Uh, and so the, he lists a bunch of sort of euphemisms for dying, and then Bill joins in to check out, to shuffle off this mortal coil. Kick the bucket. To blink for an exceptionally long time. <laughs> that was I like funny. That one. So they finally, they leave together, and the nurses are like, what? And he goes, he says to Bill, let's go to the maternity ward. You know, those chicks put out. <laughs> That's a great, it's a great joke. That did make me laugh. <laughs> Because at no point do we think Bill's going to go hit on them. At no, no point. No, no, no. This is just a fun joke. Just a joke, yeah. 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 Um, so, big announcement um, that the Dean wants to make. And Patch says, he's going to have a sex change. I knew this. Jokes that probably haven't aged that well. No, but again, he's reusing mm. old jokes, isn't he? He's He's using them... Like from Mrs. Doubtfire oh, yeah, yeah. and other things. He's rehashing it's, old It's stuff. an easy joke. Yep. An easy one to just go to, isn't it? So the gynecologists of the region are coming on site, and they expect to be well-received in the style according to their status and position. And Patch has been assigned this job because, you know, you're doing so well in your studies. We don't want to assign this task to somebody else because their grades might suffer. But you're okay, obviously. Clean the auditorium. Uh... And so they go, yeah, clean up the auditorium, and everybody laughs. And so they arrive to the auditorium on the day, and the dean jo- joins them. Am I supposed to believe the dean just assumed Patch is a- I'm not even going to check on Patch. None yeah, of that. Stupid. How the hell did he make them paper mache legs <laughs> in stirrups? He obviously has connections for many things. Wouldn't, and, and not being funny, if you're putting them outside, wouldn't someone have gone, excuse me, dean? Um, yep. I think he's doing this. Yeah. Uh, it's so a funny reveal. But patch, like, so yeah. There's a leg on each side of the door, which then, of course, is the it's opening. So it represents, <laughs> you know, the vagina itself, I suppose. I like when he echoes when he walks through. Uh, and he goes, yeah. And he goes, come on in. It's a little slippery. <laughs> and if you think it's warm out here, oh. <laughs> and he goes, come on, come on, come on, come on. Could you, you imagine? It's though? funny. It's a funny moment. You, yeah, why? Because it's surreal. And if you was a bunch of them people standing there, what would you bloody think? But Dean calls for him and says he's dismissed. And he goes, okay, thank you. He says, no, no, from the school. And he goes, why am I such a threat for you? And he goes, because you want us to get down on the same level as our patients. What's wrong with that? That's Patch's theory. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Now, the, the argument between transference, like this gives us the best possible version of it. So the reason why transference is a, th- a thing to be avoided is because, number one, it might cloud your judgment. Because how do you – here's the question. Is, is this why when you're in surgery, they cover every part of your body apart from the body part that they're working on so they can't see the human as such, just the body part? I don't know, but if I was a surgeon, you probably have to be a bit of a robot because if you he do, lives or yeah. dies, you have to go home and have dinner that night, <sighs> which is kind of what Mitch just said earlier in the film. Yeah, I'd struggle with that. Uh, it also stops you from 
you know, uh, things like romantic entanglement with, 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 with patients. It stops you from... Oh, well, the Nightingale kind of yeah. scenario. How do you deliver bad news if it's someone you really care? So that sort of level of distance is designed to um, allow the doctor to maintain their objectivity. Okay, so maybe you need certain people to have certain, you know, like you'd have the secretary yeah. or the mediator person or the person that comes in and, like, the Patch Adams would be in the middle. I think I think the question is, what kind he's of doctor gonna, does Patch want to be? We're never really told. No, and he's not going to be a surgeon. No, no, he he's, never, just, he's just general practice, to which yeah. point I think his, his role is really good. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. it's like a pediatric would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that there's room on a team for a Patch Adams, absolutely. Not everyone needs to be a Patch Adams, no. but there no. is room. For surgeons, patch. Mitch is the guy you probably want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it seems odd to be trying to fight for something that they're odd ends of the, 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 the doctor scale, isn't it? Yeah, it's very much... If I'm this, in a hospital... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was just to say, this film makes it feel like all doctors do the same training and once you're a doctor you're a doctor that's it you can do everything no yeah, one specializes surgery. in anything <laughs> or like yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. Ethan if I was at like if I was in a hospital I'm not always going to be in a good mood I feel that Patch Adams doing like his shtick would really piss me off <laughs> yeah like, no I, I'm like I'm here. I'm here just to fight. Also, like the waiting times for, for with the NHS currently. Like if if I'm already waiting long enough, and then a doctor comes out with like a big honking orange red nose, is like, ooh, what's what's I'm 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 not going to be happy. The danger of being someone who leads with with your emotions, and I speak this from someone from uh, mm. experience, is that there's a positive to that. But then you better be able to guard it when it goes to the other side of it. Absolutely, because yeah. when you because when you feel emo- big emotions, you tend to feel them on both sides. Yeah. Yep. So what do you do when the emotion goes, goes the other way? It's the, so it's the same with the kids I work with because obviously you you do form relationships with them, but you have to be very careful. Like that, we very much say you're friendly, you are not their friend. Yep. Um, and it has to you has to stay that way. But of course, you do care about these people when you see, especially when it's not just in a hospital when you're maybe seeing them. Well, I guess to the kids, the people he sees, he, they are in for a long time. But like, if it's just in and out people, it's easy to form that quick, fleeting relationship with. Whereas if you're seeing them and you're watching them grow up, I mean, sure, it's the same with you. You do form yeah. these like attachments but, to these people, yeah. and you, you start to care, and you have to be very careful not to take that. But it's why I make them call me sir. Yeah. When I do the register and things like that, uh, I don't let them call me mate. Yeah. That that's never going to be a thing. And Liam, I mean, you, you've seen me run into the students plenty of times around, and uh, typically they still call I me have. sir, bless them. Yeah, yeah. They so do, there, yeah. Is that, there is that distance, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, that, that's, that's a necessary thing. Yeah. But that by establishing that distance, I'm then able to be a lot more uh, personable and warm and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Because we've already defined our boundary. Exactly, yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, there, there's a teacher I still call sir in the Andram world. Do you know what I mean? And uh, whenever I see him, I mean, up in left school now. Three years. It's not me, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite a while now. That's cool. But you know, I, I still call him sir. I, yeah. don't, I don't call him Darren. I call him sir. You know, this is that interesting bit with like with the kids. Obviously, with, that I have you. You're with them for the highs, but then when it turns and you get punched in the face, you have to not take that to heart as well, because you have to have that distance to go. No, it's not. It's not because it's me, or it's not because it's whatever. It's not. This isn't a personal thing. I still it's would a, struggle with that. Though. Yeah, I would struggle in, with that. It's a child in crisis, and you have yeah, to be yeah. able to distance that entirely. 
No, you punch me in the face, I'm probably done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why didn't you say so? (laughs) My first year teaching, some kid uh, punched the wall right by my face. Like, boom, right beside it. Yeah. How's your head? That's pretty bad. I said, okay, that's what I'm taking care of. He said, aren't you going to yell at me? I said, I'll come. I'll come. Right now, I'll take care of your head. (laughs) But I just kind of no-showed it because I'm like... uh, I don't know if I'd be as, I don't think I have the same resilience now. I think today I'd be like, <laughs> going to people, what are we doing about this? <laughs> so maybe your inexperience helped in that situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, they put me, they it. put me on like, oh, it was like Dangerous Minds. They put me in like, in like. There are no victims in oh, this class. Oh, my word. I didn't know any karate moves. <laughs> <laughs> school, the school wouldn't let me wear a leather jacket. It was really hard uh, to make connections. I can imagine. <laughs> I've literally found out today that my, where I'm being put for the next, like for the foreseeable at work is like the worst classroom. And they are kids that I don't, I haven't worked with yet. So I've got to go in on Tuesday next week going, right, okay, here we go. This is going to be awful to begin with because they don't know me and I don't know them. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's not just me. And then there's like, I'm like the, th- the third member of staff, the fourth member of staff. So it's not going to be an issue. But I imagine I will be bruised and, uh, and a little, bruised bit, and ba- a little bit battered for yeah. the first, couple of, <laughs> first few weeks in there. But. So back to Patch and his uh, dismissal. He used the lesson taught to him by the genius to look past the problems of a solution. Which and smiles. There was no solution. He was just looking, he was just looking at the wall behind him. He's looking at the wall behind him and seeing a double vision of him and just going, I think he was smiling because of what the I'm guy not going to look at the problem anymore. But yeah. the, the idea being, what's the solution? There was no solution to that. The solution no. was to go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the dean of medicine. And uh, hey, the dean of medicine says, I've heard good things about what's going on in the hospital. That being said, you're not to go back to the hospital. And you're supposed to steer clear of Dean Walcott. And you're not supposed to go there under the guidance of a... Uh, member of a teaching faculty yeah uh date night cellular biology with balloons but it's really a birthday party for corinne he reads her a sonnet from pablo neruda um how much your mother did a lot of pablo neruda uh mitch comes in and isn't happy like he's just not in the study group anymore because like he's not in the friendship group now well no it's in their room isn't it it's in there right but like previously they were in the study group together they so were, why yeah, is he yeah. not they outcasted him. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he just didn't want to go. He said he was cheating. They all sneak out. Uh, I started writing dissolves for a bit, then I stopped because there's too many of them. <laughs> uh, too many dissolves so make you dissolve. They, yeah. <laughs> they, it dissolved my, uh, my oh, strength. Resolve. <laughs> it dissolved my resolve. It dissolved your resolve. They walk and talk to each other, they being Patch and Corinne. And the doctor's... Uh, he was, oh, she, she asked, I've heard some things about you. He said, well, I was in a mental hospital. She goes, yeah. He goes, and what do they do for you? He goes, the doctors didn't do anything. The patients did. And they're both wearing, my sister brought this up. They're both wearing green. Yeah. So it suggests a nature. They're a natural yeah. pairing. And they were often, their color schemes were inverse to each other. So Pat should be wearing like green with a white accent and she would wear white with a green accent mm-hmm. to suggest A, they belong together, but B, they've got some sort of an ideological difference about them where they are kind of opposite still. I I didn't see the chemistry here with these two. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The film makes it hard. Yeah. Uh, 
She's stunned that he treats her this way after the way she treated him as she has. Now, I don't like this because this goes, all those times you pursued me, you were right. You're forgiven. <laughs> Not just you're forgiven, you were right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have been so strong in saying, oh, I'm not just in a relationship, thank you. <laughs> that was my mistake. Which wasn't. Which wasn't her mistake. No, but the movie's telling us. Yeah, I yeah. know, I know. They want us to forgive him and move on from Which it, kind right? of is important when he's really that in character, but yeah. Exactly. She yeah. says no one's done anything like that for her before, and she kisses him. And we dissolve to patch back at the hospital. <laughs> Remember, like the dean of medicine said, Stay away from the hospital. Yeah. Yes. And people keep going out on a limb for this guy, and he keeps burning them because like the other, the other dean said, the bad dean said, you think the rules don't apply to you. Yep. And the guy was given, look, I'll save you from execution, <laughs> but just, just don't, don't go do back in the thing. hospital. And he's like, right back there. <laughs> <laughs> like the way he was with Corinne at the start is the same way he is here. No, no, I know what's best. Yeah. You're going to forgive me at the end. You're going to apologize to me for the way you've treated me because you didn't get where I was. <laughs> But again, we're aligned to his character, so we have to forgive him. If it was anybody who wasn't as likable as Robin Williams and didn't have that goodwill with the audience, this would be a much different movie. It would. But he says, hi, I'm John the Baptist. Then he calls because he's got his head. What's new with his head? Because John the Baptist was famously beheaded, I think. Was he? I suppose that would make sense for the bit that (laughs) That would make sense to that, yeah. I've got many notes. How many people have to put themselves in the line for him? Uh, Bill's family leaves and Patch comes in. And this, of course, forgives him. Right? Cause, oh, because the nurse goes, I was hoping you'd get here. I think... they are trying to reach you. I would rather... Uh, how, it'd be interesting to know what you guys think of this, right? Would you rather see a loved one pass away in front of your eyes? Or would you rather say your bit and go and let them pass with... It's funny. Kirsty and I had this conversation when we were watching the film. Okay. Uh, just in general. But uh, I would rather, personally... Good question. This kind of tips off to what i'm gonna say about the scene here yep because i i wasn't there when 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 my dad passed yeah we were at home um but there was a time when they thought that he was gonna pass they they took him off life support yeah he woke up which no one saw coming wow because obviously because they took him off life support yeah they sent my sister and i down to get like food for the cafeteria because we, they didn't say, we're going to pull the plug, go downstairs, get food. They just said us to get food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's good. I, 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 didn't want to, I don't think I want to see it. No, I wouldn't. Georgia, Ethan? Um, uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> things, got, things got serious on the old movie review this week. Um, I think it depends how they're dying, what they look like, what state they're in, what their mental capacity is. If their mental capacity is still very much there, but it's a physical thing that's killing them, then I think I'd want to be there. And it depends on the age as well, doesn't it? They can, they would benefit from me being there. Well, this is back to if the mental capacity the is not there. Yeah, and they don't know who I am, and all of those sorts of things. And actually, it's more traumatizing for me than it is beneficial to them. Then I wouldn't want to be there. So what I was thinking was, I know what you're saying. I was thinking it from a child's point of view. I wouldn't want to be there to see that but as an adult if that was my wife girlfriend parent or something as as me as an adult i'd want them to know that they were comforted when they passed i still wouldn't want to see it but i would i'd be there for them 
But on the flip side, if I was the, the person dying, I wouldn't want them to see that. So having Patch come in and do that for them, he, A, he wasn't on his own, and B, they didn't have to. Uh, Ethan, we, we haven't heard your perspective on this. I want to make sure you get a chance to chip in. Um, I think about this a lot, which is a good thing to open with. Um, my, I wasn't there when my dad passed away. I was, a, I was a sleepover. Um, I still think that that was done on purpose without yeah. him knowing. I think that was a, a, a subconscious choice. Um, but I'm, my mum told me about it um, a couple of years ago, and like she, she was there to, to hold his hand and basically say like, "It's okay. You can, you can do this and go peacefully." And I think, I think of it like, I, I don't know if I'd have liked to be there. I don't know if it would have made it better like easier but i like the idea of being there to comfort someone in those final moments i don't know what happens after death i never will be able to experience it until i get to that moment and then we discover check out um, our check out our afterlife pod though i'm yeah, setting yeah. that up <laughs> best afterlife yeah. ever um, <laughs> <laughs> Bay. awesome um, when you cross the pearly gates it'll be yeah welcome 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 <laughs> So that's what you get for being a Patreon. Instead of everything is fine, it's (laughs) and welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, If you're a Patreon, I don't know. I think, yeah. (laughs) I'd like. I don't know. I'd like. I like to know that there'd be someone there to to help ease whatever process that is. Uh, When it's not the same. When when my girlfriend's dog had to be put down, we were in the room for that. Like just to to comfort and like help, like help her know that there was someone someone there and sense that, but. It, yeah, you know, it's really different in theory until it happens. Yeah, so, you know, may, maybe, my, maybe my opinion, if if I ever ha- would get to that point, you you never know. My stepdad was there when when my mum passed. Um, mm. uh, I was obviously over on the side of the Atlantic. I was going to go home yeah. that that week, and uh, well, you were you were in the show as well, weren't you? Yeah. So the thing was Sunday, you know, get on a plane. Uh, the workers would let me go a, a week early. Yeah. And uh, I had to fill like a bunch of forms, middle, middle of COVID, right? Yeah, I had to fill yeah. a bunch of forms to try and get myself through the quarantine lines just to to, to get there. Yep. Uh, I've done the math. I don't think I would have got there. Even if I'd left upon the first drop of the hat, I don't think I would have got there in time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so my, my stepdad and my, uh, and, my, and, and my aunt were there. Um, similar story, he, you know, it's all right, you can go, and was almost instantly after being told that, that was that. Um, which is what Patch does here, is that Patch gives, takes that burden off of the wife and the kids. Yeah. That he can go with someone there. And there's a wonderful value to the pat, to the transference thing. That's a burden he takes on. But he, I imagine it was also a fulfillment that I gave him this. I was there to witness it, but I also gave him a pleasant death, a good death. I gave him an experience where he was with someone who cared. And do you know what was lovely about this scene? He says, sing that damn song. Yeah, sing that damn song. <laughs> right, and he sings it. He stops because he passes. Yeah. And then he carries on to finish the song, which is like an acknowledgement of, okay, you've gone... Now I'll send you on your way. Yep. Oh. There's this wonderful show called It's a Sin, and it deals with the AIDS crisis in the 80s and 90s. It's good, and yeah. part of the story, yeah, part of the story is about um, so the, the main lead. She 
she goes to to the wards and there are all these men who obviously everyone's abandoned them or has already died so they're just dying by themselves she goes to each each room and basically like holds their hand and helps them at the end and it's ba- obviously it's based on a true story things that are and they were like the second that someone and it was like warmth entered that room for them and they kind of relaxed and it was a point of ease and i oh wow he was always think about that so it kind of brought me back to that same moment of yeah. seeing that but in a different context question is bill's death the most think about it two big deaths in this film yeah is bill's death the bigger death in the movie I was yes really moved because it by happens this. on screen i was really moved by this yeah yeah i felt the other one was very shoehorned and very what it wasn't told was to me field. by someone else i got i yeah. witnessed it and i felt it I and, felt and you felt that moment me. you know yeah. Um, Bill does say before he passes, my boys are beautiful. Did you see my boys? Patch yeah. says she's not bad either. Isn't all right after you're gone? <laughs> then I think it was killing me, Patch. I like that. It's great. Oh, I, that's great. Because death, it's kind of this whole, death doesn't have to be the serious thing. Death doesn't have to be this thing that we avoid talking about. Death can be, you know, how can I, you know, and he gets a laugh in a moment here in a time when probably anything, everybody would say anything else. Yeah. yeah. And he goes with this. It's it's brilliant. And they're at, as he's walking out, he sees this woman who's, oh, I think it said like her, her, her husband and one of her kids husband and son are dead. Yeah. And she's just trying to get to see her daughter who's, about, who's about to die or yeah. is a bad way, but she can't get through because of paperwork. And they go to a diner, and Patch is saying to, to T-Money, this, should, this shouldn't be the way that it is. There needs to be a better way to do this. And that's just, all of a sudden, it turns into a, like, town hall kind of discussion group. Yeah. About, tell me your problems <laughs> with, with the with the American medical system. Yeah. On behalf guy of people. Pops up, another guy. And it's a diner, right? So it's, 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 it's you know, John Q. Public. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. working class folks. It's not yeah. people with great health insurance. It's people with kind of iffy health insurance, if if health insurance at all. And they kind of dress that, don't they? In this, yeah. So um, he puts a napkin holder on its side, and has the biggest idea of his life. And he explains to Karen what it is, and we find out what it is. It's a free and fun hospital. No titles. They'll all be peers. And I'm like, yeah, this is malpractice waiting to happen. Yep. It is, yeah. Yeah, you need some sort of um, I think order. I think there's a reason why you have to be accredited to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think the insinuation is they are all accredited. They just don't go by the title doctor while they're working. Well, he says no because every doctor and every patient that are interchangeable. Every doctor's a patient. Every patient's a doctor. I think that just that's because he uses that wording later on. Yeah, isn't it? obviously, I think the film overly simplifies it for yeah. the need yeah, of what yeah, we're doing yeah, in yeah, here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean. I, I, and Corinne's going, I want the white coat. I want people to call me doctor. This yeah. is what I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's nothing wrong she with that. that. And the respect. problem with Patch is Patch is a wrecking ball. He's a he's he's a steamroller. He's a but she's this not. is the way I'm thinking about things. Join me on my vision. Yeah. yeah. And and which is made all the more powerful because he's so charismatic. Yeah. Um she says that with life without limits, people get hurt. And she said, who did it to you? And she runs away from him. And he goes, I'm really starting to love the back of your head. <laughs> and he's found a friend after a dissolve. And the doctor uh, wants a patient. He's talking about, this is Larry. And I'm like, oh, subtle changes. Yeah. Subtle changes. 
And let's patch Robin off on the group, and we find out that Larry has, sorry, not Larry, the doctor here, has agreed to help Patch get some time in the hospital by sort of hanging out with him. Yep. And they want the system to change. And meanwhile, Patch is working on the, getting some blood work done on some patient, and uh, le- uh, the doctor's asking Larry, how many how many fingers am I holding up? And Patch just, they really drive this home like. They do, don't they? They, they linger on the shot of him looking for a long time. Yep, far too long. <laughs> It's not. It's. I don't know why though. Is it to foreshadow? I don't know. Yeah, I don't Dissolve know. a country drive. There's a great sight line. There's this cliff and this canopy of trees below. Beautiful. This is the future site of the Gesundheit Institute. Then we go to what will be the present site of the Gesundheit Institute, and it is a uh, shack. Shack. Yeah. <laughs> a shed. Um, and they go, "Hey, this will also be our home." And I imagine there's some sort of a. They don't really go into detail with this. I imagine it's a key principle that if we, we that legally we can help people who come to our home. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. If it's a third party place, now I'm running a hospital, and then that needs to be governed. But nothing stops people from coming to my house. There's so much chaos going on in and around this house. How do you govern people? Stop walking in on your room. Stop walking in on other things. It's, it's a very idealistic system, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it turns out that uh, Arthur, the genius with the four fingers, donated the land. And he asks Patch, if you learned anything about proctology? And he goes, a little bit. He says, good, take care of this asshole for me. <laughs> I liked him. He was funny. He's great. He's he great. Yeah. Um, there's a montage about uh, fixing up the house, treating people. Uh, everyone, Patch is yawning in class. The dean's noticing. Someone comes in to the, to the, the new home. And um, he seems agitated and complains of negative thoughts. This is Larry, played by Douglas Roberts, who, as far as someone who's a little bit unwell, I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And uh, he was in the hospital earlier, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Uh, when, then when he came back and he was just like, I see where Patch is coming from. Help the people that, no matter how quirky and weird they are, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But there has to be some sort of... It's because Patch talks and Patch doesn't listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Corinne says he's weird. Patch says, hey, I'm weird. I hear you. Pick up. Pick up. Come up with a protocol. Okay, if you don't feel comfortable around him, you don't have to treat him. Hey, how's that for an idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's something in you that feels that. Okay, I will be be Larry's guy. Larry comes to me and only me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to make you feel like you have to do this. And no one should, yeah. Yeah. But Patch wins the battle of ideologies. And that night, Corinne says that what Patch has done is amazing. She goes, you're a good man. And he goes in for the kiss, and he gets the cheek. And he asks, what are we? Is it me? Are we good friends that occasionally kiss? And uh, I think at this point, he's it warrants this conversation, because she kissed yeah. him previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he says, she says, my entire life, men have been attracted to me. This was My hard. entire life. This was hard. When I was a little girl, I would look out to my window to to the caterpillars, and I would envy them so much because they could fly away completely untouched. Interesting word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hated men so much, I wanted nothing to do with them. And they say a lot by not saying anything explicitly. It's really because it's all inferential. Yep, 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 yep. Um, she's really good here. And so my, my question is, is she a good actress in this film? One second, I got to cough. Honestly, uh, I think she is. Not at the beginning, towards the end. When she finds her less dismissive side and she opens up. Yeah. 
her acting is better. So when she's being dismissive, is she a good actress or is she just really wooden until it means something just later? Just wooden until it means something. But that's how you would be in that I, that's, that's why I'm asking the question. No, I, yeah. think she's, I think she does a wonderful job the whole way through. See, I think she's rough. I'm with, I think she's rough. And then when she gets the stuff that's acting-wise... Yeah, she's... She, I think it's... She, I th- this is going to sound really weird. I think it's easier to do this scene yeah. than it is the other scenes. Because the other scenes require nuance in your performance. Yeah. This is the one you're you go acting, home and go, here's the acting. scene I got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can give you it need to act. You need to pretend you're being someone who's trying to pretend to be someone else. Like there's a, there's a, there, there's levels to how you It's like when you watch. You get to, yeah, it's like when you go. watch actors pretend to be bad actors on stage or good singers pretend yeah. to be bad singers but make it believable. Really hard to do. Hard, yeah. So. Um, she says that... Uh, she says that he's the exception, though. And she kisses him, and they hug, and she says that she loves him and has for so long. And there's a shot from inside the Gesundheit, oh, the current Gesundheit Institute, and it's the two of them, and it's a perfectly symmetrical two-shot, which shows how honest and true and everything their love is. Beautiful shot. For the most part, the cinematography was kind of, it was all right for me, but this was a great shot. Yeah, it was a great shot. Yeah, yeah I agree. That morning, Patch is watching her sleep. Um, my sister was like, "Every breath." My sister was like, "That's a bit creepy." I'm like, "I don't know. He's just smitten." Yeah. As long as he's not been there all night, like. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've made it weird. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, could you imagine? Jesus, I watch you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Um, He has a great line. uh, Oh, it's about to watch her sleep. He has a great line for it. Quote. I was watching you sleep. <laughs> uh, he then finishes the sonnet or tries to from earlier in the film, but T-Money comes in. I've been trying to tell you for for weeks now. We're out of supplies. We're out of supplies, man. And I'm like, okay, it's been lazy writing, but all yeah, right. Yeah, it's a bit shit. Then they use T-Money as a mule to smuggle out supplies as a corpse. Now, is it funny? Yes. Is it ethical? No. 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 You know who the, else needs those supplies? It depends how much... Of a surplus this hospital has. Well, hang on. So are we saying theft is okay if the person has more than they need? That's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is a slippery slope. But equally, because who makes that judgment? Does, the, does, 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 sorry, does Patch have access to the financial records of the hospital? No. no well, I get that, but if that, if that stock room is like overflowing... And they are... and But the, the supply of like patients that the hospital can take in is like they can't meet the demands and so they've still got all this stuff despite their like at capacity at patients then actually so if tesco has more than they need am i okay to steal some if i need something um i mean no. ethically no no because there's a difference here between ethics and morals isn't there because would i would i be able to do it no if i was starving and i needed something would i be able to do it then yeah probably because who actually loses out a massive corporation okay okay cool. so if i set up a food so, bank yeah that 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 depends on donations. And now my donations have run dry. Am I then okay to steal from Tesco because they got lots of product to keep my food bank running? Mm. No. No. <laughs> so this is wrong. Yes. Oh no, I'm not saying it's right, but I don't judge them for doing it. Oh, see, because I did. This is there's parts of this. There's a whole bunch of times in this movie where I go. I'd I rather think, they did I, it in a different way. Does the scene have to be here? I think no. they do it because we're aligned to those characters and we go, we forgive them because they... It's kind, of like a, it's kind of like a Robin Hood thing. Yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. 
But what he should have done, <laughs> he has a good rapport with the the um, top top dean. He should have gone to the top dean and gone. Um, yeah, you know, I'd, this I'd is what I'm trying to was... do. This is what I'm trying to forge forward. Is there any chance you have? Can... Have him ask, and the dean goes, no, you can't have anything from there. And then have him go above his head, and the other dean goes, you know what, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's another reason for bad dean to hate him more. Yeah. Yeah. Because been so everything's better. changing, and he's all about title and position, and now this guy underneath me. Like, that would give credence to it or something like that. Yeah. If there was a line, granted, I don't know how hospitals work. I doubt this is, if they were like, Oh, I know I was a sir. They have... They have too many sewing things supplies, so they're just throwing them out because they're blah blah blah, like waste of whatever. No Granted, sterile, so they have to get rid of yeah, them. That does happen. Yeah, yeah, like that. If it's that thing, go. It's the necessity that other people could use them. Sure, that makes sense. But if they're going, we're going to actively steal like, the stuff that the hospital needs. Toilet paper. Like Arthur's already your financial backer. You can't go to him and say, "Hey, is exactly. there any chance?" He just donated land and yeah, uh, a shed. I'm yeah, sure he can. Yeah, he would have done. Um, so You're right, that scene didn't be needed. No. Well, I know why they've got yeah, it, yeah, 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 but yeah. we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. That evening, Corinne comes in to listen to a phone message from Larry who needs to talk to somebody. And so Corinne goes to a different location to meet him. Why? why? Yeah, because he asks someone to go to her home. This like, immediately is a, you do not go if alone. If you go to like an abandoned house and someone's playing for a lease. I don't know like, funny. Abandoned house. Hinge, she knocked on the door. He's unhinged already, we know Playing this. classical music on a piano. Like, just, just get out Didn't of there. Didn't answer, just go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't answer a door. It just opens. You let yourself in. If you in. wanted you nah. that bad, he'd open the door, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. I've got my notes. Is she irresponsible here? Yes. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yeah. Help him, but go with someone else. Yeah. yeah. Do not go to his there location. So many Especially when you have this. is designed that you come flags. to me. At no point does Patch say we do home visits. No. no. Especially no. when you had those red flags. He offers to take her jacket. She gives it to him. Now, I don't want to be victim-blaming here and go, she shouldn't have given him the jacket, although it does designate a bit of a... This sh- Again, though, it's a red she flag. Get out of there. Yeah, this is, I'm willing to stay if I give you my jacket. And I'll tell you what, pre-patch, Corinne does not do this. No. She'd be out of there. Yeah. 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 Which is why it is really, yep. really horrible for him. Yeah, because he um, knows that. If, But the, even the removing of the jacket, such a clever move. Because it makes her seem exposed, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes her seem vulnerable because that's just another level. That, what it means in the grand scheme of things? She was. Well, absolutely. But the removing of even yeah, covering yeah, yeah. is yeah. just something else. Yeah. The next day, Dean Anderson wants Patch in his office. And this is why the theft scene's in here. Because they think. Because we need a red herring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Patch. Yeah. And for us. Yeah. Oh, he's been called in. Must be because he was stealing stuff. Because yeah. the mm. Dean, bad Dean, Dean Walcott, caught the. Uh, Found, oh, out, yeah, found, yeah. Found, found the toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. a bandage, wasn't it? Bandage, yeah. Was it? They're all bandages, yeah. Oh, okay. Not big enough to be toilet paper. Um, Dean Anderson wants Patch in his office, and Corinne Fisher was murdered, and then he went ahead and turned the gun on himself. So did they know about this hospital then that he'd got and was doing? No, he just knows that Corinne is close with Patch. And how did they know that Corinne was to do with the hospital they just found out she was murdered i imagine the rest of it comes out later on which is why we get we have less later in the movie okay but right now all we know is that she's dead and i didn't know if the him. dean knew about now why, the hospital now why this dean has to be the one to tell him i don't I have know no idea that seemed weird but there's a slow you said this zo- is loosely oh sorry no go ahead you said this is loosely re- like yeah his male friend uh, does the- die under similar circumstances that's horrible okay huh okay 
Because I was going to say how closely, like, truth-based is the cause of death, but... Yeah, I don't know. We don't really... We, we said that he shoots her or something like that. That's all we know. Yeah. As a slow zoom on Williams, who has a great job with a vacant glare. Yeah. Uh, which is always powerful of Robin Williams because he's such a vocal actor. When, that when he gets quiet. quiet yeah. Yeah. It speaks volumes. Patch attends the funeral, but from a distance. Why? And- he feels guilty. He feels guilty. He can't bear to be around the people that are mourning her because it's my fault. It's his fault. Okay. In his head, that's all his fault. And I'm just having a think about it. Like her, obviously placing that scene where she admits to him that she's been attractive to men all of her life. And then it gets, she's been oh, attractive to men, two men, two yeah. men. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then this happens and it's this man that she already had issues with. And, she had this inner voice or whatever that said he's weird she ha- oh, yeah. and she overcame that and then it, there's because it is all left that is also left all inf- inferential like the conversation is you put two and two together and go what happened yeah. so here's a question here's a question her. for you then like it's this- he blames himself do you blame him as a viewer to a certain extent but I do. not not for her death but you do, you, you understand why he feels that way. Absolutely. It, it's not completely, his his feelings aren't unfounded. And I think as a viewer, you understand that. It's not his fault that Larry shoots her. No. But it's, his influence put, if it wasn't for his influence, she doesn't go to the house that night. Yes. Yes. She's trying to be like him. She's she, trying to be open and a bit more. He has broken down her defense mechanisms. Yeah. To this weird idealistic place, which in the, some of them that we don't even talk about and should in general, even without her personal history, just the idea about, I'm just going to put put some, some what I think is just kind of truth out there. Um, there are situations which are safer for men than there are for women to go to. Absolutely. And this is one of them. Yeah. Don't go to a strange place from a person you already feel a little bit unsure about. I don't care how idealistic Patch is. No. Nope. But again, he doesn't. He doesn't endorse that. Well, no. So I think doesn't. there is the there is. That's why he is forgivable. Is because she does make that mistake as well. I really. It's really hard to rebound on this. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at here? He's at the funeral. He's hanging back. When everybody else leaves, he pulls out the sonnet and finishes it. And he's great. He breaks down and quits. Quits the institute. And T Money calls him out on his own hypocrisy, which I agree with. And yeah, so what? So when you were feeling I've it, that's up, okay. I've but now that I've given up everything, I have backed you at every step. Yeah, and which just suggests, <laughs> and it's important that the film needs this for Team Money to go. I don't blame you. Yeah, for Corinne's death, I don't. Yeah. I'm still here, but I yeah. do blame you if you quit. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, Pat says that Corinne warned him Larry was dangerous, and he didn't listen. She'd still be here if it wasn't for me. Mitch stops him as he's packing up. So, uh, so then he goes, he's going to quit medicine full stop. And Mitch finds him as he's uh, taking his locker out. And he says, you can't leave. And Pat says, fine. You want to prove you're the best? Fine. You're the smartest. You're number one. Congratulations. He says, hey, do you know Mrs. Kennedy in 203, which is the noodle lady from earlier? Mm-hmm. Can't make her eat. He said, I can diagnose every doctor in this hospital. But you know what I can't do? I can't make Personal her eat. relations. He said, you have a gift yeah. with people. And if you leave, I can't learn that gift. Which, actually, I'm actually going to turn up a bit here. Probably proud of it's the sleep deprivation, but still. <sighs> I think that's a really powerful scene because it's him going. I'm making this accurate self-reflection. And now, I rather agree. than go, rather than go, 
I think it's important for this moment too. But rather than go, I, I hate you for this because you've got what I don't have. He goes, I want you to teach me this. Yeah, but that's not something you can teach. You can get better, better at it. You can't teach. He'll never be patch. He won't have the gift. But why can't Patch be that person that patches between the... Because at some point, Mitch is going to go somewhere else. They're not going to go hang out and be super well, no, best no, friend no, doctor no, people. I, no, I know. But, I mean, I, I the way I saw it was Patch would always be... He would never be that top surgeon. Patch was always that person who was on ground level. Right. He was um, the in-between the doctors and the patients, given the bit of remote relief. There's a place for that. Yeah. Um, Mitch is not that one for that place. Right. But I imagine Mitch has always been the one who, if I study hard, it goes well for me. Yeah. Now, he's got to study hard, but it's always gone well. And here's the first time, probably in his life, because he was that, he had that certificate on his wall about, you know, the stuff he's done previously. Yeah. For the first time in his life, he's not actually hitting something. And as a result, he needs help. And I think it's a huge moment for Mitch to go, I need this. Can you help me with this? Yeah. Yeah. And he's genuine. And even the ability to express that, it's growth. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want from your characters now it's a little bit out of nowhere but maybe it's finally him going i just can't do this and so i need it's very convenient for the timing of the plot of the film yeah, absolutely but uh, he's got a movie. patch walks off and abandons him before going off to, back to the cliff from earlier and he has a face-to-face with god and says to him and again inferential right knowing what we know now yeah but he was he was sick wasn't he yeah but i mean that ain't the first time he'd thought about. No, no, no. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a long history of, you know I mean? of stand-up this comedians. Felt very gravity. Maybe he was leaning on some other stuff because it's a good scene. Yeah, yeah. Patch looks and goes, "Yeah, I could do it. We both know you wouldn't stop me. So please tell me you know what you're doing. You created man. So then you rested on the seventh day. Maybe you should have spent that last day on compassion. And he stares down the cliff and goes, "You know what?" You're not worth it. And walks away from the edge. And then a butterfly lands on his doctor bag and then lands on his shirt. And before it on his hand, and he releases it and smiles. And the sc- it's a beautiful shot. This, yeah, is, another, this, this is another proper this is shot a, really, really well. This is another um, Forrest Gump moment with the, f- the feather. feather. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's totally a CGI <laughs> butterfly. George, I want you to give me the shiny, happy people version of this. What do you mean? I'm assuming you really liked this moment in this scene. Made me smile. Yeah. yeah okay. So, do yeah, want- yeah. I mean, I don't understand why it wouldn't make anyone smile. I thought it was wonderful. Okay. Because regardless of whether that is what it's supposed to be, it's just such a nice little callback to her, and it gives him yeah. the strength to move forward, whether it's real or not, whether you're religious or not, whether you see signs in things or not. <sighs> if you can take after coming to grips with a, I guess, near suicidal experience. If you find strength in whatever it is, I think that's wonderful. And I think it's acted beautifully. And I think Liam's leaning on something there. I think there's truth in this acting. Yeah, I agree. Okay, can I? Can you ruin it for me? Go for it. I don't ruin it. What's your New Year's resolution to break up the plot? <laughs> that, was, that was a throw in the corner. Jeez. down, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, can I, can I throw you... Can I throw you my, 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 my outside of, yeah. of, of the movie structuring yeah. of a narrative perspective? Do we ever hear about Karen, Karen ever again after this scene? No. This is the movie telling us, look... She's a butterfly now. And she's flown away. And she's we're not going to talk. He's off the hook. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see I it. It was off the hook. I thought it was kind of... 
it, he gives him he uses this to give himself permission to move forwards what you're doing this is the preferred this is the yeah. preferred reading of the film you're 100 right and i'm gonna say that I, I don't choke up a little bit when i watch it i do but then i started going yeah do we hear about corinne after this at all no because we're gonna turn to hey do you guys like jfk i like a courtroom i do like a courtroom scene here it comes and, and it, a, it's a different movie after this yeah, it is it a is. different movie it's very um dead poets uh, <laughs> at the end of this yeah it's a little bit of that oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um so patch and mitch team up to fix mrs kennedy and she's great and so is he yeah. as they go into this noodle sort of uh, swimming pool uh, her face lights up i'd like to think that she didn't know what the scene was going to be and then yeah. she sees it and goes we're gonna do this <laughs> she looks and that looks i hope that he was like my, my my dream is that the first scene they gave her five different things. Yeah. What do you want to do? I used to squish noodles. What did you do? I like to. Mom would always. I like to. Mom would always like put some flour in my hair, so I'd like to sort of just like throw myself in a whole thing of flour. And she comes on out going, "We're going to give you one of the five. We're not going to tell you which one it is, but we're going to give you one of the five. Because when she puts the noodles on his head, that looked like that was you know just them improvising. Oh, I think. Yeah, I think all all bets were off on that one. Yeah. And I think her age gives her the ability to do that without being intimidated by the star power that Robin Williams oh, probably would have. Absolutely. Um, and Mitch is great in this too, and this is one of the last kind of big moments we're going to have with Mitch in the film. And he smiles yep. more. Um, a nurse catches Patch outside the hospital and says, I have to give you this letter. What a stupid way to pivot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know how else you could have gotten the letter? By someone giving him a letter, like like the, the like the postal service or something like that. Yep. Here, stand by and just wait for Patch to walk by, would you? <laughs> um, so we find out from there's a dismissal committee. He's being expelled, and they won't tell him why. So he goes and takes his own records. Um, and as he's looking at it with T money, they find out he's being uh, expelled for excessive happiness. <laughs> Stupid. And we're not talking about Corinne at all. Uh, Patch goes to Mitch for advice, and he says, "Look, what's going to happen?" Actually, Mitch is great here because it's also great because Patch helped him out, so now he gets, which is great because he now gets a moment to share what he's best at. Yeah, with Patch and go, "Let me now help you. I'm I'm good at this. I can I can I know how the game's played. I'm the guy who knows this." And you watch him when he's sitting there in the court, and he's so laid back, he's smiling. Um, and so, um. He says, look, there'll be a state review board, but remember, you're almost a doctor. They're all doctors. Talk to them like your peers and buy a suit. And we go to the state (laughs) review board. And this is, I said, I love a courtroom drama. This turns into sort of one at the end here. It did, yeah. Uh, Everyone's in gray and black suits, even Patch, but he's got a red tie. And he admits that, uh, he said, have you been practicing without a license? And he goes, well, first he tries to play semantics and goes, well, what do you mean by practice? And finally he goes, well, everybody's a doctor, but also everyone's a patient. And Patch asks, when did the term doctor take on such reverence and mean more of a trusted and learned friend? And the head of the review board asks, what if someone had died? I'm like, oh, so we're not talking about Corinne at all. Exactly. Because someone did Did die. Yeah. In a situation that wouldn't have happened in a regular hospital. Nope. Patch asks, what's wrong with death? We need to fight his indifference. It feels like there was they made the movie and they went, we need a love story in the middle of this. Yeah. But she can't be around for the end because we've shot that already. It seems odd. Um, he says, what we need to fight is indifference. 
But doctor's mission isn't to fi- prevent death, but to increase the quality of life. Now, this what's wrong with Death Sir's speech that he gives is a reference to the book Gesundheit by Hunter Adams, which the movie's partially based on, I don't say here. There's a chapter on humor and healing, or why we're building a silly hospital. Well, a passage about fun death, where Adams criticizes the society's uncomfortable with death, and only a few are willing to discuss the matter. It's mentioned in the book, The Real Patch Adams even asked his patient what kind of death they want. Patch then grandstands to the medical students around him. He tells them to t- talk to everyone, inclusive, including nurses who can teach them. And all the nurses are all over to the side. Everybody's ex- there. Except for the one nurse, the important nurse. She got a seat. Yeah. I said, like, you guys just stand over there as a group so we can make reference to you. They're all supposed to be working. Yeah. I hope no one got sick during the hour and a half <laughs> the session was on. Um, Patch then... Uh, says he's lost everything, but he's also gained everything. And that's what I want to do in my life. As God is my witness, whatever the decision, I will strive to become the best doctor I can be. You can prevent me from the white coat, and you can prevent me from getting the title of doctor, but you can't stop me from learning. And he goes, the guy leading it, who I thought was really good, Mm -hmm. goes, He's very fair. Is that all? He goes, I hope not, sir. (laughs) Great line. Great line, yeah. And the door opens at this moment, and T-Money... Like Miracle on 34th Street's this, <laughs> by having all the kids rush in, and they all put on their red noses, and they all laugh. And again, this is very <laughs> Dead Poets. They all put the red noses on. In Dead Poets, what they all do? Stand on their oh, desks. Captain, my captain. Yeah. The verdict is delivered. They said, you're not going to believe this. They showed the passage of time here when they dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> and they lead by saying he's not respectful as he should be. And you don't hold regard for the systems we have in place. And that's a fault. But but we find no fault in your methods. <laughs> he realizes he's in a movie, so I'm going to start with the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we find no fault in your methods or your attitudes. And they compliment his grades. Like, and that's kind of what, what um, Mitch told him. He said, lead, lead with your grades. Like, your grades are insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was home, I met up with my friends from my uh, teacher fantasy football league. It was the first time in 12 years we'd all been in the same room. Wow. It was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. And we forgot to get a picture. Oh, no. <laughs> but even a, a joke that was longstanding, which was me saying, have you seen my transcript? Which is me <laughs> saying, my transcript's really good. <laughs> my grades were outstanding. And they and they still ride me for it. Because I was really, because I think I was just really that proud. I didn't think going back to school at the, 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 the age I did. Yeah. I was necessarily going to come out with grades like that. But they still give me a hard time for being <laughs> the guy who was so big on his transcript. <laughs> Uh, so the head of the review board says, uh, oh, they find no merit in the decision to block his graduation from medical school. Continuing going, you carry a flame, and we hope it spreads to the medical profession like a wildfire. And then he says, and as for you, Dean Walcott, and I'm like, whoa, you would not do this. No. You would not humiliate the guy here. Well, actually, going back to the bit where he says this will spread like wildfire, he was just saying his fault was... He goes against everything. Yeah. He goes against this. So, which, which is it? He knows he's in a movie. <laughs> He'd also be really good at, at, like, at like a reality show. Yeah. The <laughs> judges so thought have- you didn't have enough respect for the profession. But and then we can get the music to blare a bit and be all happy as yeah. they cheer, and he can have that oh rats moment. You go, Patch Adams. You are safe. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Dean Walcott, you can prevent matters like this if you too practiced a little excessive happiness great line great callback it was yeah. would not, you would not do that 
Graduation day, Patch goes up on graduation day, accepts his degree to a big roar. Thankfully, he's he's Adams, so he's very early in the uh, thing. And uh, it was the big ending of the film. Dean Walcott congratulates him for conforming to once, which was a stupid line. You're graduating. It's like saying, oh, you wore a white coat. How conformist of you. <laughs> that was just certain things that are expected. Uh, but he says, more than you know, sir. I thought he was a bit of an ass in this. And he, he moons, he <laughs> faces, and he bows, and exposes his bare bottom. And then he walks off, and you see his backside the whole way up. He high-fives his students, and we freeze frame, and that is the movie. A small note, the real Patch Adams sits in the medical school, sorry, uh, appears in the scene uh, when the verdict is being read. He sits right behind Robin Williams. Oh, oh cool. Nice. I wish I knew that. Yep. I'd watched it again. So, you watched it just for that part? Well, He's really hard to, to find, I'll say that much. Oh, okay. We're in the end game now. Hey, we are in the end game now. Liam, we need a random word. Butterfly. Butterfly. Hey! That was a terrible song in the, uh, in the late 90s. You my butterfly. Sugar, sugar baby. baby. Come, my lady. <laughs> You're my pretty baby. baby. <laughs> It was a crazy town, wasn't it? I have no idea. So I'm going to take your word for it. So. Whenever you throw stuff out there, I'm like, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> probably right. Let's talk about the money, money, money. Uh, I, I couldn't find an accurate, um, I couldn't find a for sure budget. So it's between 50 and 90 million. So I'm going to call it 70 as a midpoint. Wow. 40 million seems like a lot of money to be not sure if it was spent or not. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, that being said. Uh, 70 million, we'll call it budget. How much does it take? Home, let's start with Georgia. Uh, 110. Liam? Yeah, I don't think it's much. Um, 150. Anything? Ooh, I'm going to go 95. Liam's closest, 202 million. Yeah, wow. Oh, shit. Robin Williams is bankable, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. That. Uh, was nominated for one Oscar. Uh, screenplay. <laughs> Adapted screenplay, nope. I would say. Um, yeah, this is a well-written film. <laughs> no, no, no. Score. But. Score, okay, good. Score. Uh, that was back when they used to split it between drama and musical comedy, <clears> yeah. which seems to have been a thing in the 90s for a bit, but they changed that pretty... I don't think... It's probably not good enough that if you put it together with dramas, it, it's going to make the list, but yeah, 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 it's a bit easy to get a nomination for that. Two Golden Globe nominations, though. Mm. <sighs> Did Robin Williams get one? Robin Williams for Best Actor. <sighs> Did the score get one? Nope. Uh, uh, director nope uh, editing best picture <laughs> but again really? again though comedy or musical this class is so it's a, a small uh, yeah they call this a comedy because it's got Robin Williams in it it's not a comedy that. though is it, it, is it a drama more so I think, I think it's a psychological thriller I think you get to choose which category <laughs> you submit for yeah uh, okay that makes sense who would you cast as who yeah Robin yeah, I think I am. <laughs> You've got that larger than life person. Uh, you want me to see money? Yeah. See money? Yeah. Uh, Ethan can be Mitch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Be good, Mitch. George, I think you've got to be. Uh, Corinne. Corinne? Happy to. Yeah? Yep. All right. Um, does this film have a villain problem? Not no. really. He's a bit of a cartoon mustache twirling villain at times, but. Yeah. You need someone who you can really dislike, and that's that's and, not and that's him. <laughs> Whose story is it? Well, the name of the movie's Patch Adams, so I think it's Bill's story. Yeah. Uh, what is the story here? <sighs> Robin Williams is always right. <laughs> yeah. 
funny. E- even 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 when even when Corinne dies, we're told Robin Williams is always right. At no point does her name come up in that trial. No, and there's no and there's no like, nothing come up in the trial. Nothing comes someone up. Someone literally dies. He says he lost everything, and that's as close as we get yeah. to yeah. a reference to her. Uh, Sorry, I, I'm my eyes are shut because there's a light flickering and it's just messing with oh, us. That's all. I'm not, I'm not purposefully ignoring you all. Okay. I thought I'd upset you in some <laughs> no, capacity. No, no, no. That's, that's why I wanted to clarify okay. it. Georgia, uh, role, role of w- w- woman. <laughs> well, I guess there's well, the, nurses the nurses as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 I really like the nurses actually. So did I. Actually, which there's a, there's a sort of they could have gone more into the sort of misogyny behind these things, but yeah, I think they but they do address it ever so slightly, and I think for when it's made and what it's about, actually even addressing it at all is is quite nice. Um, he does treat her like shit to begin with, um, and if we're thinking uh, from a, a very logical, idealistic world point standpoint as soon as she says no and walks away from him should she should he have left her alone absolutely um he doesn't um and so actually i think what we get is a more realistic version of what can happen um i find fault in it being portrayed as a good thing but do i think it's quite realistic yes um so there's some different kind of like it depends what you want from your film i guess in that regard um, is it good to show that as being a good thing? Of course it's not. Um, do they get away with it just about because it's Robin Williams doing it? I think so. Um, does that make it right? No. <laughs> so it's a bit of a difficult one. I enjoy several of her lines. Um, I think the bit the scene she gets that she does on the porch with Robin Williams when she breaks down is phenomenal. I think it's so wonderful. And the fact they include that in this film... If you're going to shoehorn in a girl to have a romance and whatever, giving her this piece of character that is something that is upsettingly relatable um, and just so wonderfully done, uh, I think is a very, very, very good choice and was really lovely to see that acted so wonderfully and treated really kindly as well. So um, I thought that was good. I thought it was cleverly written, that bit. I'm not trying to spoil Ethan's age game again. (laughs) 47. But I think we can probably assume there's an age gap between these two characters. You think so? Yeah. It's funny how that could have been... Because the, 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 obviously the insinuation is that all her life people have found her attractive, and these, are, these would be obviously older men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the age gap would have even more of a reason to be a, no, I don't feel comfortable with this. Yeah. Because, yeah, it would, it would be older men. Mm-hmm. Assuming, you know, she's in all my life, so, so men, I, I think men we, older than her, than her yeah. or at least it started with men older than her. Yeah. yeah. So that could have been an interesting conversation, and it wasn't approached because I think the movie wants us to go. Please forget Robin Williams is sorry. He's in forty-seven years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was doesn't doesn't he look the same age as all those other young cool kids? <laughs> like I'm watching Riverdale. We're going to give him one more line with Mitch where he says how he's like five years older than him. And that'll be that. <laughs> so there we go. Um, other big questions. I think we've kind of hit them all. I think the movie lends itself to talking about them during the process. Yeah. Uh, best character. Who want to go first? It's going to be difficult, but let's take a look. Uh, let's go. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's go with Liam. My favorite character <laughs> was Corinne. I... I found her quite likable right from the start, other than the facts. Um, sort of patch. 
I, I, I got where she was coming from. I'm here to study. I'm here to do this. Until we find out the whole story of what's going on, you know, I, I got where she was coming from. Um, uh, and when she does start to trust Patch and they do have a relationship, I, I don't really believe him in the relationship. I believe her. She's very standoffish. Then she's kind of okay. Then she's not. Because at one point he says, where are we? What, what are we? we? We kiss, but we're friends. What? I don't understand. Yeah. And I thought that was clever. Did you feel ripped off because the film didn't give us more time with them together? Uh, no. Well, no, because I didn't. the chemistry wasn't there for me. To, was it like a tick box? Got the girl. Yeah, they had, they had nice scenes together. And especially that scene that Georgia just talked about where they're on the porch. I felt that was cleverly written. Screenplay itself and the actual script is not that great. But that scene skirted around the ideas of what happened without telling you too much what happened, but given enough inferen- inferentialness. Yeah. Is that the word? Well, yeah, not inferentialness, but no. But, you know, I can't think of the word. Gave us enough scope to infer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't like the fact that she got killed. I didn't like the fact that we saw the last time we saw her was a coat being hung up in a cupboard. Yeah, because this is back to my question. Whose death gets the bigger thing? I mean, because... Her- you know, that should have been... I, I rewound the film because I thought I missed something big. Her death is, is her death not more about the reaction that Robin Williams has to it rather than the, the death of her character itself? Yeah, it is course. also a very different film though if they do choose to include an image of her being shot. Like no, but, that's very very different because you can show someone passing peacefully in a hospital. It's bed it's, it's really it's it a really no you're wrong you're right it's a really difficult scene film. to shoot. If she's being shot, that's that t- changes the tone of the film instant so back okay so back to maybe not about the fact that it was done off screen so maybe that's the, the only way you can do it but the idea that once the butterfly happens we don't regard her oh you know yeah. they should they should be more reference to her after that absolutely they should. and i didn't want her to die why i don't think i don't they... think you're exactly out on a limb by yourself there <laughs> no 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 but why did we need to have that scene why did we need to have all that i know in real life he needs a crisis in the second act and this is it yeah but mm. why can't the crisis be something else why'd it have to be something so out there because he has to come in face the dark, to face with well, his own humanity again. He, he did lose a friend, so maybe that's p- b- b- why they had to make it a romantic relationship. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. Um, I found it very jarring. Uh, George, your favorite character? Um, I do really like Corinne, but I I love I love the noodle lady, <laughs> Mrs. Kennedy. I really love the noodle lady I and the um and is it Bill, Bill's the guy great. who dies. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my my cameo. I, it's not a cameo. Not a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really. You can't just use the word cameo to blow. Here's a character I want to talk about. I really, really liked them. Right. I like their relationship. Ethan. Uh, T Money's great. He's just a guy that wants to help people. And I like that he's the one that's like, you need to get your shit together. Look at how much we've all sacrificed this. This isn't just about you. Because it's only, yeah, we might have yada yada over that. Like he's he's yeah. and he was really good at being kind of like a voice for the audience, like an audience surrogate. Yeah, when he's like, you need to back off. I think we're all going, yeah, you need to back off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, me, it's 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 Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think Mitch is great. I love Mitch's arc. Really I just wish, I just wish he wasn't part of the study group. Yeah, at the end of the first act, I think that's that didn't, that didn't feel right. Didn't no, feel natural because then he, he distances himself earlier. It's like, wait, pick a lane, dude. 
Which yeah. one are you? Yeah. So if you get rid of that scene and you instead just have them around, have them, you know, all these group projects in class, have them roll his eyes, do that, but have them always on the periphery. Yep. It's a better, it's a better arc. But I, I think that last couple of scenes with oh, him. Oh, he's brilliant. He's great. Yeah. When they start acting on the same team, I'm like, oh, this is the movie I want. Yeah, yeah, Patch Adams too. Boogaloo. <laughs> Mention Patch Boogaloo. Patch Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, two guys just out to take on the world. Take on the world. Yep. Um, oh, we muckered this movie. Oh, jeez. We're not muckering uh, this movie. <laughs> big uh, favorite moment or element? Uh, my favorite moment <laughs> was the Bill passing away scene. Um, because there was, there was, for me, there was two big touching moments, and that was Bill and the scene with her where she talks on the porch. But I was more sad and disgruntled by the Bill passing because there was such um, uh, hesitance and resentment from that character and how he won him over and how he took the the spot of the family to see him pass and give him that comfort and for him to have a laugh and a joke in between just before he went. I thought that was very well handled and very well done. Yeah, I liked that. That was that was probably the scene. Uh, Georgia? Um, I, yeah, I liked that scene and I also really liked him breaking down at the coffin after everyone else has gone i thought that was raw i thought it, it felt real it felt and it felt like they paid off the the sonnet thing and he just breaks and i think it was a nice moment for the film to go not to a kitschy place and not to a robin williams place but to the other side of robin williams that you get he does it a couple of times in this film and i think it was really lovely um and it it got me where where the film wanted me to cry i was crying where like when bill dies i was sobbing afterwards for a little while it took me a while to get over it because then i think it's followed by the scene with um mitch admitting that he does he says something i can't remember what it is but it took me a while to get over it and then when they do the scene and then when you get the death of corinne that got me because i felt it coming just before it like wants you to know that it's about to happen and it got me and then his reaction to it i was i i was tearful for the rest of the film until we got into the courtroom um and then i kind of went okay and then he did this big happy speech and then they were happy tears so it this film got me on the emotional beats that it wanted to um and it doesn't films don't always sometimes i do turn on films we've, we've spoken about that and uh, this one did get me where it was supposed to Ethan. um I like Mitch's breakdown about the fact that he's like, how can you do this? I hate you. You're, I, I come from a lineage of doctors. This, <laughs> this should be literally like in my blood. Why can't I be better than you? Why can't I be as good as you? And then getting that scene mirrored with, she won't eat. How can I get help me? Oh, it's, oh he's good. Yeah. I think for me, oh, Jesus. It's 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 a pocket of scenes where I'm like these are three or four really good scenes. Yeah, agreed. and then around it, it's kind of an air film. But I'm trying to say my, my favorite bit. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with um, I thought the butterflies a little bit of emotional. It's it's really good symbolism. Though it gets a little kitschy, whatever. I think the scene where he's staring down God from the top of the cliff. Mm. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Like you know, 
I love me when Robin Williams decides, you know what I feel like doing today? Acting for a bit. Yeah. Not just doing stand-up. Honorable mention to the bit with the kids, because that's a lovely moment. It is a lovely moment. It is, yeah. But in, in, in the sort of realm of the of the movie itself, I really like the scene where he's staring down God. Yeah. And having his heart to heart and, you know. But again, do you think that's the honesty from him as a person? In well, I think Robin was in a dark place that he tapped into later in his career. <clears throat> yeah. Patch Adams, Goodwill Hunting is kind of the start of that journey. It's kind of weird to think. Does Goodwill Hunting come out before? I think Goodwill Hunting, yeah, it comes out before this. Yeah, it was 98. That's crazy. Was it 96? He looks no, so much. 98. No, 98. So he's because they're both twenty five year anniversaries. That's yeah, why we're doing yeah, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks so much older in Goodwill Hunting. He does. Than he does this, of the yeah. Beard, yeah, yeah. It's not beard, yeah. But that's kind of when he starts to say, "You know what I feel like doing? I feel like kind of playing both sides of the color palette for a bit." Mm. Yeah. So I'll go with that. Cool. Grumbles. <sighs> I didn't like. There's nothing wrong with age <laughs> difference with with relationships, but I felt they were. Two polar opposites of people in um, everything. So they didn't feel like a believable couple? No. Okay. They didn't feel that way, and I felt I was very shoehorned. Don't get me wrong, they had lovely moments um, in, the, in the film, but they were sporadic. Um, I didn't like his pursuit of her. Um, yes, we're aligned to him, and we forgive him because he's Robin Williams, but... That was all a bit. Meh. I start. I was. I was doing a Georgia. I started turning on the movie, um, with the general pursuit of her, like a um, dog getting shot with a BB gun. <laughs> yeah, poor dog. Transpotter moment. Deep cut, folks. <laughs> deep, deep, deep cut. Well, the, believe it or not, that wasn't the bit that got me. Oh. No. I remember you really had an issue with that. I do have an yeah. issue with it, but it wasn't the only thing I had an issue with. Um, I didn't feel their chemistry was quite there. I think it was Robin Williams going, "Hey, I want to work with you as a director. Um, can we can we do something?" Can you imagine if they'd switch these two films up and you give Jim Carrey this movie and you give Robin Williams I Liar think Liar? Jim Carrey would have been good. Actually, you know what? Probably you're right because that guy's got some actual because he's similar he age. Yeah, yeah and he'd actually be. Yeah, the age is closer, wouldn't you know, it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Georgia, grumble. Um. It just doesn't feel like a cohesive film in places. Parts of it mesh well, really, to get well together, and then they decide it's a courtroom drama right <laughs> at the end, which is weird. Isn't it? Uh, where they could, they didn't have, they could have ended it with the butterfly flying off. They could have done, and I get that that's not the end of <sighs> Adams' story. I get that isn't. Well, uh, is this is this courtroom scene as part of his life? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, so maybe, it, maybe not. But so they could have finished there, and then you don't get the issue with them not mentioning Corinne anymore because you don't need to because. It ends there, um, but actually, I'd like that ending. Yeah, it just feels. I I, I thought it was going to end, and then there was a. It flies dissolve. off. You get like a you get like a little graphic that says the Gesundheit Institute's still yeah, yeah. operating. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Been, it'd been all right. That'd have been a good ending. Yep. And you, even if you want to, in the bit, if it is real, you just put Pat Adams went to fought, went to court to fight for it's a, di- place it's a different. And, mo- if, yeah. if you if you do that movie, then you can't you can't put it in for best comedy. It's a, it's a no. different it's a different movie. Yeah. No, very different. Um, but yeah, no, I just feel like it was a bit didn't didn't quite mesh in places, um, and I just don't think some of the script isn't very well written either. Like there's there's expeditional bits where I'm like, you could have, hang on, did we give this scene to the intern? Like, can we actually maybe <sighs> put some thought into how we're delivering this? Yeah, Ethan, um, I'm starting to think there might be a theme that I just don't like 
Robin Williams in Robin Williams films because I've got to a point where I don't find whimsy or charm in him being a, a deviant. Um, I don't know. Like, he... I, I made the joke before. If I was an adult, if I was a parent and someone was like, there was a random adult man in here, a 47-year-old man with the children when he wasn't supposed to be, and we didn't stop Get him, we let him go, and he's now going to look after loads of other patients, I would flip my nut. I would be going mental. Um, so like, What do you again, mean you don't know who that man is in there? I guess yeah. they know he's a What do you mean he's been playing with, with, my, with my child? What do you mean he picked up it? Like, there's a, there's a lot going on there, and it's the same thing that I said with with. Uh, hold hold Delphi, on, that like, guy's wearing a butcher's coat. <laughs> yeah. I saw him at the meatpacking convention. What's he doing here? Now is the time um, for cow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the same thing I said about Mr. Delphi, like, the sense of realism I need to remove for a second to go, yeah, this is like a cute little story, and it going, it's based on a real story. My brain starts <sighs> to, like, spin a bit more. Um... Yeah, I think it's the implication of everything where I go, this doesn't, this couldn't have happened. This is just a Robin Williams being wacky moment and it bogs the film down for me so much. Uh, I'm going to rapid fire because you guys have covered and we've covered most of it. I've got three main things. So I'm just going to go bam, bam, bam. So I am going to choose more than one, but I'm not going to talk about any of them for very long. Okay. Uh, first one being the dissolves. Said that. <laughs> Second one being Corinne's death doesn't matter. Uh, true. Third one being, it's just a general thing. Patch Adams is always right. Mm. Like, what's his thing? He's going to be right. And if you don't see it now, you'll apologize to him for it later. Let's <laughs> be like the whole Ian thing. <laughs> Ian's always right. Patch Adams is always right. <laughs> I, 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 look, I look forward to your apologies to me later on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you think he ever pressed this button? No, it's Adams. <laughs> you know, I love you, dude. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, but it, it, at times, therefore, it became really hard to root for him. It did because it did he he, he was just unrelenting mm-hmm. in in his relationship, unrelenting of I'm going to go to the hospital. I know you've signed off on me, and you've signed off for me, but I'm still going to go ahead and show up in the hospital in the next scene. Yeah, Why? Because yeah. I'm Patch Adams, and yeah, I know yeah. I know better than you. Yeah. It would have been better if they didn't have the dean tell me this in that first scene. Mm. If they hadn't gone, you don't think the rules apply to you. If they hadn't given me that line, it wouldn't have probably like nestled it in my brain to go, he really doesn't think the rules apply to him. (laughs) You know what he could have done with as well is a scene where he does comply and he does step back for a while, but the patients are missing him and they asked for him to come back. I thought we'd have a dissolve where it had been, hey, Pat, you've been around for so long. And the, and like the people, yeah. So then you, the morale is down. He has to go back because people are missing him and it's actually a detriment to the we get better. one line from the nurse going i've been trying to reach you that's all we yeah. get yeah. <laughs> yeah um so there we are uh also like at what point were they in first year second year third year we don't really know i like, can just sort of the chiron that said third year oh was there yeah I think oh. I was typing at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was, a, there, was a, there was a Chiron yeah. that said um, third year in medical school or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember at what point in the film, but... Probably about the time. It's so many oh, different movies before, in one, isn't it? Yeah, it's just before he does the bit with the... Well, he's taking the bloods from the lady. Oh, with... Okay. Here we are. Um, where are we at here? Uh, anybody's best role ever? <coughs> Corinne's. Well, I haven't seen her anything. Well, no, you, me either. You, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, 
Philip Seymour Hoffman's very good. I don't think it's his best role ever. No, doubt's better than this. Uh, mm. There was a guy at the beginning in the facility. What, what word did we use? Facility's fine. In the facility where he went for problems. And um, there was a guy sitting in the group. You're telling me it's this guy's best role ever? No. Okay. He was in Sons of Anarchy. I'm pretty sure of it. Okay. And, but that was just a very small role at that beginning. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if this is the start of his career. I'm, I've not Googled it, but I, I, I need to look. Uh, it's definitely not Robin Williams' best ever. Um, definitely not. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody for whom it's their best. Nah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's done. Anybody want to disagree with me on anything? No, yeah, that's no. all their best roles. Yeah. yeah. I've seen all of these people in uh, so many films. I'm about the wrecking ball and tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Come around to my perspective. Uh, all Listen, right. you're so right, Ian. That's, there you go. I can't believe we ever doubted you, Ian. There we are. <laughs> I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Or play the age game. There we are. 47 was the right answer. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to do hand gestures. God bless you for getting halfway right. Um, yeah, let's all play the age game. Um, I assume Ethan's panel has dropped from... I hope five to four, but maybe, maybe, maybe four to three. We have one left. No, it's gone from five to four. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was Mitch. Oh. Ooh. 29. 34. Good call. I'll go in the middle then. 32. 32. That goes to Liam, because he is 31. Oh. I can type in things. Uh, next, we have Monica Potter, who is the... Uh, Corinne. Corinne. Oh. So yeah. Robin Williams is 47, so I'm sure she must be in her 40s. 27. <laughs> Come around to my house as a much younger woman and do a kissing scene in, in front, front of, of my, my wife. wife. 28. What did you say, 27, 28? Yeah. <sighs> they really go younger than this? I'll go 25. I was going to say, please don't go 26. <laughs> Liam is on a roll. She is 27. There we go. That's a point and a half. Yeah, point and a half this time. We're, we're oh, doing, thank you, George. In, in, in 2024, welcome. we're Thanks. doing an extra half point if you, uh, if you get, get it right on. on. Great. Um, okay. That's what we need to give Ethan was more, more math. math. <laughs> <laughs> more math. That's what's just helping. So next we have Daniel London, who was... T-Money. 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 I should reach out to him and say, hey, we love your performances, T-Money. 26. 27. It's around that age, isn't he? 25. It goes to Ian. He's 25. Well done. And then finally... So we've each got one, but Liam's got the extra half point so far. You got half point then too. Because you got dead on. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah, I did. So you're one and a half, but Liam's on two and a half. Oh, are you? Oh, you haven't got anything yet? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Here we go. Robin Williams. And then finally we have Bob Gunton who Oh was, Dean. Which yeah. Dean? The bad Dean. Oh bad, bad Dean. Dean. Yeah. Mean Dean. Mean Dean Walcott. Dean. I think he is also forty seven. <laughs> I think he's older. I think he's fifty fifty six. Oh, it's gonna go fifty four. He is fifty Three. Uh, so that goes to Liam. That's a Liam win. There we go. Liam win. First Ooh, one of 2024. I'm not doing the specific numbers because I can't count. There we go. Nah, I think e- Liam three and a half. I had one and a half. Georgia had Zero yeah. and a half. an honorary one and a half. Yeah, that, that counts. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the critics. The good, the bad, and the 
Eebs. What you got, Georgia? I have got... Where's my good one gone? Do, 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 do. Um, for Philip Wunsch from the Dallas Morning News says, Patch Adams is a surefire crowd pleaser of a holiday movie, making you smile through your sniffles and you can convince yourself you're a better human being for having seen it. Mm. Um, then we have got Bob Fenster from the Arizona Republic, which I thought was really funny. And he said, if I were the real Patch Adams, I'd sue for malpractice. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, then we have our good friend, Roger Ebert. Eves. He says, Patch Adams made me want to spray the screen with Lysol. This movie is shameless. It's not merely a tearjerker. It extracts tears individually by liposuction without anesthesia. It's <laughs> allegedly based on the life of a real man named Patch Adams, who I have seen on television where he looks like Salvador Dali's seedy kid brother. If all those things would really happen to him, they should have abandoned Robin Williams and brought in Jerry Lewis for the telephone. Sure. <laughs> um. For the record, 6.8 on IMDb, 21% on I Rotten that, Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I've got a little bit more from Roger Ebert, if I may. Go for, Go it. for it. This movie... Oh, you, did you say this movie is shameless? Have you done that part? Without, light, without anesthesia? Did you do yeah, that? Yeah, I did that bit. Let's talk about his partner, Gene Siskel, shall we? Yeah, go on. Because uh, together on Siskel and Ebert, the film received two thumbs down. Particular criticism towards the character of, character of Patch was viewed as overbearing, obnoxious, and sanctimonious, as well as noting they would never trust a doctor who acted like Adams does. Co-host Gene Siskel said, I would rather turn my head and cough than see another moment of Patch Adams again. <laughs> he later singled it out as the worst film of 1998. It was the last film to hold that title until he, before he died in 1999. Wow. So there we are. Uh, critics, critics, our critics. I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do. And asked, is this a great film, a good film, an okay film, or a poor film? The numbers are in as I scroll, and we find out that the numbers came to 45% called this an okay film. Mm-hmm. 0% great. Yeah. That might wow. be a first. Wow. I'm not sure we've had a film with a 0% great before. I'll have to check Spice World. <laughs> no, that was a great movie. 36% called Mexico, it good. Be 19% called it poor. So the beatroot metric is just 36, which <clears> might <throat> come in with Shakespeare and Love, which I think is currently our lowest beatroot metric. Because people, people didn't like the Shakespeare and Love, did they? Mm. So it, only needed a, it was only a song away from having the triple threat. <laughs> George, I think you said we, as of right now, we don't have any no, things from our friends of the podcast. Uh, we'll put some in if... Uh, if and when they uh, they they come in, because we are getting together Sunday to record for, for the besties, so we'll have yeah. an opportunity for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look at uh, what some people said here on the. Uh, oh, I literally. I, how about this? I also don't have a comment for the first time ever. We've gone over on Maybe both fields. Haven't seen it. Not many. Don't know. This might be a. Oh, by the way, speaking of floors, you've got mail. Floor. Really. Floor. Ooh. I like that's my favorite hardcore floor. It's because I wasn't on it. Wow, Georgia equals ratings. Georgia equals ratings. Oh, we should mention Ethan equals ratings. We should we we should mention Meg's. Uh, oh yeah, we haven't said anything about yeah. Our New Year's resolution. <laughs> She's our New Year's res- our New Year's res- resolution was Don't to talk about Megan. Yeah. Was was the, we're just getting rid of Megan? We're not going to talk about her. Uh, no, no, she's we just going to lose weight. But equally, we just put it into one person. Yeah, she's just at a, she's got panto rehearsal tonight. Oh so. no, she hasn't. No, oh, yeah, Megan's she worth is. of uh, weight. 
That's pretty good. <laughs> That's right. Pretty good going. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. So uh, this may actually go. Uh, I've got one more critic to talk to. Is it Patch Adams? It's not not Patch Adams. Well, actually, there is one from Patch Adams, but we'll talk oh, about okay. this one first. Ethan, you're not going to hear anything for a second. Sorry, buddy. Yes. Yeah, I'll let you know. You got a couple of minutes. I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Because the last critic's from. All right. So um, happy New Year, everybody. Uh, it's, my, it's my first actual. Yeah, my first actual recording of the new year. I am here in Canada, once again recording remotely, because I am here joined by my sister Kirsty. I, I won't make her do the whole hi, my name's Kirsty. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't do that. Uh, Kirsty and her partner, David, have been fantastic hosts over the Christmas season. And actually, we just watched. So I'm like, guys, I hate to do this to you. I got to watch Patch uh, Adams before I go back. And so we actually made it a bit of a bit of a film night after the little ones went to bed. So here we are. So I kind of said, after it was done, said, hey, anybody want to? Give some thoughts, and uh, and we've got some thoughts to give. So, question and answer, maybe um, at this time of night, might be a better uh, shout. It's not easy for those of us who have done it before, let alone people who are who, who are new to it. So, uh, first thought, just an open question, Curse. What do you think of the movie? Uh, I really enjoy this movie. I find it pretty emotional, but it has some beautiful humor, um, some really captivating energy, and um, it really brings down like human nature where everyone wants to have a title, but in the end, all people really care about is how you treat them. Uh, does this movie... Okay, fair enough. And that's kind of his general thesis that yeah. the film is... Uh, sorry, we're actually... I'm actually like moving the blue microphone back and forth between us. <laughs> because I'm that determined by my my voice won't sound echoey. Uh, and now I'm trying to watch plosives. I'm not used to this. Um, so that's, that, 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 that's his, that's his get-up. That's his uh, ideology, if you will. Problem being, I guess, is the sense that his counterpoint in this is Karen, and he teaches Karen Pastine. Low, we gotta make Karen is that you know um, he's more guarded. She's less trusting. She doubts Larry, and then he teaches her to see the world as he does, and then she ends up paying the price for it. Uh, number one, is he right that it's his fault that she dies? And number two, does this movie forget about Karen like way too quickly after the butterfly moment? Yeah. Um... I understand why she was so guarded. Like she'd said people had let her down for so long and she kept saying, you can't live your life that way. Cause you'll be disappointed. Someone will let you down. And I don't, I, I don't want to say it's his fault that she, she died. Cause he gave her a new sense of <sighs> purpose at the end there with the way she started seeing medicine, but it's unfortunate that she took that passion and it led to her demise. And yeah, as soon as the butterfly came by, it was like, Oh, she's gone. So let's just keep going. Yeah, like yeah, we've had the funeral. We put her. I mean, now we're doctors again, and not one, in a trial where he's on for his medical no situation. One. No one mentions Karen. I, I love a court scene. Did this feel? Does feel tacked on? This feel real? How did this feel to you? It felt like a theatrical moment. The way that he started speaking to the. We didn't call them spectators because I don't think that they were just allies for him. They were more spectators in the way. I mean, I appreciated his speech. But yeah, it was it was very theatrical. And then, I mean, I had to point out. I'm sure I mentioned it in the full review because it's in my notes. Um, the kind of miracle on 34th Street, the end of it, having all the kids commit him with the red noses on. It's a little bit of like he helps the children. Yeah. Um, so I guess it leans into that. I, I was just in closing. Um, kind of, you mentioned something about the parallel you found between Robin Williams, at least as though the man as we seem to know him from, from a distance, and the journey of Blanchard in this film. Do you want to sort of just express that again? Yeah, what I said to Ian earlier was it kind of mirrors his life as in 
he was in a really dark place and he found that by making others laugh, it brought joy to him. And then he took that and he continued to work through the pain by just bringing joy to others. And it was almost like it was medicine for him. And that's what just kept him going. I don't think in the end he may, he may not have been not suicidal anymore, but he had a new purpose for living and a new joy in his life. And that's about it for this side of the Atlantic. Uh, by the time I hit this button in a second, we will be on the back in England. So, Henry, thanks for letting me come hang out over the Christmas season. All right. Uh, I guess I'll through the studio of awesomeness on the Flippity Flop. Yeah, so that we're, there we are. Some Ooh, thoughts from that was cool. You can hear my voice being really hushed like this. And it's not because I'm um, the kids are asleep upstairs. It's I because thought that's what it was. I've got the. I thought that's what it was too. <laughs> then I realized, no, no. My voice is so naturally big, yeah, that I've got the microphone set so Kirsty's voice will be picked up. So I've cranked it. Oh, okay. So I'm having to go like this because I'm just trying to keep my voice, <laughs> keep your voice down from from just just blowing out all over the place. What you should have done is had Kirsty hold the microphone to talk into you. You gone the other side of the room. Maybe in we the tried kitchen. it. You just you just hear you just hear echo. <laughs> you, you tried that. No, he didn't go the other side of the room. But I said just put the microphone in front of you, and then I was listening to it, and I like it because you can plug a. A microphone in the bottom of of, of the row of the, of the blue Yeti. headphones. Yeah, yeah. Actually, sorry, yeah, yeah. The headphones yeah. in the bottom of it. So, but only one of us can monitor. So I'm like, it needs to be me, so I can hear kind of how how it's going. Yeah. And uh, plus, I think it would have freaked her out because then you hear the sound of your own voice, don't you? Yeah, you do. Um, and yeah, so the, the, there was uh, there was that. So thanks a lot, Kirsty, for your thoughts. Yeah, there. Yeah, thank you very much. Nice to hear from you, Kirsty. One last <laughs> critic. The real Patch Adams has been openly critical of the film, saying it sacrificed much of his message to make a selling film. He also said that out of all the aspects of his life and activism, it portrayed him merely as a funny doctor. At a conference on world affairs, he told film critic Roger Ebert, I hate that movie. Later, this gets before of his statement, while attending an event with Roger Ebert, Ebert avoided Adams because of the comments he made previously in his review. But Adams walked up to him and introduced himself by walking across the room and declaring, I agreed with every word of your review of that loathsome film about me. <laughs> During a speech in 2010 at the Mayo Clinic, Patch Adams said, the film promised to build our hospital. None of the profits from the film ever came to us. Wow. Basically, 40 years into this work, we're still trying to build our hospital. Furthermore, Adams stated, and this is a hard one to sort of reconcile. He said, Robin Williams made $21 million for four months pretending to be me in a very simplistic version, and did not give $10 to my free hospital. Wow. Patch Adams, the person, would have. If I had Robin's money given, uh, if I had Robin Robin's money, um, I would have given $21 million to a free hospital in a country where $80 million cannot get care. Wow, yeah. Uh, I don't know about giving all $21 million, but it's hard to no, go. You've, you've, you've personally, financially benefited. Yeah. From this, it's, it's hard to go. How can you portray the, that good of a version of it without yeah. when that money, having it get to you? That amount of money is so much $21 million. Lo- like, you can live off of a, a t- like a fifth of that for an entire lifetime quite okay. Like, you don't need that much money. So, it, it just feels like this so reductive of the entire point of the film if you're going to not give at least a chunk of that not just on robin williams but on the film because <laughs> they were promised whole. they were promised the money for the hospital weren't they didn't he say yeah that's what he said the, and the they never received, promise, never received it yeah that's that's 
not okay. So, and that's back to the things like we think we know parasocial relationships, right? We think we know sometimes these. I'm not saying I was a bad guy, far from it. But I am saying that's a bit difficult to reconcile. Yes, yeah. yeah. Twenty one million dollars, and you couldn't give five hundred thousand or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've become very, I've become far more rich to play a part based on your life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. How do you ignore the message that you're literally the embodiment of? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's hard. hard. It's hard. Um, Adams later clarified he did not hate Williams, and Williams actively supported St. Jude Christian, sorry, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital for several years. After Williams' death in 2014, Adams said, now, I'm, it's kind of hard for you to keep that hardline stance after. after yeah, yeah, that's true. He goes, I'm enormously grateful for his wonderful performance of my early life, which has allowed the Gesundheit Institute to continue and expand our work. So, yeah, like he's got this as a advertisement for the rest of time for his hospital. Hmm. But, yeah, it seems like if Patch, the real life Patch Adams feels. Sword, feel, he seems like he feels burned yeah, yeah, from, yeah. From, from what happened. Yeah, yeah. I would. So, if you like this filmer episode, I mean, go check out last week. Read Mrs. Doubtfire. Go check out, uh, obviously, Good Will Hunting. Go check out. Doubt. Doubt. With, Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman. Go check out Good Morning Vietnam. Yep. To see typical uh, Robin Williams stuff. Yeah. Go check out a real roundtable on Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, without spoiling it, uh, now that you've seen this, would, would this rank? Where do you think this ranks in your Robin Williams filmography? Well, I wasn't on that episode because at the time of recording, I'd only seen Aladdin. Um, so the only like four films I've seen that have got Robin Williams in are the ones that we've done on the pod. Cool. So so Aladdin plus four movies, right? Yeah. Rank them. Right. Best film or best Robin Williams performance? Interesting. Let's say best Robin Williams performance. Okay. Um, ba- 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 good Will Hunting. <sighs> good. Um, I assume we're starting at the top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good Will Hunting. Um, he mailed that in. <laughs> this one. Wow. Aladdin. Good morning, Vietnam. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with Mrs. Doubtfire at the bottom. Me either. Uh, okay. Is there anything you'd change if it was best film? Um, Good Will Hunting stays at the top. I think Aladdin is second because it's a phenomenal film. I mean, it's difficult to compare because it's an animated um, musical, but I still think it's an anonymous version of that, so that goes second. Um, then probably the same ending order, I think. Okay. I just don't know if I if I think Good Morning Vietnam is a better film than this one or not, but I think this is I think this is better. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> uh, Ethan, same question, buddy. Oh God, um, I think I prefer this to. This is doubtful. Like my my top five was like none of the films that we've done so far. I have your top five right here if you want them. Oh please! Yeah, World's Greatest Dad at one, Boulevard at two, Awakenings at three, Good Morning Vietnam at four, Birdcage at five. Oh, you know what? I'll swap Good Morning Vietnam with Good Will Hunting. Sorry, I, I broke for a second. Everything else stays the exact same. Oh wow! Okay, so does not. Crack I, I love what's great. Dad and Bill does not crack a top five. This did make my top five back in the day. Oh, yeah. what was my top five? Uh, Liam's was number five. Aladdin 
Number four, Hook. Yep. Oh, I've seen Hook. Number three, Good Morning Vietnam. (laughs) Yep. Number two, Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Number one, Good Will Hunting. Yeah. I massively prefer Hook to uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, just as a side note. Just for the record, I was number five, One Hour Photo. Number four, Patch Adams. Number three, Birdcage. Number two, Dead Poets. Number one, Good Will Hunting. I think I'm good with my order. Yeah, I'm good with mine. Still. Yeah, yeah, I think I ranked this ahead of Good Morning Vietnam. I know I've trashed on this. You would be like, oh, how can you? No, no, no. I think... Uh, I got okay with my, with my I liked the it's syrupy sweet, but excitement in Good Morning Vietnam, the, the parallels, yeah, of comedy and tragedy. Because uh, I watched this fresh for that too, so hmm. uh, let's take a look here then and go. Uh, let's do our ratings, our ratings. So let's start with Liam. Where we put this? Uh, I was expecting more from this film. Um, Yes, it got me in certain, like, certain scenes really got me, like the Bill passing away and, you know, the um, spaghetti in the swimming pool helping uh, the kids when he does his stand-up, you know, uh, the scene where they're on the porch and they're being genuine with each other, talking about their life in within the film. And this moment he's talking to God, they're all separate moments. But when you put these all together, it didn't quite feel like a great movie um, when it felt like at the beginning it should be. Um, so with that in mind, and again, I don't like his pursuit of her, um, Corinne, I'm going to give this six dissolves <laughs> out of 10. All right. Uh, Georgia. Um, I think it's an odd one because let it be known, Georgia <laughs> can possibly have a preferred reading to a film because I did to this one. I'm like, this is what they want. I felt the things they wanted me to feel. Um, and that doesn't happen very often. Um, but no, this one got me. I enjoyed it. Um, it's not perfect. It's not whatever this screenplay could do with a touch up or seven. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think it's, I think for what it is, it's good, and I think it touches a few places that other films probably may not dare to, and I think there are some nice moments in it. Um, so I am going to give this eight enema balls on your face out of ten. <laughs> eight what on your face? Enema balls. What's an enema ball? That's what he first uses as the... Oh, is that? Okay. Like this, like nose. Some, the nose, nose. Oh, I see what you mean, like yeah. It's like a syringy, squirty thing. Ethan. I have like a weird up and down with this film because it's the same thing going, oh, this is annoying. Patch Adams, you you monster, I hate you. You're annoying. And and then going, oh, it's just, I don't like Robin Williams' portrayal because it's frustrating and annoying. Um, but no, it's, it's fine. It's it's fine. I love saying that. When it's a film that kind of annoys me. It, yeah, it's, it's a good film. The cinematography is great. The score is wonderful. Dialogue is okay at points and there's some wonderful performances. Um, it probably should have ended <coughs> after the butterfly, as everyone else has said. Yes, it's a weird epilogue. It's an epilogue that I know is needed to go to be like, here's your your proper happy yeah. ending. Patch is free, and you don't have to have a single thought of remorse about the fact that he's he's complicit in Corinne's death. Yeah. Um. Like it's it it's a solid film, and you know what? It re- it got me multiple times. 
it did its job it got me multiple times and got me to ignore the issues that i had with the film from like an ethical perspective um so it did its job there so for that i'm going a bit higher than i thought it was originally seven lawsuits out of ten <laughs> yep uh I, I don't know what else to say. There's something about the cultural knowledge we all have of Robin Williams. And that guides our response to Robin. Similar to what we said, Ethan, you did doubt with myself and Hermes, right? Yeah. And we said, don't forget the star power of Meryl Streep and what that does to your willingness to believe her side of the argument. Uh, it's not just that's a character. Really interesting. It's not just a character speaking. We know it's Meryl Streep speaking. And therefore, mm. that's got weight to it. Like Robin Williams has the ability to take something that probably wouldn't work in most situations. And the goodwill we have invested in Robin Williams can forgive a lot of sins. And I do mean the word forgive, because at the end of the day, I think somehow, despite the fact it's like three or four different films in one, mm-hmm. the f- it is. I think it still, somehow I think it still works for me. Um, not great. It's not a great film. I wouldn't even call it a very good film, but I call it a good film. I think I... Yeah, it's bordered on. Yeah, it's it's good, um, but not as not as good as maybe as I thought when I was talking about my rankings earlier, which is kind of weird. Um, I'm gonna go with this and say there's a million things that it gets wrong. It does forget. I've, I've listed my grumbles already, so I'm just gonna come ahead and put a bow on this or a red nose on this and say uh, for my rating, I give it seven hours. It took me to set up those legs outside the building <laughs> out of ten. That's brilliant. So put it all in the wash uh, before any Patreon things might get into it. Seven out of ten. Okay. Which is lower right. than what I gave. My seven's lower than what I gave Good, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. So I may need to rethink that rating if I ever were to rank him again. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, oh, maybe I should rank Patch Adams higher. No, it's not an eight and a half movie. There's nowhere near an eight and a half movie. It's a seven movie. So that's what it is. So it's weird. Sometimes you give a rating immediately after and doesn't sink into your long term memory. I don't know. I still have, I think, earlier viewpoints on it. I think some of the subtleties get lost. We remember the big moments, which is true. When you think of Patch Adams, I think of Noodle Soup. Yeah. I think of You're Not Worth It. I think of the court case and the noses. I was going to, I was expecting more, I think. I don't know. Nope, indeed. Um, let's go ahead and say, hey, uh, things we got coming up besides the episode we're going to announce for next week uh we got the besties we got the resties go check those out besties already done resties will be done <laughs> looking forward I, to that i say you know will be done we, we haven't recorded yet so i'm looking forward to hearing but when they hear this that we will be done. looking forward to hearing all the mistakes you make when you guys don't give francis mcdart will be <laughs> this year. So she deserves it even she if deserves she it every time yeah uh it's a bit of an interesting one uh we could uh well i'll, I'll tell you what first of all i'm gonna i'm gonna thank uh our, our our Patreon backers who are interesting ones in and of their own right. We're talking mm-hmm. about Julian, Hermes, James Guzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall, What's Your Handle, Silva, Dwayne Smith, Dwayne the Smith. Yeet Meister, Reverend Bruce, Nate the Great, Andy Dixon, Holly Callen, Cheesy with a Fish on a Bike, Richard, Ryan Kukats, Dirk, Shyberger Freund, Stu from the Stu World Order Podcast, and Norfolk Damas. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, you can help support the podcast. Be one of the people who live in the microphone. Go check out what we do, patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. All right. Next week, we have BFF of the BFE, James DeGuzman. We gave each of our 
Patreon backers a little Christmas message. We did. I want to play an extract from James's if I could. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. This so, is going to be great for the video where they can't hear what's going on. Yeah, so, sorry. For, yeah, you may, <laughs> we, we, we may need to just do like a little bit of a, of a sort of verbal reaction once we're all done. Yeah. As far as that goes. So here we are. It's been a delight having you on a couple times this year. Looking forward. They don't know what the next movie is. I know what the next movie oh, is. You know. I know what the next movie is. I gave it a thumbs up. So I'm looking forward to everything you have on this, your 12 days of Christmas, including the fifth day of Christmas. Yes, with the five golden rings. Five gold rings. That is the essential element. So four golden birds. Five or one? Two total doves. What? Five golden rings? Yeah. It's the essential element. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What? The fifth key element of Christmas is 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 five golden rings. It's the big one you hang on, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's the um for the song. But what has that got to do with anything? I'm just me saying I appreciate it. It's melodically, it's the best part. Oh, but I thought you were talking about we his are. film choice. In musical, really no, no, no. I'm not doing that. Not. In musical no. elements, you have firsts, you have fourths, and you have fifths. Yeah, so it's not the first yeah. element, it's the fourth element. It's, it's the fifth element. Yeah. Okay. The fifth element. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, with, and with Ethan, we are the five golden rings. Yes. But without Ethan, James, that makes you our fifth element, buddy. It does, That's yeah. what that makes it. And we're looking forward to having you, and we'll reveal what your film is in due course. But thank you very much not for element. everything you've done. Thank you. And we want to say Merry Christmas to you and yours, and a Happy New Year. Yeah, we're doing the fifth element next week. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Guys. I don't know why I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay little breadcrumbs here. I never really thought I would use it to announce this pick, but I thought, I've got some audio. Guys. I may as well use that. So, yeah, I've never seen the fifth element before. Oh, I love the fifth element. Yeah? Yeah. Short, I've got nothing. It's uh, science fiction. It's Bruce Willis. Who's that? Die Hard. It's called okay. yeah. Lee Evans. No, yeah. really? Lee yeah. Evans? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Not, yeah, a, yeah. not got, again, um, Is it Chris Tucker? Don't Chris know. Tucker, ne- never yeah, seen it. So, so yeah. you've seen it. Yeah. But Ethan, you've seen it. Jovovich. I've not seen it. Last film I, I saw with the Evans, I hate you it. Haven't. So. No. Uh, that's next Sunday. So I think we're all... Uh, we're recording it, sorry, next Sunday. So I think we're all good. We all here? I think we're all here. Ooh. Is this... Hang on, is this the 14th? We're recording on the 14th, yeah. Yeah, I'm not here. You're not here? Oh. Oh, that's pants. Well, you can always watch it and get back to us. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, depending on auditions. Titanic's the the name of the game, right? (laughs) All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 14th, yeah. Yeah. You you and and Megs are both auditioning for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Depending on when auditions. I do that. Yeah. Look at that. I do that. (laughs) I just want to show what I'm interested in to show up again somewhere. Um, I've watched this whole show. I hadn't seen... I'd seen um, another local society do it, but I'd never seen an actual um, performance of it before then, like a West End performance. And I recently watched it, and I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. Yeah. The, um, yeah. the version of the... I think MTV filmed it. That's it. it. It's, that's wonderful production. That, that was what yeah, I watched. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, really I'm hoping it. next week... We'd- James Guzman talking. Oh, sorry, we're still, we're still recording. I'm hoping that's going to be <laughs> we forgot we a wonderful production I was as well. Just talking to Liam. Yeah, you were. <laughs> so there we are. Uh, fifth album up next week. Oh, we are. That's a great movie. People enjoy. Very, very excited. Tens all round, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Won't we? uh, no, I don't deserve a ten, but it's a great movie. There we are. So my, my sci-fi is like horror. It's not really my usual go-to. So not, nor mine. Nor we'll mine. 
So please join us next week. We're joined by James DeGuzman for the end game to talk about the fifth element. How weird is that, though, that we would speak to him on a Christmas message and then we have it? It's almost as if Ian knew. Dude, I, I knew what the, the I knew what the film was. It was purposely putting all those oh, things in there. Oh, uh, that's why oh, I reacted how I did after the, the message ended. Oh, yeah, no, that was just me going. Uh, yeah, that was me going. I'm gonna leave some breadcrumbs so I can go. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, no. Almost, I was trying to riff. Well, how, how can I work fifth and element without giving it away that it's the next film? I was like, oh, the first, you know, the fourth, and the my fifth. Part was, was when Liam went, oh, the fifth element, and I it's thought he film. pegged, and they went, no, it's a great fifth. <laughs> I managed to get you off. I managed to go, no, no, what are you talking about? No, no, no. no. <laughs> but please join us next week when we tackle the film that uh, I was leaving breadcrumbs for early and often in, uh, well, The Fifth Element. Uh, for Best Film Ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And hey, when I look out at the cliff face, I want to tell each and every one of you out there, you are worth it. And hopefully... Let's all take a lesson, maybe, from Patch Adams. Go on out there, live your lives, maybe spread a little excessive happiness. (laughs) We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop.